Welcome to the Sleep With Me podcast, the podcast that puts you to sleep. I'm Dearest Scooter, and I want to help you fall asleep tonight. You might be asking, what is the Sleep With Me podcast? Well, as someone who struggled with insomnia and just general falling asleep at night, I I wanted to create something to help other people that have this problem, because I noticed I'm good at one thing, telling boring stories. So what I'm going to do is tell you a story tonight. It's going to start off a little bit engaging and entertaining and get more and more boring. And the idea is for you to put your thoughts and troubles aside and just listen to the podcast. And I will slowly put you to sleep. And I hope it works. And if it doesn't, I apologize ahead of time. But go ahead and put your phone down. Pull your covers up. And settle into bed and fall asleep with me. So tonight I'm going to test out a new segment. I'm always trying to test stuff out to help you guys get to sleep until we find something that consistently works or you really like or you really dislike. And tonight's going to be an ongoing kind of serial story about it's a fairy tale. But it's a, I was playing with dolls the other day, these Cinderella dolls, and I, the, the, the girl I was playing with made me be the uh, stepmother and the stepsisters, so I kind of got the short end of the stick or so a thought. But then I started thinking, what happened to, to these three after uh, the original story of Cinderella, whether you have the Disney story or the uh, original fairy tale, which I'm not sure if it's by... Grimm or Hans Christian Andersen or someone else, but I will put that in the show notes for sure. And I was thinking, what happened to them after? I know Disney made a couple direct-to-DVD movies, which I haven't seen. They may, I may be, may be stuck in my subconscious, and I did see it, and I'm just retelling that to- story. But here's what I think happened. There's a sound of pixie dust in your mind. Tingle, tingle, tingle. Well, first thing was after Cinderella moved into the castle, married the prince, became the princess of the land. The stepmother, she's a very rational woman. So the first thing she did was marry her daughters off. And her her first daughter, she married off to an innkeeper. And the dowry for her her daughter was... um, and I think you usually pay a dowry, but, you know, the stepmother, she's too smooth. It would be dinner with ale or wine every night at the inn. And the second daughter, she mar- married off to a, one of the bigger farmers in the area in exchange for milk and eggs, cheese, bread, meat, all, all the staples. So she kind of set herself up, and then she started to plot about how she would get back into Cinderella's good graces and, you know, get herself into the castle. So she figured she would just throw herself at Cinderella's mercy and apologize. So she went up to the castle and she asked for the, asked to see her daughter, her stepdaughter. And the captain, the guard came down. He said, I'm sorry. Uh, she, she refuses to see you, but if you come every day and check in, she said at some point she'll give Grant you an audience. But at this point she's still upset with the way he treated her. So every day 
she would get up, the stepmother, and go up to the castle and present herself, and they would say, okay, wait, and we'll see, just wait here, and we'll see if Cinderella wants to see you or not. Well, they would say the princess, obviously. And the stepmother would wait all day, and you could tell it was a little passive-aggressive action on Cinderella's part. And they wouldn't give her an audience. But the stepmother, being the intelligent, cunning woman she is, she used her time to see who was going in and out of the castle. And if, when she was at the end, if people needed information about what salt trader was getting more time at the castle, or yada, 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 uh, you know, she could sell that information. But there was one thing that stuck out to her, was that every single day, this old bundled woman came. And she would come in the morning, and then she would leave at midday. And after a couple weeks of this, the stepmother called, you know, when she called in the morning on the captain of the guard to see if she was going to get her audience. She said, you know, who's that woman that comes every day? You know the one I'm talking about, the kindly-looking, stout woman? The cabin guard said, oh, that's the queen's, or the princess's trusted advisor. She said, oh, what's her name? He said, oh, I don't know. Well, what does she advise the princess on? I'm not sure that they, they, they meet in private. Oh, well, where's she from? I'm not sure of that either. So you're protecting the princess, and you're letting her meet alone with this old woman. And you don't know what they're talking about? Or who she is? The, the captain of the guard, he, 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 he kind of knew who the stepmother was. He said, listen, you old sow. Don't try to poison my mind. I know your tricks. Be gone for the day. And he sends her off. Stepmother decided to start following her at the end of the day. She would give her some space, and she would follow her. And the first time she followed her, she noticed she would go deep, deep into the wood. And every day, she would get deep into this one grove of trees, and she would pull out a magic wand, touch the air, and disappear. And the stepmother followed her for about two weeks, and she saw the same thing every day. And, there, and then she was like, oh, okay, and I'm going to try to see when she gets here in the morning. So the, she decided to mark the spot with a few stones. The only difference in the days was that one day she went and she touched a bird who had a broken wing and it was struggling on the ground. And as soon as she touched it with the wand, the bird's wing was healed and it flew off. The stepmother decides to hide out in the woods in the morning, and she finds a spot, and she's hiding there. And she notices another bird with broken wing in the morning. So, oh, is, that, is that the same bird? It rebroke its wing, or new bird? But, but anyway, and then all of a sudden, the, the kindly old woman appears, and she goes about gathering some rocks and sticks. And the stepmother was afraid she was going to get found, but she didn't, she didn't find her. And she lines up the sticks and hits them with the wine. They turn into loaves of bread. Then she hits a rock. It turns into a pot of steaming tea. She hits another couple. They turn into teacups and then a picnic basket. And then even a bottle of wine. And with that, she packs everything up. 
and she heads off to the castle. You know, the stepmother, she would always look around and she'd try to figure out if there's any evidence left behind of the magic, but there never was. And so she watched this for a couple days, and then she called the captain of the guard. And she said, you know that woman, the old, kindly old woman that you've been letting be alone with the princess? You know she's a practitioner of the dark arts. The captain of the guard is, you know, he's he's like, you know, he's he's yelling at the stepmother. She said, "Oh, I have evidence. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just blindly go about accusing elderly women of of being witches if I didn't have some proof." She said, "We'll just wait, and tomorrow when she leaves, we'll follow her, and you'll see." And the captain of the guard he had his suspicions. But at the same time, this was his job. And he was a little bit worried. Oh, man, what if she's right? So the next day, the stepmother left. I mean, as the kindly old woman left, who we all know at this point is the fairy godmother, the stepmother and the captain of the guard followed her. She went deep into the woods. And she pulled out her wand. And she disappeared. And the captain of the guard was in shock. And this time I said, okay, just wait till tomorrow. Don't tell anyone about this. We're going to meet here in this hiding spot tomorrow morning. And they hid in the morning. And the fairy godmother appeared. And she made the bread and the wine and the, uh, the tea. And then she headed off to the castle. And at this point, the captain of the guard was beside him. So he said, I've been, I've been drinking that wine every night with dinner. He's wondering if he's been poisoned or he's under some sort of spell. And, you know, stepmother's just egging him on, like, you know, what kind of horrible things could she be doing to the princess? Is it, what kind of awful stuff is about? And the captain of the guard, he was kind of, uh, he, he took things very seriously. So he saw this dark arts. He was not into new agey stuff at all. So it was only evil. Witches could only be evil. He didn't buy into the fairy godmother paradigm. And he was afraid he was going to lose his job or be beheaded for for failing his duty. And so he's like, well, I don't, I don't know. What, what am I going to do? And the fairy godmother said, don't worry. I have a very, very good plan of what we're going to do. Now, if you're still listening at this point, you can. it's going to get really boring at this point. And you're not going to miss any any plot, part of the plot. So you don't have to pay attention anymore. But so the the stepmother said, don't worry, I'll take care of everything. She went off and she went home and she said, I won't be back. You know, she's not going to be at the castle for a few days. She went out to the farm and she called her two daughters and all the farmer's children and this children's children. And he had them go out. Had, it, had everyone go out and gather as many sticks as they could. So they would go out in the woods, and they're picking up sticks and branches and bringing them back. And then the stepmother had this huge pile of branches. And she wanted them to break them off into little pieces, one-size pieces. So they'd spend all this time breaking off the little tips of branches, breaking off those little nubs, 
than taking sandpaper or leather or whatever they used back then and and rubbing them down to a sheen is so much work repeating this over and over and over again. And at the same time, she was at the inn asking, trying to learn more about as much about the dark arts. She was asking anyone, you know, does anyone tell me all the fairy, the tales of magical women you know? So she was gathering all this information, and, and she was hearing the good and the bad. And she, of course, didn't buy the fairy godmother thing either. She knew there has to be an angle. There's always an angle. So she went through the village and the, and, and talked to all the different sects of religion and saw what they, that's S-E-C-T-S of religion, um, you know, found out. And so she was doing her research and she was gathering these wands. So she was up to something. And, and another thing is that, you know, she had this kind of, up until this point, a sedentary lifestyle. So she was eating at the inn every night and drinking wine and living on bread and cheese during the day. So she'd kind of grown plump herself. And then she kind of went for a makeover and she went to the salon or whatever they call it there and she tried to, you know, can you make me look nicer? And so they definitely changed her hair. And they said, well, you, what you won't, definitely don't want to do is pull your hair that tight because it makes your face so harsh. And you should try to smile. And so she got this whole, she tried to be like a, um, become a plump, nice woman. And how this plays in to what happens next. You'll have to wait and see. But the stepmother has a plan. And I hope this helped you fall asleep. Good night. Hey, welcome to the Sleep With Me podcast. Are you up all night, tossing, turning, and having trouble falling asleep? Your mind's racing, or you feel itchy, or tense? Well, if you do have trouble falling asleep, you're in the right place, because this is the podcast that puts you to sleep. I'm Dearest Scooter, and what I'm going to do is tell you a story, just like you were, if you were a little kid, but it'll be a little bit interesting, and it'll be a decent amount boring. And that way you can put everything aside and just listen to my voice, and hopefully you'll slowly drift off into sleep. And if you're a listener... Please let me know what's working or not working. I'm just slowly figuring out what I'm doing here, and I want to know if this is effectively putting you to sleep or not. And if you have a chance to review us on iTunes, please do so, or just rate us or whatever. And also, if you can let a friend know about the podcast or a perfect stranger, if you search on Twitter, us Insomnia, there's tons of people that can't sleep, so if you enjoy the podcast, let someone know. I'll pay it forward and help 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 me get some listeners here. And if you do any of those things, go ahead and email me feedback at dearest. <laughs> sorry about that. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com or at dearest scooter on Twitter. That's dearest. My pronunciation's horrible, but like dear d e a r e s t scooter. That's me on Twitter. 
and what I'll do is if you help me out at all, I'm going to send you a bonus, uh, I guess, episode. It's Bob from The Walking Dead singing Under the Sea, his own special version of Under the Sea. And even if you don't listen to or watch The Walking Dead, I think you might enjoy it. And if you don't, you can let me let me know that too. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. And let's get on to the show. Tonight we're going to be talking about, or returning, to our tale after The Glass Slipper, where we investigate what happened to Cinderella and her stepmother and her stepsisters after she, you know, became a princess. Not necessarily a Disney princess. Maybe even using that word I could get sued, but, you know, after she tried on those glass slippers and her life seemed to go golden, I've always been curious what happened to everyone else. And where we left off last week was uh, the uh, stepmother had come up with a somewhat of a plan. She had gathered all these sticks and rubbed them down and kind of presumably made them look like wands. Um, if you didn't listen to the first episode, she she's trying to get back into Cinderella's good graces, but Cinderella's not having it, and she just makes her stepmother sit outside the castle every day waiting. And, you know, stepmother, she wants to live in the castle. She wants the benefits of being a stepmother to a princess and the future queen, probably. So she's trying to figure a way to get back in the castle. And she had discovered this. She didn't know the, that the godmother is a fairy godmother, but she discovered this magical woman who was going in out of the castle the other day, and she enlisted to help the captain of the guards, and that's kind of where we left off. So, stepmother's got all these sticks, and she bundles them up into a big bundle, like a sack, and she puts them on her shoulders, and she heads back out to the castle, right around the time the fairy godmother's leaving the castle for the day. So, kind of like mid to late afternoon, and she times it perfectly, and right as the fairy godmother is kind of coming out of the castle, kind of lost in her thoughts... Stepmother plows into her with her bundle of sticks, and the sticks go everywhere. And she really hit her hard, so the godmother goes flying, sprawls out, totally wiped out. And then the captain of the guard comes running along, and he picks up the the fairy godmother and brushes her off. And he brushes her off real hard, and he says, oh my goodness. And he says, you stick wench, you have. Look what you did to the queen's advisor, the princess's advisor. And he's screaming at the stepmother. Of course, he's acting, but he brushes off the godmother. He picks up a stick or a wand, hands it to her, and says, "Oh, I'm I'm so sorry, ma'am." The godmother's really, you know, when you get hit blindsided by someone, even if it's an accident, she was kind of pissed, but she's got a lot of self control, so she kind of, but she's she's a little flustered, so she's kind of like in a daze, and she she just wanders back down the road, off into the woods. And she wanders off in the woods, and she gets to the spot where she, um, every day she would go and pull out her wand and touch the air, and she would vanish off somewhere. We, we still don't know where, where fairy godmothers go, but she goes and she pulls out her wand, and she touches the air, and nothing happens. And she does it again, nothing happens. 
And she takes a look at her wand. Something's not right here. And then she gets a good look at the wand. And she realizes it's not her wand. And and she's like, oh, that that darn stick woman. So she gets ready to rush back. Uh, You know, she's like, oh, you know, let's run back to that woman and, and figure out which one's my wand. Total mix up here. And all of a sudden, out of the bushes come uh, the town's guard and uh, the the sheriff of the town. And he says, excuse me, woman, what, what, what are you about? Or some type of phrasing like that. And the fair governor says, oh, well, I'm just out for a, a stroll, you know. And I said, well, what was with that stick touching the air with the stick? She goes, oh, I fancy myself uh, making, that I can make the birds sing, and I kind of just, you know, conduct their singing, much much like, you know, uh, a, a musical group. And he says, really? Because it looked like you were mumbling something. She goes, oh, yes, I was just mumbling, sing little birdies sing. And he says, arrest this woman. He says, you can't fool us with your tricks you witch and they arrest her and they haul her off into town meanwhile back at the castle outside the castle stepmother's ga- gathers back up all the sticks and presumably somewhere among these sticks that she went flying everywhere when she plowed into the stepmother are the uh, is is the godmother's wand stepmother and godmother I kind of mix those things up and apologize but so she gathers everything up she goes home and as soon as she gets home, she's unbelievably proud of herself and excited. So she she has a glass of wine, and she puts the bundle, lays it out on her floor, and she starts going through stick by stick. And I won't do that right now for you, because it's not time to start counting sticks yet. I'm trying to ease you into the sleep, but she goes through the sticks, and she puts a pile of no's, a pile of maybes, and a pile of probably's for the wand, because the sticks were in varying degrees of wand-like. Wandiness, I guess would be the term. And she she gets everything piled up there. She double-checks the no's. Okay. She goes through the maybes, and she just she uh, gets a rock from her garden, and she goes through every maybe and taps the rock, and nothing happens. Okay, and then she goes through the definite probably's, probably pile, and touches the rock with each, with each one, and nothing happens. So she does it again with the probably's and the maybes, nothing happens. She goes through the definitely nots and does that twice and nothing happens. So she thinks, hmm, maybe it's that spot in the woods that's the only place this which is magic works. So she gathers everything up and she goes to that spot in the woods where the stepmother is and uh, or where the godmother would appear. And she gets a rock from the woods there and she starts going through and nothing happens. She goes through two or three times and nothing happens. She says, hmm. She replays the events of the earlier in the day in her mind and she's positive that, uh, So she's pretty positive that she has the uh, the right wand, or the wand's there among her pile. 
So she takes a deep breath, and she lies everything out in a row, and she looks over everything. And she starts going through them again, real slow. And she tries different flourishes and stuff. And meanwhile, while she's doing it, she hears, uh, Fairy Godmother, Fairy Godmother. And she looks around, all of a sudden, right into the clearing she's standing in, comes this young woman. It's not Cinderella, it's just a, a young woman. She says, oh, oh, sorry, ma'am. I'm looking for someone else. And, and the stepmother's like, oh, good day to you. And, and the woman's kind of, young woman's kind of tentative. And she says, oh, good day to you, ma'am. And, uh, you know, stepmother's thinking, man, fairy godmother, eh? What's that? And she remembers some wives, old wives' tales that were spun at her, her mother's knee. So, well, who who are you looking for? And the Yom's like, oh, uh, just a friend. So, well, oh. And she notices that girls are very, very well dressed, but in um, clothing more appropriate for not a servant, but someone that serves. So, oh, you're dressed in such lovely fineries. Are you from the castle? And the young one's like, oh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm the princess's assistant, Princess Cinderella. And she's oh my, um, how wonderful to meet you. And she curtsies and, and she says, oh, you know, I also serve a princess as an advisor. And the young woman's like, really? And she says, yes, I, I'm, I'm just here. I've had an accident with my wand. Have you seen the, your princess's godmother's wand? She says, oh yes, she let me hold it one time. Oh, you know what? It's quite similar to this stick. You notice how it has this one dot right here? It's almost exactly the same. Oh, yes, I was just testing you, dear, to make sure you knew um, that you weren't playing with me. All our wands are are the same. They're made at the same wand factory by the same wand master. So, well, have you seen... uh, Another godmother, she's she's quite a bit like you, but her face is a little softer, and, and she smiles quite often. And somebody's like, no, why do you ask? And she, well, the princess is quite afraid because she just had this nightmare during her nap that something horrible happened to her. So, oh, well, I'm sure it'll be fine. O- off with you. Why don't you return to the princess? So it's the young woman goes back off to serve the princess, and stepmother's again beside herself with joy. She's got the wand now. And even in her hand, she can sense some power that she didn't sense before. And then she goes and she touches the rock, and she's paying strict attention, and nothing happens. And she says, you know, bread. And she touches the rock. It doesn't turn to bread. And she said, wine. She notices a little shimmer of something, but nothing's happening, and She's just exhausted. She she spends hours doing this, and she goes home with the wand, and she tries everything, and she can't figure it out. So she sucks it up, and she heads down to the jail. And, you know, the sheriff knew she was the one that uh, snitched on the godmother, so he lets her. She's like, I'd like to speak to this woman because she's been, you know, planning her evil witch thoughts in my daughter's mind. So he lets her go in, and the godmother, she's just sitting in her cell, cool and collected, and she's like, ah, it's you. 
So like, somehow I was expecting you. Stepmother says, yes. And she said, so you have my wand? So like, yes, I do. She said, what do you, what do you want with my wand? It's no, of no use to you. Someone's like, oh, I think it is. Do, do you value your, your life? And the godmother asked her the same question. Do you value yours? Of course. And, uh, they go back and forth trying to feel each other out. And the godmother's, you know, kind of, kind of trying to, she's like, you, you don't know the consequences of your actions. Some of us like, I don't care for the consequences of my actions. You're the one in the cell. You have no power over me anymore. And then finally, the godmother's like, I'm sick of this. She goes, you're here because you can't use the wand, aren't you? She's like, I sensed someone watching me in the woods all those days. But I thought it was just my a paranoia or imagination or something. You know there's a magic word to make the wand work. The stepmother's like, really? She's like, do you want to know the word? The stepmother's like, are you trying to trick me? She's like, no. I'll gladly give you the word, the magic word. But the wand will destroy you. So, again, I ask you, do you value your life? Someone says, of course... What, what, what is this witchery you're trying on me? So well, I'll, well, I'll give you the, the magic word. But I'm telling you, the wand will destroy you. She said, well, what, you, because it's a trick magic word. You're trying to trick me somehow. So no, I'll give you the mag magic word. You can use the wand as you like. And if you wish to return to me and beg me for my mercy and forgiveness and return the wand to me, I'll be here, obviously, because I'm locked in jail. I'll take you out of your misery. The best thing you can do is give it to me now. Because I promise you, my, me being in the cell is nothing compared to the what, what you're going to suffer at the hands of that wand. I need, I, ha, I have a greater mission than dealing with your nonsense. And, and you're, you're taking me from that nonsense, and so I will escape. And I will let the wand destroy you. Stepmother takes a deep breath because she's a player. She's not here to be played. She's trying to get an angle on the godmother. So she's, she figures, okay, we'll see about this wand. And she says, just, just give me the, uh, give me the, uh, Give me the magic word, and, and and I'll take what you said with the grain of salt and think about it. Maybe I won't even use the wand, but just give me the password. And the godmother says, uh, it's Alakazoo. So okay. Good day. And the step godmother says, you know, this is your last warning. Your last warning. I said good day. So we're going to leave it tonight there. But if you're still awake, um, okay, let's, let's lie down. 
in a nice, comfortable position. And we're going to just try to clear your mind again. Listen to my voice. And you're going to picture a wand with wings and, and little tiny legs. And it's running towards the fence and jumping over, flapping its wings and running on, landing on the other side. Stepmother tries one wand, flies over the fence, and two wands, and three wands over the fence, and four wands over the fence, and five wands over the fence. It just sounded like a serial killer there in that five wand. Six wands fly over the fence, and seven wands fly over the fence. And eight wands fly over the fence. And nine wands fly over the fence. And ten wands fly over the fence. And eleven wands fly over the fence. And twelve wands. Fourteen, so I don't end on thirteen. Fifteen wands. And now there's a flock of wands in the sky. Warning. Sleep With Me is a podcast designed to help you fall asleep. Therefore, it is unsafe to operate heavy machinery or drive a motor vehicle while listening to this podcast. Welcome to the Sleep With Me podcast, the podcast that puts you to sleep. I'm Dearest Scooter, and I'm going to do my best tonight to help you put aside any racing thoughts that are going through your mind as you try to get to bed tonight. What I'm going to do is tell you a story. It's going to be just interesting enough for you to put your attention on it but it'll have enough boredom that soon you'll be slipping off into dreamland. So Sleep With Me really is a podcast designed to help you fall asleep from someone that has had trouble falling asleep before. That's it. All you got to do is get in bed, get under the covers, and hit play. And just listen to me, and soon you'll be in my trance. Now, none of this is scientifically proven, but we do have honest to sleep tips on our website, sleepwithmepodcast.com. I put them up on Twitter, Dearest Scooter. And if you have any feedback, you want to give us just shoot feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com or hit me on Twitter and let me know what you think. And if you have time, I'd really appreciate it if you could review and rate us on iTunes. And now, on to the boredom. So tonight we're going to continue the story of the gla- after the glass slipper, what happened to Cinderella and the godmother and her stepmother after Cinderella became a princess. When we last let off, the stepmother and the godmother had just had a showdown, a kind of face-off, because the stepmother had stolen the godmother's uh, wand and... She needed the magic word to make the wand work, and she confronted her, the godmother in her jail cell, and the godmother said, you know, I'll give you the magic word, but there's going to be consequences. And the stepmother ended up taking the magic word and heading off. But meanwhile, the godmother's stuck in this jail cell, and 
she spends most of her time amusing herself by scaring the, the jailers because they think she's some sort of powerful witch, which she may or may not be. We, uh, the, she's only accused of being a witch. We should know. That's an allegation right now. Okay, so, she, you know, she's just, anytime a jailer goes and brings her food, she's like, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. And they jump and they run away. Uh, but she, she, she's, she's also worried. She's trying to maintain this facade, but clearly the godmother is there for a reason and dealing with Cinderella for a reason. She got her into being, I mean, I don't know if she's some sort of queen maker. I'm not sure what her angle is. I haven't discovered it yet, but she's got, she's on a mission or, or at least her mission in life is to help Cinderella. I don't know. So she, she finally asked the jailer, she said, can you send me the sheriff? And the sheriff sits down and he's a little bit worried because they haven't locked up a witch before. And he says, what do you want, witch? She says, please call me Penelope. That's what my friends call me. He says, you're a friend of mine, witch. And she says, um, w w when's my trial? He says, there's no trial for witches. He's like, we're going to burn you. Hmm. When will I be burned? So, well, we've been told to wait till the princess is out of town and she's heading over to, uh, that Lily, Lily, Lily Land or whatever it's called, that other, you know, that nearby town, uh, on a, you know, on a tour. So we're, we'll burn you when the princess is out of town. So, hmm. So she says, you know, do, do I get a last request? And he says, you know, we don't give witches last requests. She's like, okay, let me reframe it. I'm a witch, correct? Don't you think it's within my power to destroy this jail? He said, really? Well, why are you sitting there? Like, well, if it is within my power to destroy this jail, or to find out every secret about you, I will, and I will destroy you. Or, you could simply grant me my last request. You know, I appreciate a trial and all that, fair trial, not to be burned, but, but would you just grant me a request? And he said, hmm. Well, it depends, what's your last request? She says, I'd like to speak to the captain of the guard. Could you br bring him here? So, all right. Yeah, I can do that. That's not a big deal. You're not going to destroy destroy the jail, right? With, just If you're going to do it, just let me know when I'm not here. I just work during the day. And that secret stuff about destroying me, you're not going to tell anybody about what I do with the frogs, are you? Godmother says, Penelope, the godmother says, you know, no, just send me the captain of the guard. So the jailer, Seraph, goes off. Sheriff goes off, summons the captain of the guard. Captain of the guard comes down and says, why do you call me here, witch? And she, she says, oh, do you know what that woman was about that got you involved with jump, you know, imprisoning me. So, yeah, she's a concerned citizen. It's actually her daughter is the uh, princess. And, 
you know, she didn't want a witch hanging out with her daughter. Hmm. Really, that's all. She didn't have any other ambitions. And the captain guard says, no, no. Uh, what do you want? Why, why'd you call me here anyway? She says, has a princess asked about me, where, where I am? And he says, uh, yeah. What, what do you tell her? I said, sorry, mom. Sorry, miss. I don't know. And, uh, so aren't you worried about your job, the princess finding out where I am? I said, no. I don't think she's going to find out where you are. And she says, did that woman give you anything in exchange for imprisoning me? And she says, no. I got mother. I said, listen, you fancy the princess, don't you? The cabinet goes, what? She says, you want to keep the princess safe, correct? He says, of course, that's my duty as Captain Lagarde. She's like, you've not taken a wife, have you? He says, no, my, my duty is my wife. She says, you fancy, fancy the princess, don't you? The captain guy says, what do you want, witch? She says, have I ever brought harm to the princess? But do you guys like how I change my accent every few minutes? I'm sorry, but pull you out of the story even. But you should be falling asleep anyway. And he says, I don't know. Uh, I'm not in there with you when you meet with her alone. I have no idea what you're about. She said, what if my job... Okay, uh, maybe I am a witch. What if I'm a good witch? And he says, there's no good witches. The, the good lord is the only one with power of that sort. So, well, okay, what if... Could you put in your head that I'm actually here to keep the princess safe as well? He said, no, I don't buy that. God, was a man, this guy, she's thinking, this guy is, wow. She, okay. You want to keep the princess safe, and, and I sense you, you have a love for her. Whatever that love is, it's yours to keep. What if I tell you I know a secret about the princess? He said, I'm not interested in your tricks, which really he moved forward. And I see to bed. He said, hmm. She goes, I, I know a dark secret about the princess, about an evil she faces. Are you interested in keeping her safe? He says, uh, go on, witch. And she said, well, one, the lady you got involved with, she's, she's probably a threat to the princess, so keep an eye on her. But she said, there's a much darker menace the princess faces from her husband. The captain of the guard tries not to look interested because he's trying to be partially supposed to keep everybody else safe, too. He says, what do you mean, witch? She says, the prince harms the princess. He says, how? I've never seen a harm. I've never seen him lay hand on her. She says, under her clothes, her underclothes is where he harms her. He, he beats her. Someday he may kill her. He, he kept, the guard says, well, I need some proof then, because I don't buy, buy, buy your tales, witch. 
Secretly inside, his blood's boiling because he never liked the prince. He really does have the hots for Cinderella. And, you know, every day when he goes to bed, he's thinking about their wedding day and their wedding night. Believe me, believe me. That's all he can think about. Even every time he sees her, his knees go weak. It's one of those deep abiding or unabiding. I don't know. He's in love with Cinderella. And his blood's boiling with murderous rage that anyone would ever harm her. Penelope, the godmother, she says, uh, well, I don't need to provide proof. I can see it in your eyes. If you wish to keep Cinderella safe, it is your choice what to do. And I know your heart will guide you. So the cabinet guard storms out. And that's where we're going to leave it tonight, but crush is one good way to fall asleep is to think about someone you have a crush on. If you don't have a crush, maybe you should come up with one, but that's what the captain of the guard does. He gets in bed, pulls up his rags or his wool covers, and he pictures like Cinderella running through these endless fields of flowers. Her hair is flowing. Her dress is flapping in the breeze. Roses are raining from the heavens and her arms are open. She's running, running towards him. Over hills and valleys. Through a refreshing stream. She's just running. Running into his arms. Across plains. Fruited plains. Majestic mountains that are purple. And she's so beautiful. The skies are gracious. Behind her ears, an amber wave of grain. And she's still running towards him. It's, she's as light as the breeze is on your face. Slowly. Blowing closer and closer. He's slowly waiting for the dreams to come. As he dreams of Cinderella. She dreams of Welcome to Sleep With Me. I'm Dear Scooter and this is the podcast that puts you to sleep. And that's exactly what I mean when I say that. Uh, this is a podcast designed to help you fall asleep. And how it works is I'm just going to tell you a story and you'll be able to put your thoughts aside or whatever your mind's racing about or what you, all the presents you got to buy, whatever. And just listen to my voice and listen to the story. And it's going to get more and more boring as I go on. And sooner or later, you're going to drift off into dreamland. That's the goal, at least. It should be that easy. You just need to get in bed, pull up the covers. Make sure the lights are down and you're comfortable, and then just press play and listen, and I'll send you off into dreamland. I'm so confident in my ability to be boring, I'll make this offer to you if you're listening. If you listen for a couple nights and this doesn't help you fall asleep, and you check out the sleep tips on our website, sleepwithmepodcast.com, email me or hit me on Twitter and let me know it didn't work for you. It's feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com or at Dearest Scooter on Twitter. 
So feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com, at Dearest Scooter, and I'll work with you one-on-one to try to figure out how you can get a good night's sleep. And this isn't some sales pitch. I'm not a sleep consultant. I'm not selling some line of natural sleep aids or anything. Um, the reason I started this podcast, other than I know I'm boring, is that, you know, I've been there, uh, you know, as an adult. But as a kid in fifth and sixth grade, I had insomnia, couldn't sleep. Every night was like being tortured. And, you know, no, 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 no adults really bought, bought what I was, you know, they were like, oh, no, you're just one intention or it's in your imagination. And it wasn't. And I kind of felt trapped and all alone. So I, I can really um, relate if you're having trouble getting to sleep. So that's what I'm here for. I've got a superpower, being dull and boring. And I'm going to try to pay it forward. And, and I mean, I can't really, I guess I could use it for evil. But I don't know if this is even good. I don't know. But that's why I'm here. So let me know. The offer's out there. Try this podcast. See if it works for you. Dearest Scooter at sleepwithmepodcast.com or at Dearest Scooter on Twitter. And tonight, the boredom will come in another episode of After the Glass Slipper, where I explore... What happened after Cinderella became a princess? What became of her fairy godmother? What became of her stepmother? And in previous episodes, we've... The godmother's wand's been stolen by the stepmother. Stepmother's learned the magic word to use the wand. Uh, The godmother, we find out her name's Penelope, I believe. Supposedly, allegedly. She's still in jail. She's let the captain of the guard know that she either suspects or knows that the prince is beating the princess, um, Joffrey style, or maybe not jo- quite Joffrey style. I don't know, because I, I, I'm not there. I'm just going on Penelope, the fairy godmother's word, and she's locked up in jail. So how good of a word is it? But that's kind of how we left things, the Captain of the Guard seems to be in love with Cinderella. He charged off after he learned this news. Godmother's still in jail, and the stepmother has the magic wand. And that's where we pick things up. It's at the cottage of the stepmother. She's got this wand. For a couple days, she just kind of left it sitting on her kitchen table because it was freaking her out. You know, the fairy godmother told her it would spell her doom using the wand. And that would have these horrible consequences, but she didn't go into detail. So she stirred up the stepmother's imagination and she was picturing herself melting or, you know, going to alternative universe, whatever conceptually that meant back then. But, you know, something horrible happened, but breaking out in boils or blisters. So she didn't do anything for a while. But finally, her curiosity and just her desire to, you know, get back into this her daughter's good graces. She figured this wand got the got the godmother godmother the fairy godmother was meeting with the princess every single day. So this had to have some value. So she went out in the woods. She didn't want to blow up her cottage. Obviously, she's got to live there. And she started real small. She started turning. Stones into sticks and sticks into stones. 
She didn't break anybody's bones. And she waited to see if they would blow up. And they didn't. Then she tried the old rocks into loaves and fishes and water into wine. And nothing bad happened there. And the food was pretty good. The wine was tasty. Not as good as in that other, the big book, but not bad. She started doing other stuff. Nothing major, but just taking little steps. She turned an ant into a bug. Then she started having fun with changing animals around, and she made a jackalope and sent it off on its way. So she started playing, and she got more and more confident. And she's like, okay, I think I got how this works. So it transforms stuff, and you can change a living thing into another living thing or a non-living thing into another non-living thing. And she found out size doesn't matter when she changed a bird into an elephant. And of course, she, she, she of course already forgot about the consequences. And every once in a while she'd be curious after the elephant ran off or what happened to it, but she, uh, you know, she could care less. And then she, uh, She's like thinking, hmm, what's my next move here? And to be honest, she, she, her husband had passed away a long time ago. She was kind of lonely. And at one point she saw a mouse kind of creeping around her, her cottage. She tapped in, turned it into a, a stable boy. She took the stable boy into her bed, let's just say that. Had some fun with the stable boy. He was mute. Because she was asking him, where are you from, or whatever. She just laughed and enjoyed his company, his physical company. And then she threw him out. <laughs> yeah. And again, this, she's not, I mean, this lady, she's she's an evil stepmother. I mean, I guess, or not good stepmother. She's evil. And fairy tales usually signify she has some evil power. Right now she does. She has the wand. So after the stable boy, she's curious if... Something would happen, and, and uh, she she was old enough she couldn't have kids, so she wasn't worried about some demon baby being in her womb, but nothing happened, no, no fallout. The stable boy didn't come back and break down her house or burn it down. And she even asked about it at the end. Because if you know from episode one, one of her daughters, she married off to an innkeeper. So most nights she, she could be found at this inn eating free dinner and wine. And she asked around about this mute stable boy. But no one had ever heard of him, so she figured he must be from out of town. And then it then she comes, then it hits her. She thinks about out of town. She starts thinking about the godmother, the fairy godmother. And she gets her plan. And the next morning... She goes into the woods of the clearing where she first saw the fairy godmother appear. She changes herself into the fairy godmother. She comes up with her plan, and she goes down that afternoon, calls for the captain of the guard. He's like, oh, you haven't been here in a while. You know, usually you're here every day waiting for your daughter. She says, oh, I, I, I know she'll come around. He says, listen. That, that that godmother, that woman, she's still locked up, right? Say, oh, yes, her name's Penelope, by the way. Let's refer to her as Penelope. 
the witch Penelope from now on, as, as opposed to that w old woman. You can say, okay, whatever, the witch Penelope. She's still in jail, right? He says, yes. He says, well, don't be alarmed tomorrow. She's still going to be in jail, but... She, she tells him, don't worry, tomorrow her... She, I learned she has a sister who's not a witch, and she's going to come tomorrow and, and visit the princess. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but the captain of the guard's not the brightest dude. He says, okay, whatever. So she goes back to the spot where she first saw the godmother. She turns herself into the godmother. And then she turns, grabs a rock and some sticks, turns it into bread and wine, tea and a picnic basket. And she heads off to the castle like she's the uh, fairy godmother. Or to her, this old witch. And meanwhile, Captain the Guard's sitting there, tending the gate with the other guards. And he sees the godmother rolling up the path. And all the other guards, they loved the godmother. Because she'd have his bottle of wine. Um, and they'd get to hit that. She had usually some bread or some cheese. So, like, oh, oh, we've missed you so. You know, like, Captain the Guard's like, oh, good God. I had this lady thrown in jail. Meanwhile, I can't tell anybody because I don't want the princess to find out. So he, he's, like, waiting for her to blast him with a lightning bolt. Or she says, oh, greetings, Captain. And she gives, you know, gives these guys some, some bread and some wine. And they're, oh, Godmother Princess has been beside herself. Where have you been? She goes, <laughs> Oh, or godmother, they call her Penelope. Um, turns out that's her name, Penelope. And, oh, Miss Penelope, Miss Penelope. And the princess will be so overjoyed, and then the princess's assistant comes out, and she's hugging the stepmother, who's pretending to be the godmother, whose name is Penelope. Oh, Penelope, come, come, see the princess, come. So she rushes in. They go, they go into the Cinderella's private chamber, which is wit. I mean, the stepmother can't believe this place. The castle's off the hook. And she's sitting in this chamber. It's got stained glass, gold stuff, and baubles, you know, all sorts of fancy stuff, tapestries. And, you know, she sits, sits there, and all of a sudden Cinderella comes in, and Cinderella looks magnificent. And... She's, but she looks grave, like scared or afraid or something. And she grabs, as soon as she comes in, she takes the Penelope, the stepmother, the godmother combo, hugs her, and she starts weeping and weeping and weeping. She's so upset. She's crying and crying and crying. And the stepmother, she has to dig real deep to find some mothering instincts because she's a terrible mother. But she's so manipulative that she knows. Well, so she rubs her back. She says, oh, child, oh, child, you know. She holds her and lets her weep until, you know, when you're, after you weep and you're, you're a sh you feel like a shell and she's just breathing and she's still holding her, comforting her and, and, and she's so oh, what's, What's the matter, my child? She said, oh, I was so afraid you weren't going to return. And, you know, I missed you so. I was afraid something terrible befell you. So, oh, child, no, it's fine, it's fine. And so, oh, don't, don't, 
don't, don't be so concerned. And just, you know, it's okay, I'll be here for you every day, just like in the past. And she thinks she's got her countdown, and Cinderella starts crying again. She's crying, racking with sobs. She's like, oh, oh, fairy godmother. Oh, Penelope, I failed you so. And she's like, I failed at what you asked of me. So oh, it's okay. It's okay, child. It's okay. It's okay. And she, she's, she doesn't know, of course, what, what Cinderella's talking about. Oh, child, you could never let me down. She's like, oh, but I have. What you told me never, ever to let happen. And if it did happen, you told me to take the steps. I have, I, I failed you. And she's crying, crying. And she says, well, okay, tell, tell me exactly what happened again. And she's like, well, it was one night and it was a lovely ball we were having for out of town uh, king and queen, and there was dancing and drink, and, and the prince and I, we danced and danced, and you know I love to dance. Sorry, my strange, my accent's strange today. And I was flush with wine, and the prince, despite all, all, all the, all the things you told me, and despite all the promises you made me, he, he, was, he was quite handsome that night, and maybe it was the wine. And I felt the stirring inside me, and I know you've told me to destroy that stirring. But it was a, a yearning to have my skin against his, and I couldn't control myself. And, you know, Stemma's like, okay, dear, 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 okay. She's in, and just in the middle of the dance, the prince swept me off the floor swept me into a, a root cellar and we and she starts weeping again and the stepmother obviously knows okay and the stepmother first she's like well child he is your husband and she catches catches and Cinderella's weeping so hard she didn't quite hear that and she says well no but stepmother I didn't take the precautions either you know to Put inside of me, and, and she's crying, and she's just like, "I'm afraid. I'm so afraid." Are you, and me, all stuff. I was like, "Wait a second. And she says, "Child, they've been so sick. Let's sit and, and and so I can help you. Explain to me exactly what what you're afraid of, so so that I can I can better." She's like, "Well." told me I could never bear the child of the prince and to avoid him at all costs. And if he asked me for physical contact, to be as cold and unpassionate as possible and to block him, if he does enter me, from, from making a child inside me because it... I, I, because... You told me I didn't. You told me that was my mission, of why I was princess. 
You told me I would never become queen. So this Stemma's like, think this doesn't make any sense, but it's like, okay, that's this godmother's angle to keep her from getting pregnant. She becomes wicked curious. And she, so I was like, I also know that I'll, you will punish me. So, well, well, she starts crying again. She's okay. She's like, but you did say something could be done if I find him with child, but I don't know, even know yet that I would save me from punishment, even if it, whatever it means, please, 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 Penelope, don't. She said, okay, calm down. We don't know if you're a child yet. Let's just wait and see. Got the stepmother here. We don't know if she's pregnant or not, and we don't know why. The godmother wants it so badly to stop it. And we need to find out, and the stepmother wants to find out, and that's where we'll go next. And where you'll go next is if you had a magic wand, what would you do? And you said Alakazoo. Could you, what, what, like, what animals could you give wings and would they fly like a flying horse? Will that be a pegasus flying through the air in the clouds? What if you gave cloud wings? The cloud was flying through the clouds, a flying cloud with wings, floating and flapping its wings. Then it lands by you and says, hey, climb aboard. I'm a cloud bed with wings. You climb aboard. And the cloud is so soft and comfortable and it flies its wings. And it flies through other clouds that are even softer. And you get, your lids get heavy. You start to sink deeper into this cloud. It's flapping its wings. The more it flaps deeper you sink, further, further away, the clouds flapping its wings. Hey, welcome to the Sleep With Me podcast, the podcast that puts you to sleep. If you have trouble getting to bed at night, your mind racing, you're tossing and turning, stuff like that. Well, you've come to the right place. I'm Dearest Scooter. I'm going to tell you a bedtime story. And it's going to be kind of boring. You'll be able to stop thinking about work or your personal problems or whatever crisis you're going through. And slowly fall asleep. That's it. You just listen to the sound of my voice and the boring yarn I'll spin for you. Now, if you have any feedback, you can email me, feedback, at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can go to our website, sleepwithmepodcast.com, for more sleep tips. You can follow me on Twitter, at Dearest Scooter, and I'd put sleep tips up on Twitter. And let me know if you if there's stuff you like about the show, you don't like about the show. If you have a chance to review us on iTunes or rate us, that'd be great if you did. I'd appreciate it. And please, let someone else know, whether it's a stranger or a friend uh, that's having trouble falling asleep. Say, hey, there's this this guy 
And he's got the most boring podcast, so if you put it on next to your bed, you'll probably fall asleep. Tonight, we have another episode of After the Glass Slipper, kind of like uh, what happens after Cinderella becomes a princess. And thus far, the stepmother's stolen the fairy godmother, Penelope, the fairy godmother's wand. Um, the captain of the guard seems to be in love with Cinderella. The fairy godmother's locked in jail. And our night tonight starts with uh, the stepmother. She's at home. She just uh, turned another mouse into a stable boy, had her way with him. And sent him on his way. She's just, uh, you know, basking in the glow, drinking a glass of wine. It's uh, dusk or nighttime. And boom, 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 there's a knock at her door. She wonders if it's the stable boy. They never come back, she thinks, but maybe this one did. And she opens it, and the captain of the guard's there, and he's wasted. And he's, like, tearful and... He just lets him, she's like, he just walks right in. She's like, oh, just let yourself in. I need your help. And she has him sit down at the table. And she's kind of disgusted with him. And he's all weeping. And and finally she's just like grabs him by his shoulders and slaps him. She said, what, what, what's your problem? He's like, well, your daughter, your daughter's being beaten by her husband. She says, what? And she says, oh, the prince is beating Cinderella at night under her clothes or something. And stepmother's like, hmm. She has really no heart for Cinderella. She says, well, that not that what the, the husband's prerogative? And he's weeping. Oh, poor Cinderella, poor Cinderella. You gotta help me. And and she's like, why why do I have to help you again? He's like, she he could really hurt her. What what if we hurt her? I, I, and then finally he gets serious. He's like, I I need to kill him. You have to help me kill him. And stepmother kind of looks him over. She takes a breath. She's like, I. She's like, get out of my house. And he's like, if you don't help me, I'll just kill him on my own. I'll probably be arrested. But if I am, I'm going to tell them about. Admit to everything about capturing the witch and everything and throw myself at Cinderella's mercy. So, whoa, 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 okay. Sit back down. First off, the prince is the king and queen's only son. So, you kill him, they're going to throw Cinderella out, they might have her killed. You don't know, it's not, killing the prince is not going to help Cinderella. So, no, no, I think we need to kill him. She, she's like, <laughs> she goes, that's not going to help anything. And he's like, well, he needs to be stopped. I need to protect Cinderella. It's my sworn duty as captain of the guard. She's like, really? The captain of the guard is supposed to kill kill the future king? He's like, well, I'm the captain of the princess guard. Yeah, but is your sworn duty to the king and queen first? Well, I, I did. Why? Well, Woman, why are you arguing with me? I need to keep Cinderella safe. So she said, well, killing him's out. She says, uh, what, what, what if you, uh, you know, threaten him? He's like, I'll lose my job. And then it hits uh, the stepmother. 
So I, I have an idea. She'd been playing around the wand and, and trying to come up with different stuff. So she pours a little wine into, into a small jug. And she says, you know, leave, leave the house. And come back in a few minutes. And as soon as he leaves, she touches the jug. And she she's like makes a potion. And then he comes back in. He goes, you know what I was thinking when I was outside? He goes, I don't, I don't even know your name. We just call you uh, uh, Grizzle Face behind your back, the stepmother. She says, my name my name's Agatha, thank you. So, well, Miss Agatha, what's your plan? She says, here's what you're going to do. You need to scare the prince into not beating Cinderella if he's beating her. So you're going to take, a, I'm, I'm going to give you this potion that I stole from that witch. Um, and you're going to hide in the prince's room. And when he gets goes to bed, you're going to take this potion. It'll turn you into a, a demon. And eventually it'll wear off. Don't worry, you're not going to be permanently a demon. But you just scare him. Tell him you're, you're on to him. And, you know... You're gonna you're gonna mess him up. You're gonna come every night and terrorize him if he lays any hand on the uh, the princess. So he says, "All right." So he goes into the castle, hides under the prince's bed. And prince and princess they sleep in separate rooms, um, just in case you're you're wondering. So he hides in the prince under the prince's bed. Prince comes in, gets in bed, goes to sleep. He pops it. Drinks this potion, he turns into this huge, hairy beast. Almost like what we would call a werewolf-type demon. He gets out from under the bed. He wakes the prince up. He's growling at him and screaming. The prince is terrified. He says, don't speak a word. I'll eat you. The prince is obviously, he's so scared. I mean, so all of a sudden, he goes, what, 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 what madness is this? He goes, I'm a demon. He goes, well, what do you want, demon? Hold on, I'm thinking of what I want. I want you to leave that princess alone. And if you don't, I'll come here every night. And every time you touch her, I'll eat one of your toes. So okay, I quite like my toes. You couldn't, do you need any gold or anything, demon? Or you could, maybe, why don't you come work for me? I, I'm going to be the king soon. I could use a demon. Uh, I, I, don't, do you? He folks he just growls he, cause he's so flustered. He goes, I just need you to play do not beat the princess. He, the pr prince is kinda like he's like a he's one of those people he's always got to answer for everything. So they go back and forth and back and forth and finally, you know, it hits midnight. And the demon's trying to you know the, the uh, captain of the guard's trying to build up into this scary demon ship and uh Next thing you know, he starts feeling funny, and his hair starts shrinking, his muscles start going back to normal. And next thing you know, he's, he's back to the captain of the guard. And the prince is like, what? What, what? what the heck's going on here? Are you, you're supposed to be the captain of my wife's guard. You were just a demon. And then for once, the captain of the guard gets some kind of clue, and he's just acting all dazed. 
he kind of is a little bit dazed. He's like, oh, oh, I was captured by an evil witch woman, and she told me, I, I don't even know what happened. She, she, she fed me this evil potion, and, and, uh, and, and I just ended up. What happened? Because will you tell me where I was beating the princess? I would never beat her. I love her with all my heart and soul. And then you're threatening to eat my toes. What kind of weird demon, toe-eating demon? Because I quite like my toes. I have wonderful toes. Cinderella loves them as well. And, uh... So what the hell? Why the... What the hell? So the... Let me get this straight. Somebody turned you into a demon and sent you here to eat my toes. Is, is that... Because I don't know. I don't remember a thing. Because it was strange because I don't beat the princess. So I don't know what, he goes, we're going to have to, you know, who's this, who's this witch that, and how did she catch you? And, uh, you know, the prince knows something's not right, but he also knows this captain of the guards. Not such a big, he goes, goes, what kind of, he goes, I could, you know, I might be able, can she make demons whenever she wants? And what what did she give me? He's like, she gave me a potion. Okay, the prince is like, all right, well, don't tell anybody about this. And, you know, I, I don't beat Cinderella, so don't worry about that. You just you just keep guarding Cinderella and just act like nothing's wrong. And you're going to point out uh, where this witch is. You know, we'll figure stuff. We're gonna I'm going to figure this out. So, you know, be gone. And so, Captain Guard leaves, and he's a little bit mixed up. He's like, okay, am I in trouble or not? He was actually hoping that the prince would die of a heart attack or something and he would get married to Cinderella. So, the fact that the prince is in love with Cinderella kind of ticks him off. So he goes home and goes to bed and he's got to figure out, is he going to tell the prince about the stepmother, Agatha, or the fairy godmother that's in jail? And so he he, he uh, gets in bed Back at the castle, the prince gets in bed. The prince, he he just uh, he's he's even though he's an adult, he's got a couple teddy bears that he talks to to go to sleep, and this is kind of how he falls asleep. Um, in his mind, he, he snuggles his bears close. They did have teddy bears back then. You believe that? I don't think I think they called them um, furry. Forest friends or something, but so he gathers him. He says, and he gets he closes his eyes and he says, "Oh, Teddy, let's have a picnic. Come, come, let's have a picnic in the grass." And uh, oh, Teddy, what did you bring to serve me for my breakfast? And the teddy bear says, "Weasel, was it? Weasel, was it? Was it?" He said, "What? Oh." Candied bread, I see. Wow, this is so delicious. What else did you bring, Teddy? Tush and lotion? Tush? Poof. Ah. Honey wine. Oh, let's drink this all, Teddy. Oh, Teddy, can I put my head down on your belly? So, the honey wine. My head's resting on your belly, Teddy, as it goes up and down. Oh, and you, my other teddies, 
taking my shoes off and rubbing them. Yes, I'm falling asleep. My head's under his belly. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. I'm Dear Scooter. I'm going to tell you a bedtime story. And that's what this podcast is. All you need to do is get in bed. Turn out your lights, you know, do all your pre-bed ritual, brush your teeth, you know, blankets, the whole nine yards, and just press play. I'm going to tell you a story. It's going to help distract you from whatever thoughts you usually have at bedtime about, you know, that are racing through your mind, bills, work, whatever. But my story is going to be just boring enough to help you drift off into dreamland. And the reason I'm doing this is because I guess I have a superpower telling boring stories, and I want to help. So if this podcast, if you listen to it for a week and it's not helping you fall asleep, it's making you angry or it's just not working for you, you know, email me or let me know on Twitter. On Twitter, I'm at Dearest Scooter. Dearest Scooter. I don't know how my pronunciation is. or Is that pronunciation or enunciation? I don't know. And email me, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. And then if you follow me on Twitter, or you go to our website, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. You'll find lots of sleep tips and sleep news. But yeah, let me know. I'm not here to sell you sleep vitamins or sleep coaching sessions. I just want to help. I've had plenty of trouble not sleeping. And in 2014, I'm anticipating that getting worse. So I'm in the same boat as you. You're not alone. I'm hoping to create a community of people looking to help people that can't sleep. So let somebody else know about the podcast if you're a listener. If you can review us and rate us on iTunes, that'd be great, uh, especially if you're a U.S. listener. Um, our European friends have been reviewing me, and thank you very much. Tip of the hat, tip of the cap, or whatever. Uh, but if you're in the U.S. especially, or anywhere, please review us and rate us on iTunes. It'll raise our exposure so that we can help more people fall asleep. If there's anything you need or want, just let me know. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. And on to tonight's story. Tonight, another episode of After the Glass Slipper. For those first-time listeners, you can just go to www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash glassslipper. And we're basically following the story of Cinderella, her stepmother and her fairy godmother, after she became, became princess. And for you listeners that are already filled in, when we left off, the fairy godmother was in jail. Stepmother was working with the captain of the guard to stop the prince from abusing alleged, alleged abuse of Cinderella. And it turned out it was alleged abuse because the captain of the guard was a beast, had been made into a beast, but he didn't realize that at midnight he wouldn't be a beast anymore, and he got busted by the prince. And the prince wanted to know who brought him there and why, and the question was, who was he going to put, put the blame on? And that's where we left off. We open at the jailhouse, and all of a sudden, coming down the road, the jailers see who else but the captain, the guard, and some guardsmen, and they come up to him, and Shadow says, well, what, do, "What do you want?" He said, "Bring me, bring me that, bring me that old woman. Throw a bag overhead and bring him to me. Release her to me." Jesuit, went, "Well, you know, you, we, we arrest." He's like, "I'm, I'm on here. I orders the king." 
So release the woman to me. So the jailer, they go back. It's kind of like the fairy godmother. She just stands up. She's like, ma'am, mom, you're going to need to come with us. And they, they pull an onion bag overhead and tie it up. And they lead her out. And the captain of the guard and his, his soldiers throw in the back of this cart. And they trot off. They trot off. And the fairy godmother, she's kind of uh, just lying there. Wondering, she's feeling the thing bounce, the carriage, and she's wondering what what fate awaits her. Because when I mean, she's like, if I go back to the, you know, she's she, but she's kind of patient. She's just wondering. She doesn't seem she's not struggling or anything like that. And the carriage bounces off. She takes a lot of turns, and she, so she's like, that's weird. She loses, you know. She's wondering if they were going straight to the castle or straight to the woods for execution, straight to a. A pyre to burn her alive, or to you know dunk her in one of those lakes. But no, they head off in a while, and she feels herself. Cart stops. She feels herself pulled out, run through a door, through another door, and thrown into this like a root cellar. And then the soldiers tromp off, and there's nothing. And then she hears the cart roll off. And then. Uh, she hears the door open, and then the root cellar door open closes. There's silence, and there's just footsteps. And stepmother just kind of laughs. There's no response from the other person. They're just creaking of shoes or boots. The stepmother goes, I can smell the wand. I can feel it. You know, I can I can feel it humming. There's still silence. And she goes, you know... You know I know the wand is here. So I assume I'm in your root cellar. And reluctantly, she feels something fumbling at her neck and feels the onion bag pulled off and the harsh harsh light against her eyes. Maybe it was a potato sack and onion bag's probably, but whatever. She's blinded for a minute. And then she comes into focus on who's standing there, but the stepmother, Agatha. She says, ah, you could smell the wand, huh? And stepmother goes, yeah. I, I, I can sense it's part of me. And then the stepmother says, you know, I, you know, my, my name's Penelope. I believe you're Agatha, right? So yeah, let's refer to each other as Agatha and Penelope because it's easier than calling each other stepmother and fairy godmother for, you know, it's easier for us to follow. Of course, Penelope. And then the fairy godmother. Penelope says, uh, why did you bring me here? Agatha says, I'll ask, I'll be asking the questions. So, okay, well, do you have a question? She goes, well, why? She goes, well, why what? She says, why? What are you? She says, well, I'm a fairy godmother. (sighs) That's garbage. Fairy godmother, what are you? So, well, I, I'm a fairy godmother. Um, my job is to help the princess. She, um, <sighs> help her what? What, what do you want? What do you want with my stepdaughter? What do you want with the princess? Well, what, what, what is with your tone? She goes, I, I know Penelope. 
what your game is. I know, I know why you're, I know what you're up to. I want to know why. Well, what would, I, 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 spare me this fairy godmothery, grandmothery, godmother garbage. What do you want from Cinderella? What, what? Why are you here? Well, uh, I don't know. I, it's garbage. I don't believe you. Well, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We fairy godmothers, we do what needs to be done. Done by who? Done for what? I, I cannot explain. All right. Let's not get the car, the horse face before the cart. Why? You're here to stop Cinderella from giving birth to the prince's son. Is that why you're here? Well, that's one of, that, that needs to be done. Yes, the prince cannot, Cinderella cannot conceive the prince's son. And you don't have a, a, re, a why for that, do you? No, no, I, 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 I don't. I, that, that's my, that's why I'm here to stop that. But why, why'd you make her a princess in the first place if, if you needed to stop that? I, I, I'm, I, I give my, or, I'm a soldier. Let's just put it that way. And I, I don't only get the orders as they come in. It's like a mission. I'm on a mission doing what needs to be done. And what needs to be done is he needs to be stopped from conceiving within her. But mission before was to have her become princess. Is that so hard to put through your pea-sided brain? You know whose root cellar you're in. You know who has the wand, so you better cut it out, Penelope. So your mission is to stop. Why, why not just kill the prince? You, you have some kind of, you have the wand. You have the power. You have the trust of the princess. Why not kill the prince? Well, part of our rules are no killing. No no killing at all. No killing allowed. And you, so you can't prevent, just use some magical thing to prevent her from getting pregnant. Or, uh, you know, that one's kind of more complicated, but it comes down to some ethical dilemmas. I, it would take me quite a bit to get into it, but yes, it's okay to change a mouse into a footman. But to change a, the inside of a mouse is, is playing, it goes against our ethics, and I don't even know if it's quite possible. It might be beyond, it's beyond my power. Oh, well. You know, might I ask you a question? Hmm. You, you can ask. Yeah, you can ask, yeah. What do you plan on doing with my wand? What have you been doing with it? Nothing. Nothing. Getting some answers I've been. Well, have you been... Do you have any questions about the wand? Yeah. What, what happens after you change a beast into a man? Do the, do the men come back or, 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 
you know, if I send them off, is the ghost, I, I don't, I'm not clear. Uh, never mind. I don't, it's not a question. Hmm. Interesting. Well, stepmother, Penelope, what if I told you I had a solution to what, what, what your, your, uh, what if I had a solution to your little pickle? Well, why don't you tell me all about it, and I'll, I'll think it over. Psh! You think I trust you? Well, what would you give me for a solution? Well, why don't you pitch me, because I'm pretty sure I've run through most of the scenarios in my head, and I think I have all the angles covered. Um, you, you've got nothing covered, you. Listen, fairy godmother, I'm a woman of the world. You're a woman of some other world, or some grandmother town, or wherever. I'm a woman that's had desire, and, and I, you, you, you come from some convent, clearly, but you, do, you don't understand the workings of wo young womanhood, clearly. Well, uh, I've, I've observed quite a bit, and we have quite a, quite extensive training on your behavior, so, uh, yeah, what if I, I have a plan and it will work? What if I told you that? Do you think I'm, you might think of me as a, a nasty woman? You might even think of me as a fool or a haughty or whatever. I can see you judging me with your doe-like eyes. But I'm crafty. And I, I've thought of something that will get done exactly what you need to be done. No one will be hurt, per se. And what's that worth to you? Hmm. Well, we'd, I'd, I'd have to think on it. What exactly were you thinking about? Um, you know? Well, first I want protection from whatever the, you know, whatever the horrible doom you were warning me about. But that's just part one. I have much more, but... I need you to swear, if I tell you the plan, you'll be on my side, and you'll do exactly as told, and I need some kind of promise that I know I can hold over you. I, I say, I've never been in this position before, um... But I, I, as I said, my assignment is to do what needs to be done. And for now, Cinderella cannot. I don't know if I can trust you, old witch. What if I told you I visited Cinderella as you? And she told me she had relations with the prince. <gasps> no. Did she protect herself? She is not with child as far as I know, but no. Why, my, my goodness. Do we have a deal? I don't need to do what needs to be done, I suppose. Whatever the cost, I, 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 I must agree to it. And so, that two women, you know, the, uh, Agatha and Penelope, she untied her. She had the wand someplace safe, and she kept her eye on Penelope, but they sat down to a nice dinner. Now, meanwhile, while they, 
while they were discussing things in the root cellar, a whole other load of mess was taking place because the jailer's sitting there and they had rid off and about five minutes after they rode off, a grand caravan of soldiers comes down from the, the castle and at the head of it is the captain of the guard. He says, what are you, what are you back for? And he said, back for? Well, uh, uh, I'm back to check on the prisoner. He's like, check, check, what? What do you mean check on the prisoner? And then the prince pushes his way to the front. And he says, give us the prisoner. I need I need to speak to that prisoner right now. I I I'll see, I need to see speak with her in her cell. And the cat, uh, jailer's just like what like, what he, he he just he left with her about ten minutes ago. Pr- Prince is like what you left with her ten minutes ago you were, you were with me ten minutes ago. And every, everyone's confused now. Meanwhile, if you've if you've got a lick of common sense, you know that stepmother was dressed as a cabin guard and made off with her. And the prince is like, what, what sort of black magic is, arrest this man. So they have, he has a captain of the guard thrown in jail. So now he's suspicious. Like, this is the second, um, mysterious incident this guy's been involved in. So they throw him in jail. And that's where we're going to leave tonight's story is that, you know, the two women seem to be working together well. And the prince is definitely confused. And now, the captain of the guards in jail and he's stuck like should he spills beans to the prince and risk the stepmother's ire or what uh so that's what we'll leave it tonight but um so that's tonight's episode and i just like uh you know like to like wonder what people think about at night and i always wonder if you were a fairy godmother you know and you had trouble falling asleep what would a fairy godmother try to do to fall asleep like what would she think of you might think like fairies, like Tinkerbell style fairies, but then she's a fairy and she's kind of human size. And I don't know, what would she think of? Like, have, I mean, we haven't got into the, her backstory really at all, or the lore of fairy godmothers pertaining to this particular world. So it's like, our, she's obviously humanoid, um, but she has some other characteristics. So. It's like, do that, do that, it sounds like she's lived some sort of cloistered life from what we've gathered this episode. So does she doesn't, does she have a sensual sexuality to her? Um, has she experienced that or is that not part of their development or is it something that's repressed? Or is it something that comes out in some more metaphorical subconscious way? Like, does a fairy godmother like dream of stags? racing across fields, stags, giant horns, powerful. Would that be too obvious? Charging at each other and smashing into each other, trying to see who's the victor. Each time they collide, fur pops off of their heads, thunders through the woods. And they back up and snort their cold winter air. Even the mist comes out their noses. They charge at each other again with this one-minded determination, 
pound, pound into each other. And then back again. Like smash again. And then one seems to be getting more beat up than the other. He trots back, stumbles a bit. Go back again, crash. Stumbles again. I go back again. Sammy can't even get a trot, and the other guy smashes into him. Butts him in the side, get the, get the heck out of here. And then stepmother's been watching the whole time, and he scoops her up in his antlers. She sits on his antlers like a, much like a, uh, you know, a queen on her carrier. I don't know what they're called off the top of my head, but, you know, she's parading around through the forest on the antlers of this dominant buck. She's waving to all the things, and flowers are opening up and floating its petals towards her. She's blushing. She's just being trot, trot, trotted through the woods on parade, through beds and beds of flowers and whistling music and she's holding her you know back of her hand to her forehead and swooning i don't know is that what got uh stepmothers think about oh no not stepmothers fairy godmothers like penelope could be good night hey everybody welcome to sleep with me the podcast that puts you to sleep and that comes with my personal guarantee i'm dearest scooter I'm going to tell you a story tonight. If it doesn't help you fall asleep, you're going to email me feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com or let me know on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. The way it works is you just get in bed, you know, do your pre-bed ritual, pull up the covers, press play on this podcast and listen. And if the story I tell you doesn't help you put your thoughts aside or whatever's been racing through your mind or worrying you and bore you to sleep, I'll work with you one-on-one to try to figure out a way to help fall asleep. So let me know. You know, listen to this podcast for a few nights. If it doesn't work, tell me. Uh, That's what this podcast is here for, Sleep With Me, the podcast that helps you fall asleep. And that's all we do here. I don't sell sleep vitamins. I don't sell sleep coaching. I don't sell hypnosis. Though I'd like to be able to start hypnotizing you in the future to do my bidding. Not tonight. So that's it. Everybody get in bed, or get ready for bed. I guess as I'm talking, doing the intro, you could be brushing your teeth and flossing. Don't forget to floss, and doing the rest of your sleep hygiene, as they call it. And if you uh, if you do need some sleep tips, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com, or at Dear Scooter on Twitter, we have them both there. And if you have a chance, please review and rate us on iTunes. It'll increase our profile and let us help other people that are struggling to fall asleep so this is a bedtime story kind of for grown-ups uh not that it's rated r or anything but i don't recommend playing it for kids and if you have any feedback stuff you like stuff you don't like let me know feedback at sleep with me podcast i think i've said that's you know let me know to the, at the addresses i've already stated previously so that's it on with the show thanks for listening folks tonight we have another episode of after the glass slipper that follows uh, the tale of Cinderella after she became princess. And mostly we've been following the fairy godmother, Penelope, and the evil stepmother, or evil, might be too strong a word, but the stepmother, uh, Agatha. And if you haven't listened before and you want to catch up, just go to www.sleepwithmepodcast.com 
slash uh, gla- glass slipper <laughs> slash glass slipper. I'm I'm pretty sure, and if not, I'll change it after I do this episode. So, and I, I think it's a forward slash, but you, you know which kind of slash I'm talking about. So when we did leave off, and by the way, I'm going to be doing my best not to say and or 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 you know, um, and I will try not to breathe less, as I've heard I breathe too much, I breathe loudly or too much. But let's, you're not here for my, don't let me distract you. Come on, man, pull it together. This is about Cinderella, when we left off, Agatha, the stepmother, and Penelope, the fairy godmother, were in her root cellar talking about a plan to keep Cinderella from getting pregnant. And they were both kind of talking around the issue. It was the stepmother's plan, but she wouldn't reveal anything until she could get a solid promise out of the fairy godmother. The fairy godmother kind of intoned or implied, implied that they were, that she didn't even imply. She straight up said she's on a mission to keep, part of her mission is keep this princess from getting pregnant from the prince. And that's where we left off. So close your eyes, get in bed. Let's travel off to that fairy tale world of Cinderella. So right now, uh, Agatha is uh, in a carriage, and in the back is a pig, presumably the fairy godmother, trot, trot, trotting towards the castle, kind of arguing as they trot along, and Agatha's like, relax, and the pig's like, you know, I don't think your plan's going to work, I don't think your plan's going to work. And Agatha's like, I am one of the foremost seducers in this part of the world. How do you think I... Cinderella's father was wealthy and handsome, and I seduced him, and I can I can teach any man to just seduce any woman. The pig's like, really? You know, I don't know. Um, you know. This just sounds like a bad idea. I don't know. I don't know. And she, well, quiet. We're almost to the castle. So Agatha puts the pig under a blanket, gets up to the castle, and dismounts from the carriage, and she goes up to one of the soldiers and says, Set, I need to speak with the captain of the guard. He says, right away, ma'am, right away. So he goes into the guardhouse and, you know, I don't know if they use tin cans or pass his word or whatever. So a few minutes later, this uh, younger man comes out, stern-looking man, very serious. And he goes up to Agatha and he goes, what can I help you with? She says, I asked for the captain of the guard, not some pipsqueak. He looks her up and down, sneers, walks around the carriage opens up the uh, pig, and the pig snorts on him. He stares at the pig in disgust, covers the pig back up, and goes back to Agatha, the stepmother. So that's quite a quite an ugly pig you have there. So yeah, it is an ugly pig, a stinky pig too. Horrible, horrible pig that is. Uh, by the way, where's the captain of the guard? He says, I'm, I'm the new captain of the guard. Cyril is my name. What can I help you with? Said, so, well, well, I need to speak to the uh, captain of the guard, the, or- the original. He's in, he's in jail. Now, I suggest that you be off and quit wasting my time. I said, well, well, it's quite important. Why, why is he in jail? He's in jail. What's he doing in jail? He's in cahoots with a witch. What, wh- what are you asking? Who are you to ask these questions? He said, oh, well, as a matter of fact, I'm Cinderella's stepmother. You might have heard of me. 
And if you keep keep up this attitude, I'm going to make sure she knows about it. You're, as far as I know, you're banned from the castle, so your threats carry no weight with me. So it well, won't be long. I'll be in that castle. And you, Cyril, will be out of a job. Maybe you could work for me and uh, take care of my smelly pig. Yeah, well, I... I why don't you tell me, so he was in cahoots with a witch, you say? Yeah, some some pudgy witch. Pleasant-faced, unlike you. Kindly-looking woman. I guess he uh, he went after the prince one night. And, the, you know, he's thrown in prison. He's going to be executed tomorrow. That's all you need to know. Be off. In town jail, eh? He's in the town jail. Yes. So just be off with you. We didn't want him in the dungeon in case he... Had any, you know, exploding spells type stuff. So be off with you. So she hops in the carriage and they trot off. You know, fairy godmother, she's still the pig. She's like, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, how are we going to, what is he, he's an essential part of our plan and now he's in jail to be executed, eh? Agatha, stepmother, she, just relax. So they go down to the jail and she asks to see the, the cabin they got in the jail. She's like, oh no, 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 no visitors. He's not allowed any visitors. And Agatha says, really? She goes, you know, I had a conversation with a frog the other day about you. Jelly says, what are you talking about? She goes, I know what you do with those frogs. Does your wife know about where you, where you put those frogs and what you do to them? Nah. Does the uh, new captain of the guard know about your frog fetish? Hmm? Should I inform them? Or should I just go in and speak to the... To the young man in the cell. Go on, go on. You have a few minutes, only a few minutes, though. He's to be executed tomorrow. So she goes in, and the captain of the guard, as many of you know, he's kind of adult. And he's kind of weeping in his cell and, you know, woeing. Oh, woe is me, the whole nine yards. And Agatha sees him. And she, she says, Set up straight and quit whining, you fool. Tell me what happened. Oh, well, I didn't tell on you, ma'am. I, I didn't tell on you. I certainly didn't tell on you. Well, why, why? Well, I was the beast, and I was threatening the prince not to beat Cinderella. And then suddenly I changed back into a man, and the prince seemed very concerned with it. And then he asked me who gave me the power, and I told him the fairy, not you, but the woman down in the jail, the evil witch. So we went down to meet with her, and she was gone, and they said that I had come and got her and taken her away, and the prince had me thrown in jail for... Wizardry, I guess. So I'm doomed, I'm doomed. Oh, shit, quiet, quiet. You fool. Now, you need to pull it together and do what I say. Oh, no, it's all lost, it's all lost. They're going to execute me. They're not. Listen up. Young, young man. What's your name, anyway, old captain? There? Oh, Roland, ma'am, Roland. Well, I know, Roland, what in your heart of hearts you desire. What if I can grant you? Part of what you desire. Well, I'll, I'll never marry the princess now. I'll be dead. And uh, what if I told you? If you listen to me and follow me exactly, you could share Cinderella's bed with her. And not only that, she could bury your child. How? What would you think of sharing Cinderella's bed? Having her bring you a son or daughter? Well, that's not possible, is it? It will be if you listen to me and do exactly what I say. Okay, okay. Okay. Well, don't worry. 
because I know that that Cyril, the new captain of the guard they replaced you with, is a wizard. He's evil. So, if anyone asks you anything, say that he, that probably that witch turned into Cyril or something, you know. Just, 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 just let me handle things. All right. I'll, I'll be in touch. So she goes to leave, and she goes out to her carriage or wagon. And who's standing there but the new captain of the guard, Cyril? He's kind of still inspecting his, huh? Well, fancy, it's fancy you seeing you here, miss. I just saw you up the castle. What, what are you doing down here? Jailer says you're meeting with the old captain of the guard. Why would that be? And stepmother looks him over. Says, oh, that's none of your business. He goes, oh, I'm on the king's business, so it is my business. Man's imprisoned for attempting to take the life of the prince and for practicing the dark arts. She says, well, oh, well, and she throws herself at his feet into the mud. Oh, I, he's, I love him. We've been lovers for years and I've been in love with him for, for all my years. And oh, please have mercy. Please, please, please have mercy. Please, I take, he's no, he's not a bright man. He's been taken advantage of and he told me everything. He told me everything. Oh, I'll tell you whatever you need to know. Oh, please just spare his life. Yeah, quiet, quiet, you woman. What do you mean he told you everything? Well, he said that there's this magical place in the woods where he meets, he met the, uh, the, he called her a fairy, a fairy godmother. She had some fairy powers, that, that chunky, chunky woman with the uh, buttery face. And he showed me right in the woods where he met her. And I could, I could take you there if you like. I, I have a feeling this, that's where the magic is about. And that's where she changed him into a beast and she told him, not to scare the prince, but to protect him from he, from his evil toes. I think he was confused. I think she drugged him or something. He was trying to just eat his toes or something. It was, it was all so strange. But I, I could show you. Why don't you climb in, climb in my uh, carriage and we'll be off. All right, you witch. Right, well, he didn't say witch. You know, he said wench or something. And so they hop in there and they head off. And they head up into the deep woods and just... And she's serious. They go right to the spot where she first start, spotted the fairy godmother. She says, this is right here. This is some, he said she would appear here and she would mix her potions and such. And he gets out and he kind of, he, he kind of has a look over in his eye like he's a UFO, a paranormal investigator. He's looking around and sniffing at the air. He goes, oh, I've always, I've always had an interest in the, in magic. And I, I plan to catch me this. This magical woman and for the prince and for our kingdom, so she can be used to defend our kingdom. So we'll enslave her probably, lock her up, and we'll use her power for good, for our good, for the detriment of all these surrounding kingdoms. And don't worry, I'll spare you, your Roland, your precious Roland, as long as we catch her. She's been disappearing. Well, I could tell you she appears right here quite often. And, um, uh, I could tell you, you know, you know, my, my pig sniffs out truffles. Why don't I let my pig out and let's see what, uh, my pig scares up. And I just use this little divining rod here. So she lets the pig out and then she kind of goes, come on, 
come on, taps the pig on the head, and, you know, fairy godmother's not pleased about it. And uh, she taps it on the head a few times, and uh, next thing you know, it grows from a pig to a giant beast, pig beast, 15 feet tall, growling, growling, towering over the cereal, the captain, the new captain of the guard. The stepmother kicks back head and laughs. <laughs> now, Cyril, who's got the ugly face now? He's kind of panicking. He's like, what, what kind of, you're the beast. And she says, do away with him. And then meanwhile, the, the fairy godmother's kind of torn. She's like a giant monster now. She could probably kill the stepmother and take the wand, maybe. Or kill him. And she's just trying to decide what, what's going to be her best move. Or just go back to the castle, kick down the wall, and kill the prince. So she's sitting there in the copse of woods trying to decide what her best move is. And we'll, we'll have to uh, wait and see till next time. Are you king of the guards in a bit of trouble? Agatha has planned to impregnate Cinderella, possibly with the old captain of the guard, Roland's kid, uh, Sperm. Sperm, okay to say, and, uh, his seed. Let's just say this, his seed. And that's all we got tonight. Um, what is, uh, Cyril's backstory? You know, you wonder. Guy rose out of nowhere. He, he came right out of nowhere in the story. Crafty guy, looking, you know, what is that called when ambition? He's got a lot of ambition. And what do ambitious people dream about at night? Or what do they think about when they're falling asleep? Probably stepping on people's heads, you know. Like when he tries to fall asleep, maybe that's what he's counting. Like, that's what he's counting. Is uh, just like that lake that he first looked into. It's like a person's head. It's like, oh, I'm going to cross this lake on the heads of lesser people. One step. Two steps. I only need two people to get in the shallow. So next, oh, this person's uh, sitting up. I'll step on their head. And okay, on this step, um, that person's head. Oh, and this person's sitting on the floor of the water. Okay, six, seven. Oh, now this person's on their knees, and their head's just below the water. Step on their head, and their head. Seven, eight. Okay, these people are just standing, submerged except for the tops of their heads for me to step on. Nine, ten. It gets deeper. Eleven, twelve. Taller people. Thirteen, fourteen. Fifteen, sixteen. And now there's someone holding someone, like a Regular high person, a little person. He's stepping on their heads. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Now it's two full-size people. 19, 20. 21, 22, 23. Depth of the lake, it's three people. And then he keeps crossing. Stepping on these people. And they're underwater. But he doesn't care. He just... It's headed to that other side of the lake where he thinks. I don't know what he thinks is there, but keep stepping. 30, 40, 50. 
He gets so excited, he's close. He's kind of prancing across the people's heads now. 60, 70, 80, 90. Skipping. Skipping on the tops of people's heads. How inconsiderate. And oh, he just did a little spin. Oh, he almost fell off. Was that like 120 heads now? Oh, handstand. He just did a handstand on people's heads. Submerged in the water. What a jerk. Oh, somersault. He landed it too. Guy's got a lot of, um, he's a, what is that word that would describe him? Dexterity would be one, but spry. He's spry. I didn't even need a dictionary. Oh, how did he just do that? He, um, tumbled like into a roll and then still stood up on two people's heads. That must have hurt the people that were drowning. Oh, and now he's doing knee pumps. Running man. I didn't even know they had that back then. Oh, he's good. Wind walk. Oh, father. Wind walking in people's heads that are drowning across the lake. What is that move? This must be some kind of NFL touchdown, but they don't even have... Oh, oh, he's across the lake. What a jerk. Oh, good night. Welcome to Sleep With Me. The podcast that puts you to sleep. We're here simply to help you fall asleep tonight. I'm Dear Scooter, and I'm going to tell you a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, pull up the covers, put your racing thoughts aside, listen to my voice, and I'll carry you off into dreamland. And if you've never been here before, I can hear you thinking, this guy's nuts. He's not going to help me fall asleep. Well... What have you got to lose? Why don't you give it a shot? The reason I think you can trust me is I have one gift, and it's called telling stories that get more, that start out interesting and get more and more boring as they go along. So I'm like the person you meet at a party, and you think, hey, this guy's pretty interesting. And then about 30 minutes later, you're walking backwards slowly. Okay, I'm going to grab a, uh, I'll be right back, I'm grabbing a drink or we might be at a bar and you, you're listening to me. And suddenly, oh wait, you know, my boss is calling me. I gotta, excuse me. You know, I, I've gotta use the, uh, I gotta powder my nose. Excuse me, I'll be right back. And then you never come back. I can't say I blame you. Or we might be on a date. About halfway through the date, you look down, you, oh, no, my mother. It looks like she suffered a heart attack. I, I, I really have to run. This has been great. Uh, I'll call you, okay? Bye. That's me. I tell stories that get more and more boring. And that's how I'm going to help you fall asleep tonight. So, like I said, try it out. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So, yeah, if you have any feedback, let us know. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com or at Dearest Scooter on Twitter. Dearest Scooter. You can find us on the web at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com or subscribe on iTunes. And, you know, let us know what you think. If you have a chance and you can review and rate us on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it. If you're curious how this, if you're curious, like some of the work that goes into this podcast, like uh, become a fan on Facebook of Sleep With Me Podcast. I'm going to post audio of a recent episode, unedited, and it's pretty horrible, but at least you can hear how how terrible this is before I edit it. So 
that's it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I hope I can help you fall asleep tonight. Tonight, we have another episode of After the Glass Slipper. If this is your first time listening and you want to catch up on previous episodes, it's at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com forward slash at, uh, for, forward slash glass slipper. That's only one. So like www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash glass slipper. So you can go there now and, and check out the other episodes or you can just hang in and catch up on your feet. I'm assuming you're reasonably intelligent. So just go ahead and make your own choice. And for those of you who have been listening, you'll remember last episode, we had this new captain of the guard, Cyril. He was kind of an ambitious guy. And the stepmother had run into him a couple times, Agatha, and he was going to put Roland, the original captain of the guard, to death. But the stepmother and the fairy godmother need Roland to get Cinderella pregnant, so she doesn't get pregnant by the prince, which seems to be uh, one of fairy godmother's assignments. So the stepmother tries to lead, it seemed like she was leading this captain of the guard, Cyril, on a wild goose chase. She brings him out to the woods, but she brings him to the spot where she actually first caught the fairy godmother, where she stole the fairy godmother's wand, this possibly magical spot in the woods. And he's all excited to catch, you know, this witch that he's on the lookout for. And then Agatha turns the fairy godmother, who is currently turned into a pig, into a giant pig monster. She's cackling and, and, and Cyril's cowering. But the pig, who's the fairy godmother, is kind of stuck. She's like, should I attack Cyril? Should I scare scare Cyril? Or should I, you know, take my wand back and 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 beat up beat up Agatha, the stepmother? So that's where we left off. So close your eyes, if you haven't already, and step into the magical world of after the glass slipper. So there it is, this giant pig monster's towering over Cyril. He's like Oh, man, witch, what are you about? What do you want from me, you awful witch? And she's like, ha, 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 who's ugly now, you little pipsqueaker, whatever she was saying. Meanwhile, the giant pig monster is really, as far as we know, the kindly old fairy godmother. And she's looking at Cyril, who's cowering, and who's and she's a clear, he's clearly going to be a troublemaker for her. And the fairy godmother, who's got her wand and has created a whole mess of trouble. She's like, who should I crush? You know, and she's kind of leaning towards getting her wand back because that's kind of like a part of her, like almost like a child. But she's like, well, maybe. So she's debating inside, and all of a sudden she's up against this lake, and they're both watching her and cackling and cowering and cowering and cackling. And all of a sudden, like, Cyril starts to weep. Oh, no, what now? Like, even whimpering worse than before. And, like I said, this podcast is not for kids. Whatever they language they use in the old days, this is what it translates to from the stepmother. She's like, holy fuck. And she's staring at the lake, and she just goes white. And she's not very, her complexion was already white, so it's like, She's like translucent with purple lines for the pig monster, who is the stepmother, fairy godmother, is like, what the heck? And she senses that they're looking at something behind her. So she goes to turn around. She turns around. She sees this giant muck monster, like made of muck and mud. 
dripping. It's got seaweed on it, some fish bouncing around on it. That's kind of coming out of the muck. And so she backs up and she steps on Cyril, splats him accidentally, but she steps on him as she's backing up and splats him like a, a grape. So he's dead. Just pops. And she's kind of frozen. And the swamp monster, the muck miser, and the Agatha, the stepmother's like, we pick me up, put me on your shoulders. Ah. So, you know, at this point, the fairy godmother's acting on instinct. If she was thinking she would just left the stepmother, but she scoops her up with her hoof, throws it on her shoulders. Stepmother grabs on, not painfully, but, you know, like a motorcycle onto her pig ears. She's like, run! So she turns around, or she, I guess she's already, no, yes, she turns around and starts running towards down the path. And the muck monster takes a swipe at them. Some muck, gross, nasty muck hits the backs of their necks. But they're booking down the trail and they're boom, 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 boom. This muck monster's booking right after them. And the whole forest bounce, bounce, boom, boom. A pig's a little bit faster than a muck monster, as you can imagine, even on two feet. So she's trekking, and she's just panicking. I mean, fairy godmother, I'm not positive. I don't know her whole story, but I can't imagine they've been trained. Maybe they have. I don't know. But she's she's uh, crapping her pants. or Well, she's a pig. She doesn't have pants. A pig monster. Not porky pig, but she doesn't have pants on. Anyway, let's not let's not develop that picture anymore she's running and the muck monster's running 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 next thing she knows she's running down into the down into the flats and she runs up right right the front of the castle and then the stepmother's like ah stop stop you know you can't run if they run into town they're gonna start smashing village the village so she's like oh you know and then boom muck monster's not a far behind. muck monster gets there both stand in front of the castle. It's like, castle shaking. People are screaming. Guards are coming to the, um, wherever those things are, where they shoot their arrows from, arrow slits and battlements, I think they call them. So they're getting, they're like, what the heck is going on? The red alerts are going. And it's like a standoff. And the muckmush is standing there. And it's slowly... Closing the gap between the pig, pig, pig man, pig monster, and her. And meanwhile, I mean, now, like, people are coming from the castle. I mean, every, all attention's on this. But no one, you know, these, these, the two beasts don't know it, or the, and the stepmother's like trying to think. She's up there. She's like, we're, and then boom, the muck monster's swinging. And for, for a little while, they're dodging, dodging, because the pig, Muck monster a little bit slow. Pig's a little bit faster. You know, they don't say as fast as a pig. They say as fast as a jackrabbit or something. But compared to muck, pig's kind of quick. And then, but the muck monster, I don't know, it's not an idiot. So after a couple swipes, it just takes like a muck ball. Boom, throws it at the pig's feet. And boom, the pig monster falls down at the stepmother. And now the muck monster's towering above it. It's about to lay waste or something. I don't know. It's a, 
just growling and, and they're cowering in terror. Not that differently than Cyril was moments ago. And then uh, stepmother, she gets much got an idea. She's like, get, stand up, stand up. So the fairy godmother climbs to her two hooved feet or cloven feet, whatever you prefer. If you're a devil worshiper, you probably prefer cloven. If you're non, <laughs> sorry, I'm not, I, I pull you out of story. So they stand up and mug monster and the fairy godmother or the stepmother the step so they stand up and the stepmother says uh, you're a pig wallow in this thing wallow and the fairy godmother slash pig monster is like what 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 do you mean wallow she said wallow cover yourself in muck and then she pulls its ears and makes it charge forward Oh, she charges forward, does like one of those wrestling moves that I like a splashdown or something when the fat person just drops on the skinny person. Like um, Tony Saragusa did it to Rich Gannon. Not that any of you are, care about some Raider game that happened 10 years ago or something. But yeah, he does a splashdown and Mock Monster starts. She's like, roll around, wallow, damn you, wallow. So the pig start, and then all of a sudden her pig instincts cut, start kicking in. She's wallowing around in this muck. And the muck monster, he's not, that's his like, I guess, for a muck monster, or this particular muck monster, he wasn't cut out for being wallowed in. So he kind of quickly dissipates and sun evaporates some of them, gets absorbed into some of the pig skin, dries out. He's done. He's toast, so... And the stepmother hops off and, you know, the fairy godmother is shaking some of the muck off. And then they start arguing. Hey, what the hell was that? What do you, what, what do you mean? Why would you make me wallow? This thing can be in my pores now. What was that? What you, you, you killed. You said you couldn't kill. You couldn't commit murder. It was an accident. I stepped out of my accident. That's like a pleasant they're going back and forth. What the heck? That's the, what, why was, where's a monster coming out of your magical land for? I didn't see it come out of land. It came out of the water. Why, why is a monster chasing us? I don't know. We haven't. I haven't done my plan. That could be one thing. What do you mean you haven't done your plan? They send monsters after you if you don't got... The fairy godmother is like... Uh, to translate, they're still fighting. But to kind of translate, they're fighting. The yeah, fairy godmother, if they're being reasonable, she'd be listen. My assignment was... To keep the princess from getting pregnant. They want that done stat, you know. They want a solution, the people that sent me on this. So they're sending this monster. It could be a message. It could have been going to do do the job for me. So we got, I got to get this done. We got to keep Cinderella from getting pregnant. It must be, that's that's could be why the monster was chasing us. And then the stepmother, again, they're fighting. So it's more slapsticky and hilarious, not like me. But this podcast isn't supposed to be a slapstick because that wouldn't work. Be like someone telling you a Calvin and Hobbes or a... anyway. I'm distracted. I'm distracting you. But so some mother's like, you you mean there's gonna be monsters chasing me? I I can't believe I got finally up on the battlements. The princess, silence, witch, silence, and the boom, boom, boom. And he's got his hands cupped, or maybe he has, I don't know if they had uh, any kind of thing to modulate your voice or 
But whatever, he's yelling down. He's like, what witch? What do you want from us? Or shall we do battle with you? And she's kind of wiping some of the muck off. And she's kind of, oh, wait, there's a whole army looking down at us. And he says, call off your pig beast. I'd like to propose propose a truce with you, witch, and call off your muck beasts. And so she, uh, she's like, huh, it's a lot of arrows and stuff. And probably won't do anything with pigs. So she does a little thing with her wand, changes the fairy godmother pig beast into the fairy godmother pig again, which, you know, she's snorting away, pissed that she's a pig again. And then the fair godmother's wiping, you know, trying to wipe some out. And Cinderella's at the prince's side suddenly. She said, Mother? Mother, is that you? And the prince's like, Mother? Mother? Is that that ugly witch is your mother? No, 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 she's my stepmother. Stepmother? Is that you? She's ghastly. I could not imagine giving birth to someone as spectacularly beautiful as you, my dear. Oh, thank you, Lord Prince. Anyway, stepmother, what are you doing? Stepmother's kind of takes her just a split second because she's so crabby. Oh, Cinderella. Oh. Oh. And she kind of acts like she's, oh, I'm faint of heart from that battle with that ghastly mud beast they sent to kill you. She said, what are you talking about, stepmother? Well, I, I've always kind of hidden this from you. But I'm also your fairy godmother. I've had to play both roles in order to protect you. You see, you're so special, and your beauty is so rare, and your heart so pure, that there is evil in the world that wants to take it from us. And it has been my sworn duty as since I married your father. I'm a special fairy to protect you from the evils of the world as both your fairy godmother and your stepmother, and I've had to play a hard role with a cold heart. And for that I am sorry, but it was only a role I played to keep you safe, and now they send beasts here to get you. And I must defend you, so I must be off to sleep in my forest bed, in the cold, alone. But in... I heart I know I'm keeping a spit. You will not have me because I was cruel, even though I was in defense of you, my love. So I'll be off with my pig, my only companion. And good day. What? The prince is like, halt, halt, witch. You say you protect my love? That is a duty that deserves a place of honor on my side. I have cannot cast you out into the woods and have you defend my kingdom. What sort of honor is in that? You could be my Merlin. You could serve at my side, keeping my bride so safe. We have a wizard's tower, but no wizard. And in fact, I've always wondered myself, why only wizards? Why are wizards sometimes good, sometimes bad, but witches? Why doesn't a witch serve alongside a prince and a king? Are we that ashamed of... Whence we come from the womb? I don't know. I'm being overly dramatic right now and speaking in a way. But come, won't you join us for dinner? And stay as our guest. I will grant you the wizard's tower from here to eternity for 
in return for this simple act of protection against that nasty muck-beast. And your pig, we will give it the finest place in our stable, the finest scraps of food, of garbage, of more garbage than you can imagine, our stinkiest garbage to wallow in, a wallowing muck-bog of honor. Well, I could, well, stepmother, well, I could, I could not accept. I cannot bring more risk upon my, 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 my charge, Cinderella. There is no risk. We have a whole army and a whole castle and many to warn us. I will send men out across the land, and if a monk monster approaches, we will be ready. And what is a better defense than a good offense we could strategize? and find this evil that searches for my bride and destroy it at its heart. But only if you live inside the castle at a place of honor. Now, just to take you as an aside, like, this exactly, this is the greatest, this is what Agatha, the stepmother, always dreamed of. I mean, she wanted to be the queen or the princess, and then worst case scenario, her daughter's, so she would be like the step-queen, I don't even know what you call it, the queen-in-law, the princess-in-law. So she's like, man, are you going to let me move into this castle? Holy moly. And so she's standing there. She has to make the decision. So this is my dream come true here. Okay. Um, and then she remembers, she looks down at her pig, snorting, 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 and she realizes, well, hmm. You know, I'd like to ditch this pig in the stables with a mug bog or just leave it out here. But the monsters will probably keep coming. So she said, Well, Prince, I hate I I hate to I hate to be the bear of bad news, but that mock monster, he he was a man who worked for you. An evil man, an ambitious man. Called himself Cyril. You recently made him captain of the guard, and he, he used his evil tricks to trick you and exploit a man sitting down in the jail named Roland, who holds a special place in my heart. For he is a good man, a pure of heart man. And my accent has changed, but I need that Roland free, and we have destroyed this evil Cyril. But his evil may lay deeper in your castle than you ever know. And Prince thinks and says, says, Gods, go down and free this Roland and bring him to the wizard's tower. And you, madame, what shall I call you? Which? She said, you shall call me Mistress Agatha. Mistress Agatha, will you not? Come to the wizard's tower, and you can meet with my staff, and if you uncover any more traces of evil, you can remove them from my castle. And man, so Agatha can't believe it. She's like, all right. And everyone's cheering, and it's like, and tonight we will dine in honor of Mistress Agatha. Three cheers, hey, hey. And meanwhile... Cinderella's kind of sitting out there. She's watching this whole thing. And part of her buys it, but part of her is like, 
Yeah, I got, that lady used to call, uh, you know, I originally had another name. I wasn't Cinderella. Even my husband calls me Cinderella now. And that was the name they made up for me. I don't, I don't remember my name. My dad gave it to me, but then he passed away and I had to live in the freaking fireplace. And now this lady wants me to forgive her for making me live in the fireplace. She called me Cinderella, Cinderella. God knows the awful things her daughter did to me. Like, she was the one who protected. Like, I just feel gross. I need a bath. Like, she's like having a kind of, uh, not a breakdown, but you know, when you just feel rotten, like you find out something's true. In this night, in this case, it isn't true, but someone lies to you and you think it's true, or you find out some truth that's very unpleasant. So she's like, oh, she just feels nasty and, and taken advantage of, and her whole world's kind of rocked. So, but her also, her gut, which tends to be smarter than our minds, is like, Cinderella, if something's off here, this lady's a nasty bitch, is, might be the term. Or worse, I mean, I don't even know what to, she's like a crafty. But anyway, so the prince is like, you know, they're having a banquet. Agatha seems to be getting what she wants. The fairy godmother, you know, she's a pig, so she's going to be thrown into the stables and have to live in the garbage for a while. But, I mean, technically, she might be getting what she wants and not the way she wanted it. So we're really, and then Roland's getting pulled out of jail, and he might even get what he wants if the plan goes through. The plan right now is that Roland's going to knock the boots with Cinderella. I don't know how they're going to pull that off and get her pregnant, either seducer or pretend he's a prince i don't know and cinderella's kind of got what she wants i mean now it's kind of tainted and who knows what this prince wants and who knows why we don't know why the fairy godmother is supposed to keep him from impregnating cinderella is it because of some game of thrones joffrey type offspring or is it they need to end his life i mean we don't know so there's a lot of unanswered questions and so this is a good place to stop obviously as i'm transitioning but yeah, I mean, it's not the Rolling Stones. You can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you just might find you just might find you get what you need. Or maybe it is for Cinderella and for the fairy godmother. For Agatha, she seems to be getting what she wants. Uh, and Roland might, he get, he doesn't need to sleep with Cinderella. He wants to, but he's not... So I don't know, maybe it's not the Rolling Stones song. Maybe it's like uh, another song that I don't know. But we're going to pick up where we left off, entering the castle, a banquet, beasts on the horizon, maybe. But, I mean, this could end well. I mean, who knows, folks? You know, don't, 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 don't let it keep you up. I mean, everything could be well and fine. Cinderella could go back to her bedchamber and she's feeling a little bit down. So, you know, I need a, I need a nap after all these muck monsters and, uh, the, uh, you know, this is just, you know, she goes back with her attendants and, oh, I mean, this is just so overwhelming. I mean, I, I thought that woman was evil. Now she's telling me she's good. And, you know, I just need to rest. And she might have some kind of dreams as she drifts off or maybe she's drifting off and, you know, it's kind of like a Lynch, David Lynchian, 
you know, stepmother's changing into a pig, and then she's riding a pig, and then she's eating a bowl of muck. And more non sequiturs. Then she's in the muck, and she's drowning in the muck, and she can't get out. And then she's under the muck watching Cyril dancing on the heads of drowning people, and then she's pulling herself out of the muck. And it's a fairy godmother who's pulling her out, and then her face changes to the evil stepmother. And then a strange man's making love to her. And then the prince is a pig. And then she's surrounded by pigs. Her whole room's filled with pigs. And they're all sniffing and sniffing and eating garbage. And then she realizes her hands have turned into apples. And the pigs are eating her hands. And then her toes have turned into scraps. And they're nibbling away at her toes and her feet. And then she goes to scream, but she has a snout. And she's snorting like a pig. And then she runs. And she runs back to her childhood home. And there's her two evil steps. This is cackling and cackling at her. And then she's roasting. She's a pig. And they're roasting her in the fireplace where she used to sleep. They're cackling, Cinderella, dressed like a fella, scooping, booping, pop, pop, pal. Now you're a pig, I know spit, looks like you, don't know shit now, Cinderella, blah, blah, blella. My God, you swine, you really smell the poop, pop, pa, go, go, ca, way, wah, 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 wah. And then they're sitting down at the table, and they're stomping their forks. So they'll be, Cinderella, Ophella. And then the prince is carving her. You know, and they're feasting on her. Wow. And then their belly's full. Because she, the whole time she's been feasting on the swine. Her belly's full of warm sustenance. And she's in a bed again. Belly full. Belly, almost like a belly full of warm ramen soup. So it carries you off like a drug. Good night. Hey, welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to help you fall asleep. What we do here is I tell you a bedtime story, and you just crawl in bed, turn out the lights, and listen to it. That way you don't have your mind racing or stuff about work, or bills, or whatever keeping you awake. The secret of the podcast is that I have a little bit of, uh, I'm good. I'm not good at much, but what I am good at is telling stories that start out seeming interesting, and slowly get more and more boring. That way my story will distract you from whatever's keeping you awake, but it's not going to keep you up. You're not, <laughs> you, 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 you might listen to the end, but you might not. So, and that's the sole, the sole purpose of this podcast is to help you fall asleep with a bedtime story. That's it. So if this is your first time listening and you're driving a tractor trailer through an elementary school district, you know, maybe you should listen later. Or if you're in um, Virginia or whatever and you're working on chemicals that could pollute the water for coal cleaning, you know, wait till you get home and get in bed, okay? You can, if you have, if you are listening or this is your first time listening and you want to shoot me some comments, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com 
or on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. Dearest Scooter. And I'm open. I'd love to hear from anybody. I appreciate all those of you that are currently listening. If you do have a chance to review and rate us on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it. It'll raise our profile and help us find more people that can't sleep. If you want to pay it forward, you can let a friend or family member know about us. Or just if you're on if you are on Twitter, there's tons of people, 24 hours a day around the world that say, if you just search for can't sleep or insomnia and say, hey, I checked this podcast out, and it worked for me. Or this guy's a total nut job, and his podcast is unintentionally hilarious because he's embarrassing himself. Whatever, whatever you want to do. Uh, but I've, those of you that have done that, I appreciate it. And I hope I'm here. I'm hope I'm. Between my stuttering and my uh, low self-esteem, I hope I'm helping because I've been there. That's uh, part of the reason I developed this skill was because me and my brother couldn't sleep at night. Or maybe my brother could and I would just bore him to sleep and stab telling stories uh, when I was younger. So I've been there. I know what it's like to be tossing and turning all night and clock watching and all that stuff. So, so that's it. This podcast helped you fall asleep. All older episodes are on iTunes or on the web at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. And that's it. Let's get to the storytelling. Tonight we have another episode of After the Glass Slipper. And that's the story of after Cinderella became a princess and met the prince with the whole glass slipper thing. What happened to her? What happened to the prince? And more importantly, what happened to the, her stepmother? And the fairy godmother, and we're following what what what's going on in their lives. If you're first time listening again, or you, you want to check out older episodes of After the Glass Slipper, just go to www.sleepwithmepodcast.com/slash/glass/slipper. And when we last let off last week, last Sunday, things were going really well for everybody. The stepmother and the fairy godmother fought off a a beast, a muck monster in front of the castle, and the prince offered to hire Mistress Agatha and her pig, who was the fairy godmother. He invited him to become like kind of their Merl- his Merlin, or, you know, in a, a non-gender biased way. And he offered them to move into the wizard tower. Cinderella was a little bit on the fence about the return of her stepmother, who also claimed to be her fairy godmother and that her sole duty was to protect Cinderella. A little bit of a lie, but whatever, they're, they're going to move into the wizard tower and let's see what happens. So they, that after, this is not too, not too long after the uh, incident with the pig, pig monster fighting the muck monster. Actually, that, that very afternoon, they, Prince, you know, showed Mistress Agatha. He let the the wizard's tower and let her move in. And he said he would go collect her things from her house. They let Roland out of jail, and he moved into the wizard's tower, kind of as uh, at Mistress Agatha's request. And he brought that that afternoon the fairy godmother, who's still a pig, down to the finest pigsty you could imagine that he had his workers make, you know, near, kind of near the horse stables, you know, in the back back of the castle. So, you know, the stepmother's getting settled. Her and Roland are kind of going over crib notes about seduction and 
how he's going to impress Cinderella. And the fairy godmother's kind of down in the, the pig stall, and she knows that she's trying to figure out what she's going to do. She's going to be, she knows that Agatha, the stepmother, while she possesses the wand, she doesn't, she's pretty sure she doesn't know that at midnight she's going to turn back, like that the fairy godmother's going to turn from a pig back into a fairy godmother. So she's trying to figure out what to do. And she's also a pig, so she's not too happy, you know, snorting around in the mud. And, you know, if you're a human and you're in a pigsty in the late afternoon, it's not a pleasant place to be. You know, that mud, it was warm by the sun all day, but it's getting chilly. So she's moving around and, and she's also hungry and, you know, her pig sticks are kicking in. She's eating garbage, spitting it back up, whatever. And then all of a sudden the prince is out uh, by himself. And the one thing about the prince is he's one of those people that likes to walk and think at the same time. He's a big walker. He's a big guy talking to inanimate in 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 <laughs> objects and stuff. So he he's like walks down to the pigsty and he's just looking at the pig, enjoying the late afternoon setting of the sun. He starts talking. He's like, man, you really are a lovely pig. And the fairy godmother gets closer to him. So oh, I, when, when I was a boy, I had a pig like you. When I was a boy, we had a pig just like you. I can't remember what we called him. He was, he was a lovely pig. I, and I always figure, our pigs, you know, I always, I always wondered, I never asked mother if pigs were always women or men. You know, <laughs> I already know the answer to that. In human terms, we're, you know, we're the pigs, but I don't know if you're a girl or boy pig, to be honest, but you're lovely. He pats the pig, stepmother, fairy godmother on the head. She's kind of, you know, sitting on the fence like, wow, this guy, she's thinking like, huh, this prince, she was kind of, she's been expecting him to be evil because her, one of her missions is just to keep him from getting Cinderella pregnant. So, oh yeah, he goes, ah, my parents, you know, they, I spent so much time with this pig before father became king, you know, because he was just like this, uh, you know, he was this low lord and, you know, there's that great war and all that fratricide and upper class aside and everything. And he's like, father was the only Lord left and now he's king. So, you know, I lived out in the country and, you know, the pig was my only friend. You know, I, I, I still to this day don't have many friends. So maybe you and I pig could become friends. And the fairy guy kind of like that. And she's sniffing his, his hand and he gives her, pulls an apple out and gives it to her clean, fresh apple. You know, he kind of bears his heart about some other stuff and his love for Cinderella. The fairy godmother really finds her heart, her pig heart, at this moment softening. And then he's like, oh, you know, the dinner bells ring or whatever. Uh, and uh, he's like, yeah, I got to get out of here. And she starts snorting and snorting. And he's like, oh, what's wrong, piggy? You know, what's wrong? And she's putting her snout towards the uh, the wizard's tower. And uh, he's like, uh-huh. He's like, what do, do you want to go? Oh, what was I thinking? Why would I banish you to this sty out here when you you probably want to be with your lovely mistress, Agatha? So he calls over one of the stable boys and he says, you know, he goes, go ahead. And he goes, let this pig into the wizard's tower. Just let it in the, you know, the bottom entrance. And, you know, it misses its master. And you don't need to wake, bother Miss Ma 
Mistress Agatha. You know, just let let the pig in there. So, the stable boy lets step Fairy Gab, I always say, Fairy Godmother pig into the wizard's tower and she runs off and she just hides somewhere, you know, and she's like, I'm going to wait till midnight, man, see what's going on here. And, you know, they have this big banquet and Agatha and Roland go and they drink too much wine and they come back and Agatha, you know, sends Roland to his guest room and she goes into her, you know, wizard's bedroom, which is probably pretty nice wizard's bedroom and, and she dozes off falls asleep and midnight comes and all of a sudden penelope fairy godmother changes from a pig into a woman and we'll just put the technical details aside whether she's buck naked and covered in mud or not because she takes care of those things you know she goes back up starts w- walking around the wizard's tower a little bit exploring <laughs> And she gets into uh, Agatha's bedroom, the wizard's room, witch's room at this point, or, yeah, witch's room, Mistress Agatha's bedroom. And Agatha's out cold. She's she's a little bit loaded on red wine, so she's sleeping pretty soundly. And so she searches her room for the wand, and then she searches Agatha. Boom, she finds the wand in uh, Agatha's sleeve inside, uh, like, in... She had cut some of the, what do you call those things, strings or stitches of her dress. And it was in one of the sleeves in between two layers of fabric. So she steals the wand. She goes back down. And she kind of hides in one of the sub rooms of the tower, gets some Z's. And in the morning, she bolts. Meanwhile, Agatha and Roller are sleeping off. And all of a sudden, like, the hair, like trumpets and booming drums and you know they don't have windows there so sound kind of travels and they agatha kind of sits up and she was mistress agatha and then they just keep doing that some court jester type just keeps yelling the prince requests presents for the king and the queen for Mistress Agatha. Ba, 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 ba. Meanwhile, townspeople have got to be. Anybody that's trying to sleep or get anything done? I don't know. It's like one of those alarms when you're like, who knows? Agatha's like, well, how long has this crap been going on? And Roland kind of wanders in. And, and he's like, well, man. And so she goes down. She's like, gets dressed cleans herself up, leans it. You know, I'll be with you in a little while. And they just keep calling for her. She goes down. She's like, Roland, I, I, I guess who this, this is about. I guess the king and the queen want to see me. Probably want to, you know, kiss my ring, show me some respect. So you just hang out here. Or uh, let, let me let me just go down and see what's going on. So she gets down and she opens the door of the wizard's tower. And there's like, you know, a bunch of, Fancy pants, servants of the king and the queen and the prince. And they're like bowing to her and they have, you know, some sort of thing to carry her on. And they're all a little bit nervous because she's a wizard witch. And they say, yeah, the king and the queen and the prince request your presence 
for a demonstration of your powers. Ah, ha, ha, okay. And they serve her breakfast while she's in that thing they carry. And they start carrying her. She's like, yeah, I can get used to this, man. You know, she's got like a little bit of, you know, breakfast wine and tea and cheeses and meats. And they pass by the stables and she's just laughing, thinking about the fairy godmother rooting around for garbage. And she's me while she's eating bacon. She's even laughing like the sick possibility she could be eating her own pig who is actually human. She, I mean, she's assuming that, you know, bacon's got to be cured and all that, so it's unlikely. So meanwhile, she's like, where are we headed anyway? And they're like, oh, you know, the tournament field, mom, the tournament stadium. So, huh, huh, for what, what oh, demonstration of your powers. So they lead her out to like the jousting, you know, battle stadium where they, you know, have jousts and gladiator type battles. I mean, they're not brutal like the Romans, you know, probably people didn't die, but you know, they have jousts and crap like that. So they get her out there, they drop her in the middle of the field and, you know, they got the big tent for the king and the queen and the next tents for the prince, the next tents for his cousin and then, you know, rich people all the way around, you know, all the classes are kind of arranged to watch this and she gets in the center of the field and King stands and clap. They all clap for her and they're like, Mistress Agatha, you know, we're, we'll be proud to welcome you to service. But as the king, I'd like to see some demonstrations of your power. So we've arranged to have a small test of your powers. And she kind of laughs. Ha ha ha. All right, all right. And, uh, he says, so, we will test your powers now, you know, with a few few things we've arranged quickly. Something like that, you know. So she goes in and she laughs and then she sees off to the side. They're like beating these bulls and getting them angry, some of the, some of the servants. And he goes, first, a battle of the bulls. And these bulls are like really angry. There's like pride. 12 of them, when they see her, she's got this crimson dress on, you know, and they're really banging, 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 and then she, uh, goes to, she just laughs, ha, 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 you're bulls, and she says something, she tries to say something witty, I mean, she's wittier than me, so that's why it's taking me a second, she's you know, are you prepared to lose your bulls, or something, I don't know. And then she reaches into her sleeve to get out her, the wand. It's not there. So then she checks her other sleeve. Frickin' hey. She tries, you know, play back the night before, and she doesn't remember taking the wand out. And uh, King says, what, what is the matter, Mistress Agatha? What, what seems to be the problem? And go away. And she's like, huh, I gotta buy some. She says, well, why, where's my royal pig? She's like, how can I expect to be battling these Creatures without my assistant. The pig is my assistant. I would assume the pig would be here. And uh, meanwhile, she calls over. She goes, go, go get my soldier, too, and, and tell him I need him. And Roland wasn't too far off. He had followed. And uh, she goes, go get a horse and go go search my room for the stick like this long, you know. And bring it back to me, dolt. And uh, he rides off to the wizard's tower and the... 
they, they send servants off to pig. And there's a little interlude, so they play some music. The jester juggles and, you know, pretends there's like another jester as a pig beating him up, you know, for, you know, whatever. They're selling crap, you know, the medieval glow stick equivalents. Meanwhile, Roland comes back with a real fast horse. He says, oh, I couldn't find couldn't find that stick, ma'am. She said, you looked at yeah. Then the servants come back, and they're like, uh, "The pig was pig's missing uh, from from the sty." And then the, the prince he doesn't say anything. He goes, "Oh, oh, ma'am, I forgot. I, I I brought your pig to the wizard's tower." She goes, "You brought my pig to what?" Yes, yeah, I brought your pig to the wizard's tower last night. She goes, "There's no pig in the wizard's tower. There's a pig belongs to this." So arguing, even the king hits his son. Anyway, no pig, no wand. And the king's like, the king starts losing his, oh, you know what, witch, you, you'll need to do battle occasionally without this. If you're going to serve us, my son, like Merlin, Merlin didn't need a pig. So you need to release the bulls. And Agatha's just like, oh, crap, all these bulls are charging at her. Meanwhile, she's like, Roland, you're my, you'll be my pig. And he's like, oh, he charges onto the field. She's like, come get me, come get me. Grabs her onto his horse. And she's like, run, run, run. And the horse is running. Bulls are running after the horse. And it's kind of, people are laughing. Like, if is this comedy? Like, is, was this a comedy show? We didn't, you know, Agatha's barely holding on. She's side saddle or bareback side saddle. And uh, they're racing around. She's trying to think. She's trying to think. She goes, okay. You know, the furthest part of the field away from the king is where, like, the most impoverished people are. So she's like, uh, she tears off the sleeves of her dress, ties it to the horse's tail, and then she jumps off the horse right by the poor people into the mud. So she's covered in mud. And she's like, keep distracting the bulls for now. And then she comes out of the mud. She's not totally covered in mud, but she looks very menacing. And she menaces the poor, poor folks. Bah! You know I'm a witch. And they're all like, oh. Uh, you know, a couple of them recognize her, you know, from the inn where she used to eat dinner and stuff. Oh, you know, or the street, you know, seeing her on the street. I mean, you're, you're that you're that horse-faced woman. I always knew there was something strange about you. It's not surprising you're a witch. Well, uh, She's, she's, you know, looking him over. She says, yeah, I'll give the lot of you two choices. She goes, tonight, your entire neighborhood could feast on bull meat. Or the entire lot of you could spend the rest of your lives as cows. I'll prepare you for slaughter for the king's breakfast. Something. And she goes, oh, your bellies could be full of bull meat tonight if you listen and follow my commands as a witch. I'll turn you into cows for just a few minutes. And then I'll lead, you'll, you'll lead the bulls into your neighborhood and you can do what you wish with them. So they're all like, well, bull meat, hell yeah. Okay, close your eyes. Now, there's a secret to this illusion. I, I've got to be fast because he's 
Those bulls are starting to get closer and closer, but basically you're gonna t I'm going to turn you folks into cows. Now, when you look at each other, you're not going to, or yourselves, you're not going to, it's an illusion for them. It only works at a distance. So up close, you're not going to see cows, but you really will be cows. And you need to act like cows. So everyone start mooing, mooing, mooing. They all start, mooing. they're not so sure, but darn it, darn it. If you, I'll turn you all into real cows, I tell you. And then there'll be no bull meat for any of you. Look at all those bulls. You could eat them. Bulls, balls, bulls, ball, you know. So it's act like cows. She goes, you, you too, you husky boys, pull this piece of wood out of the way. Ooh, and at this point, Roland's horse is tired, and the bulls have seen Agatha and Jester, and so they're pounding towards them. She goes, now that's, she goes, start walking to town, damn you. So and these, poor, and these poor folks, they start getting into a moo. And then the bulls are charging and charging. She goes, now run, bull, run, cows, run. But right as the bulls get there, they start picking up pace and the bulls are chasing them. They gore, you know, they gore some of the people. And then the people start running. Bulls chase them back into the poor part of town. Yes, And like I said, some people get trampled. Most people don't. And bulls are gone. A lot of the poor folk are gone to town. Meanwhile, they're probably feasting, you know, slaughtering bulls. And Agatha wipes her hands. Bull challenge over. Meanwhile, from the king, you know, the other perspective, she thinks that they turn. She, you know, they were so far away. It's like they, she turned them into zombies, and like sent them off to some kind of sla their slaughter. He fi they figure that the, they were all killed by the bulls, or I don't even know. You know, it's just like one of those things that when you it it, it builds ru the rumors better than what happens. So they're like, yeah, zombies or. You know, she, whatever, because they can't tell they were mowing. She thinks that they were, like, she possessed the whole crowd of them and sent them to their death. So that's pretty good. But, you know, the king he calls her back. Roland brings her back. He goes, oh, now I want you to fight 20 of my best soldiers. So he sends out the soldiers, and she says, yeah, ditch the horse, Roland, come with me. Well, he again leads them off just out of hearing distance from the king and them. And, uh. The soldiers charge at her like they're stop, stop. She goes, I want you to face me. Look me in the eye before we fight, before you lose your lives to me or your pride. Now line up before you charge me. Show me you can fight with honor. So all the soldiers stand at attention. So all the soldiers stand at attention. And she goes... Now, I'm an insidious witch when you're my enemy and you stand in the field against me. So recognize this will be the last time you ever face me in battle, whether you live or die, but learn to respect me. Learn, because we, if we charge into battle together, you will not question me. You will not turn against me for pain of this. She reached over and she said, Rowan, Rowan. Beat the shit out of yourself. Uh, run off. He's, he's confused, but he... he goes, ah! And he starts fighting himself. Maybe she puts some ants down his back. I don't know, you know. But he's fighting himself and beating the crap out of himself. And, uh, she, yeah, I just... Stricken him with madness. And he's fighting. And everyone, he's just kind of watching. Again, it's kind of funny and strange. 
She goes, but for you, 20. I'm going to select four or five of you. I'm going to turn you to the darkest depths of your soul and the most evil place in your heart. And I will make a monster out of you. And you will slit the throat of every man that comes within four feet of me. You'll destroy me. Then you'll go back and you'll sleep with these dead men's wives. Make sweet love to them. And then their mistress. Mistress says you'll make sweet love to them. And the babies you'll cast out of the kingdom. But I'm not going to tell you which ones I'm going to select. So I want you to pull apart. Close your eyes and spin in a circle. And then prepare to be destroyed by the ones I've chosen who will be making sweet love to the mistresses and wives and the daughters of all of you. So close your eyes and just picture that. Oh, the sounds your wives and your mistresses are making as your friend, formerly your best friend. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. If there was only something you could do. But none of you are strong enough to beat all... So she sets it in mind. These guys start looking at it, and they just start beating the crap out of each other. You know, simple scam. They start pounding, then they get madder and madder, because some of them actually done that. I mean, men are pigs, so then, like, the guys, they're pounding. You did slam up. They're beating each other. And they're finally, enough, enough. The soldiers are bloody. No one's dead. A couple got some broken bones. So they clear off the battle. It's a lot of you. He goes, bring the beast from the dungeon. Roland, Roland's back at her side, a little bit beat up himself. And uh, he goes, which we captured this beast in the field of battle many years ago. A battle against a warlock, Damien or some such. So they bring out this beast that's about 14 feet tall. Kind of looks like the modern-day werewolf, like half-dog, and uh, not half-man because it's so big, but some kind of orc-type creature. And Agatha, even Agatha's like, fudge, what are we going to do? And this thing's snarling, its fangs are dripping, and it's, they got chains on it. It eats a couple guys, just like in a movie, so you'd expect, you know, whips its chain, bites one guy's head off. Wraps the chain around another guy, pops him in half, and it's like. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's always soldiers with those pikes, like the long spears, keeping it in. I mean, in case it was come after the king or something, even reaches in the audience, you know, bites, bites somebody in half, swallows them, burps, you know, for a little comic relief. But we don't do that here. We don't go for those kind of trope cliche type things. So it's snarling at uh, Agatha and Roland. Roland's shaking. Roland starts, he goes down his knees, starts praying. And uh, she goes, get up, you freaking dog. <laughs> and then and she's like, huh, huh. And uh, she uh, rips off a piece. He's, he's wearing leather mail. She rips off his shoulder pad that's kind of dangling and rolls it up and smacks Roland in the back of the head. Get out on four knees, dog. She's, Roland's crying. Every time he cries, she smacks him on the back of the head. 
the creature's kind of walking. Roland's making, quiet dog. And then she's going to go towards the monster. Crawl towards him. The monster's kind of like snarling still, but it's curious. Like, then she smacks it, rolling at you. Give me your paw. She shakes hands like he's a dog. The creature's like, and then she's going, she goes, well, next time I hit you, I want you to play dead. And you better play dead or you're going to be dead. She'll play dead. And she smacks him again. He plays dead. She just backs away. The werewolf creature kind of sniffs rolling, rolls him over. Like, kind of like, and he sniffs him again. And licks his face. And, uh, and she looks at it and then she gets angry. Like the queen just killed her or the Agatha just killed his bait. Ferocious, roaring. And then she goes, he, she goes, easy boy, easy. And then she, and she's like, hmm, man, this thing, man, this isn't such a good idea. This thing might just freaking eat me. She backs up a little more. She calls out the corner of her eyes. She's going to send me a, a servant, a servant. Paige, you know, come here. Some kid runs out of the field. Crap in his pants. And she goes, Go and ask for the honor of some of the queen's perfume. It's a lovely perfume we have, queen. We, might we have a sample? Go get it. Fetch, fetch. Meanwhile, king, she's easy beast, easy. It's snarling at her. It's getting closer. She smacks a thing with the leather thing out and snout backs up. It's still snarling. And Agatha digs deep. She just pushes all the fear she has out and brings up this pop, this powerful dominance she has. Because it's her, going to be her or the beast. And she said, oh, damn, bruh. And the beast is still snarling. She said, I told you to stand down. She smacks it again, snarls at her again, snaps at her, and she hits it again. And then she switches. She goes, easy, easy, girl. Easy boy, take it easy. Mama's here. Mama's here. And the, the beast is kind of confused. And then she, she doesn't do anything for saying that. She just, when it's like kind of confused, she smacks it again. Uh, and again, this isn't, this is back in the old days. This doesn't fly nowadays, folks. You can't do this to your animals. Um, and the beast, and then she goes nice again. And then meanwhile, Paige comes back with the perfume. That's got one of those, you know, Things you squeeze, and the creature, the creature's getting. She doesn't uh, snarls at her again. She sprays some perfume right, sprays perfume right in its face, and it stings its eyes, and it scares, and it runs off, and squeaks, and then she goes, "Get back here, get back here!" And it looks back behind her, it's cowering now. Then she comes back, good girl, bam, smacks it again. She goes, "Sit," and she basically. You know, a couple more times she pets it, doesn't do anything. And then the slightest, like, thing to confuse the animal, like maybe it, like, moves its paw, boom, she hits it. Or sprays it in the face with more perfume. And Beast is broken. And she pulls out her hand, sniff, and then she goes, lie down next to him. And she looks at it and she smacks it again. And he looks rolling, plays dead, kind of. She goes, bring these two back to my thing. That's it. Demonstration's finished. 
My honor to serve you, king and queen. But I must rest now, and my pig needs to be found. Find my pig, all the last year. She's screaming at everybody. And then she goes up to the, the king and the queen's pavilion. She goes, and be warned, that man Cyril that was working for you. He was in cahoots with someone, a doppelganger. Someone who can take any form. Evil. Evil. Weak-minded witch. Who most loves the form of a puffy-faced woman. Bulbous nose. Gray hair. A face you, you fools might call sweet, but only waits to destroy you. So if you see that, now I might, I might be in that form, and if I am, you could ask me for the magic word, the secret word, to know it is me. And it will be, uh, sassafras. But if you see the, see the kindly faced puffy woman like that again, she does not know the magic word. Have kill her on sight, or bring her to me. She goes, that is all. That's all for the day. And then they blow the truck. The king and the queen, everyone's cheering for, for Agatha. She heads back to the castle, wiped out, pissed. You know, she's got some crap. I mean, she's got to get crafty now. Like, her wand's gone. Fairy godmother's gone. Fairy godmother could try to get vengeance on her. Or, you know, she's without her power. And... But she's got this werewolf now, so they send the werewolf and roll him back. Well, it's not a werewolf because it's just a wolf monster, but close enough. So, yeah, that's where we're going to end tonight. And, you know, I can kind of imagine the wolf monster heading back and dreaming about, a, I don't know, what a wolf creature dog monsters dream of. Yeah, maybe bones, lots of bones with meat on them. Uh, pig skin, like being wrapped in pig skin and eating its way out. That's, you should probably need a pretty big bed for this thing because it's like I said, like 15 feet tall. I don't even know where it's going to sleep or if it accidentally eats some people, but it might dream of, you know, female uh, dog, beast, wolf, women. Probably, and I mean, because even though it's a monster, I mean, if it was created with a purpose, but if it's just some random monster from the woods, the, you know, deep, dark woods or somewhere, like a natural, evolved creature of that time, period, and place, like uh, indigenous species, is that, is that right? Not an invasive species? Yeah, if it's just like a, you know, it's been taken out of its environment, but probably back when it was, it was like, it probably was pretty high on the food chain. Wanted to spread its seed around, but again, you don't want to overly spread it, like, because you don't want to overpopulate. It's probably lived in harmony with nature. Maybe it only, it was mammalian, so to, it had like a long just, is it gestation period? I don't even, I don't know these terms, but, so maybe it's dreaming of pregnant, one or two pregnant wolf women or more. Maybe he was like the dominant male, or maybe he wasn't the dominant male, and that's why he got caught. Obviously, he's not the dominant creature anymore because he's been domesticated. 
or or just for Agatha. But yeah, it's interesting to think about, like, do animals even dream? I mean, because if you're, you dream of food, you dream of sex, you probably dream of fight and flight. I mean, maybe they are like, they have you know, like you have that dream that you're falling and you wake up. I mean, animals, I mean, like dogs, they seem like they can fall asleep and wake up in seconds. Or, you know, I'd love, you know, to, can you sleep with your eyes open? I can't. So, those are a lot of things to wonder about as you start to drift off. But, well, imagine, yeah, if you're, if you're still drifting off, like, what if there was a, what if we gave this giant dog wolf beast a bath? Blue dry it, you know, with some, washed it with some conditioner. And then some of the servants fluffed up its hair. And, you know, it was a cold night. You could just lie. And it, it was like your w- warm be like kind of like a electric blanket but alive and it would come with its own soundscapes you know like people have you know like you know something like that nice maybe it doesn't have a deviated septum so it doesn't snore just this warm puffy Smells kind of something like cinnamon and pumpkin pie spice in heaven. Just slowly being breathed in and breathed out in a cloud of formerly wild animal. Now, just a bed for you. Just keep you warm. Let's... You know, it's cold nose, touches the back of your neck, but you're not asleep yet, so it kind of feels good. Then it warms up to the back of your neck. And you can tell, you can feel that it thinks you're, it's there to protect you, so you're safe. I mean, how could you possibly be safer than being sleeping on a giant beast that will protect you tonight and tomorrow against anything? Even if it's that guy at work that keeps threatening to ask you out or else, or it's that something you're afraid of that you can't quite put your finger on it, that anxiety that's just just below the surface. Just this creature's there for you. Might, Might be waiting at home, but maybe you could mentally unleash it tomorrow or or just have an extra confidence that's there like every night you sleep in the bed of a beast your bed is a beast that gives you an advantage over these schmoes out there these oh I fall asleep every night no problem well yeah I used to have trouble sleeping until I got this wolverine wolf beast now I get to sleep just fine buddy so you're gonna pass me up for another promotion Good luck, because I'm rested. I've been on the belly of the beast, literally, like in my electric blanket, puffed, you know, puffed fur from a blow-dry, 
baby powdered. Even some bows we put in there. Yeah, I tried to uh, braid it, but it didn't work out. But yeah, so that's some bad beast I got. So yeah, just keep messing with me, huh? Yeah, I'm going to go home. I'll sleep just fine. Yeah, you used to not be able to sleep, but not anymore. You know what? If you knew where I was sleeping, what I was thinking, you'd never sleep again. But since you're listening to this podcast, you can't sleep. I kind of identified as male, but could be a female. And you're safe. Very, very safe. Good night. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We're here to help you fall asleep. After you're ready for bed, and you turn out the lights, you get tucked in, all that stuff, you just press play on this podcast. I'm going to tell you a bedtime story. And it's going to create a place safe from all your racing thoughts and worries. A place that gets a little bit more and more boring as the story goes on. And that way, you can just listen to me, listen to what's happening. Next thing you know, you're going to be drifting off into dreamland. Find older episodes if you subscribe in iTunes or on our website at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. If you have a comment, a question, or just want to say anything at all to me, it's feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com, or you can get me on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. Dearest, I don't know how clear that is, Dearest Scooter, but yeah, that's my Twitter handle. <laughs> if, you like, if, you, if you like the show and you find it works for you, helping you fall asleep, or Please let someone know, a family member, a friend, an enemy, a frenemy, or just someone on Twitter, you know, you know, there's lots of people on Twitter that can't sleep. If you have time to review and rate us on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it because it'll raise our profile and help us reach out to more people that can't sleep. I'd also like to give a shout out. Do people give still give shout outs? I'd like to give a, a round of applause and thanks to Michaela and Randy, two of our new friends. That's Randy with an I and Michaela with an A-E-L-A. They're two of our newest fans on Facebook. And if you go ahead and like us or fan us, whatever they call it on Facebook, that's where I'm going to be posting bloopers from, from the show or mistakes or really bad stuff that I messed up. So that'll be on Facebook. So if you want to hear me, um, hey, even worse than I normally am. So go go ahead and like us on Facebook or fan be a fan at uh, Sleep With Me Podcast on Facebook somewhere. And I just want to thank you guys for listening. That's about it. Uh, so on with the show tonight. Tonight we have another episode of After the Glass Slipper. And that's our story of what happened after since the... What happened after Cinderella became princess? We're mostly following the stepmother and the fairy godmother and the antics they've kind of been getting into and trying to get a piece of that castle for them that Cinderella now has as princess. When we last left off, believe it or not, they'd got into, accepted into the fold of the castle. I don't know if you'd say that, but the stepmother 
Mistress Agatha now, as she's called, has become like the, a good witch, uh, not a good witch, but, you know, uh, the witch to the king or witch to the prince. And she's proven herself on the field of practice battle, defeating some uh, tests the king set up for her. So things are looking pretty good. Things are looking pretty good for her. And the fairy godmother managed to somehow get her wand back, but we haven't heard from her. So that's where we left off. And tonight, is right, we pick up right where... <laughs> that's where we left off, and tonight we pick up right where we left off with the uh, fairy godmother, the stepmother, Mistress Agatha, after her victory on the fields of battle, practice battle, and Roland are returning to the wizard's tower. And, you know, they go in, they're going to... She's still kind of bent out of shape about her missing wand and the missing pig, but they got an all points bulleting it out, searching for that, searching for the pig. You know, they're going to, you know, toast each other in victory. As soon as they pop open the door, who's standing there in the shadows but the fairy godmother? She just reaches out her wand and does a little plank, plank on their foreheads. Mistress Agatha, the stepmother, and Roland, the uh, former captain of the guard, and now Agatha's kind of sidekick. They turn into maggots. The fairy godmother drops them right in a bucket of slop that had been left by the prince for the for her when she was a pig to, to snack on. So they're crawling around and all sorts of junk and garbage. And since maggots can't talk, we don't know what they're saying, but they're probably thinking some nasty stuff about the fairy godmother. And don't ask me how it works if you had a huge you know, mammalian brain, and then you're shrunk down to a maggot, but you retain your consciousness and all that somehow. That's why they call it magic. And then the fairy godmother plinks herself and turns herself into a version of Agatha, or, well, turns herself into a doppelganger of Agatha, and she sets off to the main castle where the princess and the prince stay. She asks to see the princess, Cinderella. And they set her up, they send her a in the waiting room and, you know, after the, the all the to-dos of the past day, Cinderella calls her into a, a sitting chamber and she's in there. She's kind of looking cold and suspicious and she looks the fairy godmother, who is actually the stepmother Agatha up and down. And she sits down, they sit down, she gives her a seat and she sends her staff out. But she don't, they don't say anything and the fairy godmother is kind of, Saying, you know, hey, Cinderella. She goes to give her a hug, and she's ice cold to her. And she says, oh, oh, my darling, how have you been? It's been so long. Did you, did you just see me in battle? You know, did you, did you see everything I did? Oh, and when I battled that muck monster. Oh, Cinderella, I've, I did it all for you. I know I'm so sorry that I traumatized you with pretending to be your stepmother. And Cinderella says, uh, I'm not speaking to you. I have nothing to say to you. Oh, Cinderella, I, I understand, I understand. Like, you know, I had to protect you. You see, I was sworn by your father. Your father, bless his heart, and a king before that to protect you and keep you safe. Here, let me let me go into my form that you might, you know, might make you feel more com comfortable. And she plinks herself in the wine. She changes it into the fairy godmother. Cinderella just crosses her arms and shakes her head silently. And she goes, oh, I, I know you must be so angry about my those daughters I had and how horribly they treated you as a child. But you should know that they weren't actually my daughters. They were actresses from a traveling 
a traveling cir circus. They're traveling performers I hired. And yes, I, I hired them as children, and I kind of raised them like they were my children, but they were terrible. Even They were acting, but even on the inside they were terrible. And I had to let them... It was to build your character, Cinderella, and to keep you hidden from dark forces that want to get their claws into you. And that that is why... I did not mean for your life to be so painful and tough, and I tried to be your fairy godmother and get you into the ball and get you with the prince and all that. I'm sorry, please, please, oh, please, Cinderella, speak to me. Cinderella doesn't say nothing. So, yeah, mother, it's like, man, this is a tough case. Um, she goes, well, I, I spoke to the prince the other day. He's He's much lovelier than... Then he even seems like from far off. He was telling me about his father being a lowly lord and his childhood and how lonely it was and how you were like a rose sent to him from the heavens that you floated down like a rose floats on the wind and how intelligent you are and smart you are. And I can see how you love him so, Cinderella. This kind of started to uh, soften Cinderella a little bit. The fair, fairy godmother saw her and she was like, so, Oh, Cinderella, do tell me. What, it's, what is love like? I've always wondered. I mean, I loved your father so, of course, of course, of course. But I always wondered what it was like. Oh, Cinderella, do, do you dream of like... Like when I was speaking with the prince, I imagined if what loving him would be like. Like wondering if... You could go back in time and join him as a boy and fall in love with him then and just spend time with him as a boy and then as a young, young man and 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 then to, you know, spend your whole life with him. Is that what it's like? And, and now she's really onto something because Cinderella starts to smile. Do you just dream of, you know, floating in his hair and his eyes, Cinderella? The prince's dreamy eyes and his hair. And imagine it would take you away to anywhere you wish you would be. But that would be the only spot you wished you were in. Like something so magical. Is that what love is like? Is that what love is? That his breath is like a, a puffing of a puff pastry inside of you. Puffing your heart and your soul. Your eyes and your... Bosom in your loins. You know, I'm not so different than you as a human. But and all of a sudden, Cinderella kind of goes from identifying to get a little cross against what, what? What is it you want, really? What is it you want? Why are you here? Why have you been following me supposedly my whole life? Like, so... First, you're two different people, and you take me to the ball, and you don't want me to go to the ball, and you're mean to me, and then you're nice to me. I, we could, and now you're saying my father, you worked with my father, and I, this is all ridiculous. You know, I, I could have you executed. I'm the princess. I, I need to, what, what you say, you're here to protect me from what, from what dark forces? Oh, dark forces. Oh, watch out for those dark forces on the rise. They're on the horizon coming for me. Oh, you know what? I think you're just a petty old ugly crow sometimes and then a puffy-faced, grandmotherly, uh, childless, 
yeah, I don't even know, with your little magic wand. And you come here, you know what your magic wand's done for me? It's made my heart cold. You know what the prince has done for me? Mostly has melted my heart in a good way, not a, like, a melted like a fire that would make my heart liquid and melt and then I would pass and die. But you, with your games, with your two faces and your two personalities and your actress daughters putting on a show, you think I... I don't trust you, woman. And you tell me I cannot carry the prince's child. You won't tell me why. You need to come up with an answer for that, okay? Dark forces doesn't cut it. I love the prince. I'm ready to have his child. Nothing you can say can stop me. The fairy godmother, she's just in shock at this. She's just like, because she's, you know, this is her duty to keep Cinderella from bearing this prince's child. We don't understand why. Even she doesn't understand why. But she knows that this could mean something horrible. Horrible could befall everyone. Like they sent that muck monster. Who knows what they're sending next if she can't get her job done. So please, Cinderella, calm down. I am so sorry. I take all the blame. I take all responsibility. You're correct in everything you say. Well, you fairy stepmother. Here's the deal. I'm, I'm going to be a good princess. Child or no child. I'm, I, I, you still have a little chance left. But I'm going to be a princess that's remembered forever. In this area, this region, this continental zone. So, here's what's going to happen. Listen close. You're going to take that wand and you're going to leave it with me. And fair guy, I'm just like, oh. And then what you're going to, and then this is what you're going to do. You have three days. You're going to leave that wand with me. And you have three days. And I'm going to give you a task. And then if you're not back with the task complete in three days, in my name, you're going to complete this task. That prince is going to impregnate me like a litter of whatever, however cats get so pregnant, they put out all those kittens. Or pigs with the piglets, whatever. I'm going to be that pregnant with the king's children. A pack and a litter and a murder of crows all in this womb. So you listen close. You have three days. Now you might not remember this while you were sleeping in your linens with your two daughters in your precious bedrooms. But while I was sleeping on a straw mat in the corner by the fire place. You know what nipped at me every day for my all my days? Little bugs that live in those beds, nipping, 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 and sucking at my blood. Bed bugs. Every night of my life, I was crawling and itching. Not to mention straw. Why? Who, who, who thought of that? Yeah, let's sleep on something pokey. And smelly, that pokes you and has bugs in it. I don't know what awful monster. But anyway, the majority of the poor 
and the near poor in this town sleep in straw beds and stricken not only with the pokey straw, but with bedbugs. And I see them itching. I see the bugs jumping and nipping and dancing and the sores on the poor little girls. And I can only imagine the sores when you have them in your bottom and on the back. You know that spot on your back of your ankle that always itches more than everywhere else. Why? Why? What is your, does your wand have an answer for that? Huh? Or, or your ear? You know, you, did you ever have an itchy ear? And then kids, you know, they think the kids just made fun of me because I was Cinder Girl, Cinderella. What about, and they called me Itchy Butt. Huh? Your daughter's called me that, and worse. So, no magic. Entire town. No bed bugs. You have three days. Otherwise, whatever this, these, these legs are going to be, that prince, he's going to be, and I, I find him irresistible. I ache for him. You don't think this is easy for me, do you? So get on it, you nasty-faced, kind-faced, two-faced. I want the bed bugs gone. Or the prince will have a spark of life in me. And this won't be the last. Remember, remember, as you carry this task, that you and your daughters burn fires for night after night after night after night after night and told me not to clean up because you had a surprise for me. Oh, Cinderella, we love you so. We have a special surprise coming for you, so don't sweep that fireplace. Oh, Cinderella... <laughs> and you would giggle at each other. You look like you don't even remember that. And then you took all those rotten lentils you'd been saving. You threw them in the ashes and you told me to pick out every single one. And you said you knew how many there were. And that if I picked out the wrong, if I didn't pick out every single one, I can't even remember. Don't think I forgot any of this. Okay. The lentils. You're going to pick every bed book. Too. Get rid of them all. If I see one sore and one poor, sore on a poor, I'm in the whore. Get out. With that, Cinderella threw out the fairy godmother, stepmother, and, and she was gone. Now she had work to do. And that's where we'll leave it tonight is her new quest to rid the village of bedbugs. And who knows? If, I don't even know if it's midnight. I doubt it's midnight because that would be after the princess's bedtime. But waiting back at the wizard's tower are two angry maggots. They could be changed back into normal or not. So that's where we're going to leave it. Stepmother might be in love with the prince. Cinderella definitely is. Can you just imagine poor Cinderella picking through a fire ashes and picking up one lentil? And she's so kind, according to tales. I don't personally know her. I just am relaying this story to you. But she probably said something nice to every lentil and brushed it off. Oh, lentil, you are so unevenly shaped. You're wonderful. Oh, second lentil. Oh, lentil, too. You have a bump on your side. You're such a special lentil. Hop right in. Oh, here's lentil three. And you are so plain. 
Don't you remind me how wonderful it is to just be plain, so special, your plainness. Oh, here's another lentil. You're a little heavy lentil. That's good, because you're denser than the rest. That means you're more packed with good stuff to help me grow in my beauty and my kindness. In fact, the sunshine's filled you with goodness. Thank you. Oh, here's three lentils together, three best friends that are lentils. And friendship, though I don't have it, and I cry my sleep, I dream of friendship like you three lentils have, sticking together so closely in a fire. Was your friendship forged by fire? Or was it so fiery and powerful that it burned everything around you? Well, good day to you three lentils. Oh, and here's another lentil. You know you're not a lentil, you're a stone. Well, get the heck out of here, stone. I'm counting lentils. Oh, and here's another lentil. And it makes me want to sing. Though the stepmother says my singing's no good. I'm going to sing to you, lentil. Go on in. You made me sing. That's what you're special for. Oh, and here's a lentil. You have a little look about you, lentil, that you're so smart and sharp. You just want to listen. So go ahead and go in with these lentils and listen to what they have to say. Yes, I'm picking lentils, but I don't have a lentil song. Oh, hello. More lentils. Welcome. Welcome to my lentil party. You and you, you two lentils, are my guests of honor, along with all the other lentils, because I am so thankful to find you in these ashes. It is so wonderful to meet you, lentils. And I do mean that, oh, you're covered in dirt. Let me brush it off. Let me get these ashes off you. Oh, yes, lentils. Let me dust you clean, for the dust is mean, and lentils are so bold. Okay, good, good day. And just hop right in with these other lentils. There's thousands more. Fall on the floor of lentils. Oh, lentils, what do you dream of? Do you dream of being away from this fire? Oh, I'm going to pick you up and talk to you. Do you dream of being free in a lentil town? Maybe you would live in mushrooms and roll about. And you could have a little lentil called Lentilette. And maybe Papa Lentil, he's kind of the guy in charge. And Handy Lentil could clean up and stuff. Be a brainy Lentil who's so smart and one who loves jokes. And another Lentil that is handsome and loves himself.
and one that's strong, tall and handy. There could be more like one that likes to surf but doesn't have any other purpose. And other lentils that also have one trick like a teacher or a librarian or a scientist. Though science hasn't been invented and our religion forbids it anyway. You could be a priest and you could all live together. And maybe some lentil-eating human would try to disrupt your way of life. But that is what I'll dream of tonight is your lentil town. Go to sleep, dear Lentils. Lentil, I love you. Good night. Hey, welcome to Sleep With Me. Podcast that's here for one thing, to help you fall asleep. The way it works, you get ready for bed, turn out the lights and pull up your covers and press play. After that, what you're going to do is put your racing thoughts aside, whatever's bothering you, whatever's keeping you up at night, whatever you're worrying about, because we all worry. Tonight, you're going to step away from those thoughts in your head, and you're going to listen to me tell you a bedtime story. And I'm slowly going to send you off into dreamland as my story gets more and more boring. Don't worry, it'll start out interesting, interestingly enough, is that interestingly, mostly most disinterestingliest. I don't know. Don't worry. It'll start off interesting and then it'll get boring. Before you know it, your alarm will be going off and you'll be getting up for a new day. Now, if this is your first time here, older episodes are on iTunes or on our website at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. If you have any questions, comments, or you feel the need to just express yourself, Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com is how you can get a hold of me. Or on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. If you can take the time to fan us on Facebook or like us, Sleep With Me Podcast, that'd be great. And I would really, really appreciate if you could tell someone about the podcast or go over to iTunes and review and rate us. Thank you so much for trusting me to help you fall asleep. I really take it as a sacred uh, sacred, sacred task. I don't know. Boredom. I take my boredom sacredly. I don't, I'm not sure what that means, but I'm really here to, uh, help you fall asleep. I'm someone that's always had trouble falling asleep. And I can remember that, you know, I tell someone, Oh, I'm, I got insomnia. I can't sleep at night. And the first thing they always say is, Oh, it's in your imagination or your mate. Oh, you're just being dramatic, man. Or you don't have insomnia. You're just nuts or you know, you just don't want to get, you know, whatever. Don't let people, dis- I'm not here to disregard or judge your why you can't sleep. Maybe there's a body buried under your bed. I don't want to know about it. Or maybe it's just hard paying the bills or you got someone that works with you that's difficult. Or maybe, you know, you had too much tea. Or maybe there's just someone that keeps saying maybe and it's making you crazy and you just want to call them and yell at them. But now it's not the time because it's time to go to sleep. So I tried to do a fast intro to this podcast, but it didn't work out so hot. But 
I'm here to help you fall asleep, and thanks for coming. Hey, we're back with another episode of After the Glass Slipper, and that's the story of Cinderella after she became princess. Mostly, our times have been spent with the crazy antics of the stepmother and the fairy godmother. If, you, if, you, if this is your first time listening to After the Glass Slipper, make sure to go to www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash glass slipper. And you can catch up on older episodes. They'll also be on iTunes, labeled After the Glass Slipper. Last week's episode uh, featured Cinderella and the fairy godmother locked in a battle of wits. Uh, The fairy godmother was trying to win back Cinderella's affection, and Cinderella was having none of it. She's still uh, mad that she was abused by her stepmother, and she thinks the fairy godmother and the fairy godmother Fairy Godmother and her stepmother are the same person, so who can blame her? That's where we're at. I don't know if any of that made sense. As we take up this episode, it's right after Cinderella, uh, right after the Fairy Godmother had met with Cinderella. Cinderella took her wand from her and she told her to rid the poor sections of her village of bedbugs. So the Fairy Godmother, she was kind of doing the walk of shame. She really had nowhere to go but the Wizard's Tower. So she goes back to the Wizard Tower. She knows the stepmother's going to be mad at her. But she also kind of knows in her heart she's going to need the stepmother's help to solve this bedbug situation. Since she doesn't have her magic wand, she's really feeling the pressure because she has to get this done. Otherwise, Cinderella's going to be impregnated. Cinderella's promised if this doesn't get done in three days, she's going to be getting pregnant by the prince or at least practicing. Practicing pregnancy properly. Prince pup. Uh, well, you could probably come up with a tongue twister there. If you do, at Dearest Scooter or feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com, I'll figure out a prize for you. So she goes back. She opens the door to the wizard's tower and kind of slinks in. It just so happens it's after midnight. But who's standing? So who's standing there waiting for her to come home? But the stepmother and Roland, the uh, former captain of the guard, they're covered in garbage and muck, and they're pissed. Look look what the cat dragged in, Roland. You. You have the gall to come back here. Where did you run off to? Well, uh, I had a meeting with uh, Cinderella, actually. You met with Cinderella? Did you meet with her as me or as you, you kindly nice-faced? Um... Kind of met with her as both of us, of course, and she thinks we're... Well, you better not have mucked everything up. Stick me in the muck as a maggot and rolling. We're rolling around in there together. Thanks. Oh, and by the way, fairy godmother, an interesting thing happened when we were in that bucket full of muck. All of a sudden I heard the bells ringing midnight. Bong. Bong. Bong, you know, you know, keep going. It keeps going till twelve. But suddenly, we weren't maggots anymore. We were back to our old selves. Well, that's kind of like maggots. The two, yeah, ha ha ha, yuck it up. And then Roland let it slip that when he was the we turned it. You turned him into that beast, or did, what did I turn him into that beast? I when I when I turned him into the beast, I guess. And he tried to eat the prince's toes. It was midnight when he changed back to human form. So now I know all your spells wear off at midnight. So go ahead. Go ahead, blast me. I wonder if you do it at right after midnight. Does it still work? And then it 
Last all the way? Maybe you shouldn't blast me till later. Oh, can we, can, can we, can you, can we talk? Can we cease this drama? I need, I believe it or not, I need, I need to ask your help. I need, I need your help. I, I, I hate to ask. Whoa, what's with the, uh, you turn us into maggots, you run off, and now you're coming crying home, huh? Well, have a seat. Please, please, Agatha. I, I need your help. Roland, I need your help. The princess, she's going to have sex with the prince, and she's going to get pregnant, and then horrible things are going to befall all of us. Cinderella could be killed. The prince will be killed. I could be killed. I could be brought up on charges for failing at my job and brought back to fairyland. And you two, you'll definitely be killed. As a, think about it, that muck monster. What, what are they going to send next? Uh, uh, please, please, calm down, calm down. Why don't you just give me your wand, and I'll just figure everything out, sweetie, little Penelope. Just give it all to Agatha. Wish, wistress of the king, mistress Agatha, witch of the kingdom. I wish there was a better term for that. It's like wizard, warlock, witch. Huh? But anyway, I'll think of something. But right now, I'm Mistress Agatha. So just give me the wand, and I'll solve whatever your problems are. We're going to have Roland over there in a jiff, and he's going to impregnate Cinderella. Whoa, hey, I'm, uh, Miss Agatha, uh, only if, uh, uh, I will not commit any acts of indecency without the full participation of the princess. Uh, uh, sh Roland, shh. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I'll give you my wand in a bit. Just, oh, please tell me you'll help me. What do you mean you give me your wand in a bit? Why don't you just wave your wand and fix... What's the problem? Tell, tell me the problem. Well, Mr. Sagatha, uh, she says... She'll have sex with the prince, or make love, make sweet love, I think she said, and sweet pregnant. She said she was going to be as pregnant as a murder of crows. I don't even know what that means. Like a kitten, a litter of kittens inside her. But she said, if I don't get rid of all the bed bugs in the poor, poor sections of town, for all the poor of the town, all the, uh, every villager pretty much, she's going to, she's going to get, you know, she's going to have, you know, and then we'll be all doomed. Okay, well, why don't just let's take your wand. We'll we'll both hold it together, and we'll go down there, and we'll wave a little spell, and we'll turn all the bed bugs into some slow moving thing, and we'll just gather them up and be gone. It'll take us a few hours. We've got if we do it now, we'll have till midnight tomorrow, correct? According to my uh, calculations. So let's get right on that. What if we? What could we turn them into, Roland? What do you think? Turtles, ma'am. Turtles are very, or tortoises are very slow creatures. Uh, have I done well? Have I done well? You're rolling to you nincompoop. Um, that's a good idea, though. Yeah, maybe fish, because they'd be out of, they wouldn't be in the water. Anyway, just get, let's get that. Well, Cinderella's banned me from using magic. Uh, uh. Well, she's banned you. Right, exactly. She doesn't ban me, so just give me the wand and I'll take care of it. Well, she kept the wand. You lost my magic wand. What's that? This is my magic wand, you. Your face looks like it's pulled back even tighter than normal. Your hairs, you should loosen that bun. It's going to... Shut. You lost the wand. My, uh, my wand. I'm the wizardess of the kingdom. You're going to make me a fool. 
Oh, well, I suppose I have no choice but to help you. All right. Now, here's what's going to happen. We have three days. Is sunset or sunrise? When? I guess uh, three sunsets from now. I don't know. Okay. Do you, we're going to go to bed. We're all going to sleep. We're going to get a good night's sleep. Tomorrow, we'll head down to the inn at the crossroads into town. And we'll figure all this out. And you'll get me that wand if I figure this out. You got that? Godmother, fairy godmother? Oh, of course, of course. Shh, what was that? Did you hear some rumbling? We're going to get some... No, I can't, I can't possibly sleep. <laughs> okay, here. I'm going to go in my cabinet. Take this out. And Roland, you should probably drink some of this too, because you don't do us... Okay, drink this. There you go, sweetie. Okay, now you go and lie down. You'll go right to sleep. What? What is it you uh, fed me? Um... He, they call it Sazarp. It's an opiate and alcohol mixed together. It'll be fun. Oh. oh. oh Roland's already fallen down. And he only smelled it. Okay. So, chop, chop. They all go to bed. The next morning, they wake up and they head over to the inn at the crossroads of town. Now, this is the inn that the innkeeper married one of... Agatha, the stepmother's daughters, she married him, married one of her daughters off to the innkeeper. He's since retired his, his son and his daughter. No, that's not possible. Yeah, so she's married her daughter off to the innkeeper in exchange for, you know, dinner when she needs it and, and dinner and drinks every night. And Agatha, it's been a while since Agatha's been at this inn, so they've missed her. So she shows, they show up for brunch. And, oh, Agatha, Agatha, we've heard, we've heard, we saw your, your magical duties. Oh, and they're all bowing, and they're, they're, it's like she's a celebrity. Oh, Miss, we, we've always believed in you. They're a little bit scared of her, and, and I think they were in the past, if we could sit in on it. But she was also like kind of like a, uh, not a gangster, but she kind of had that thing where she'd sit in the corner and people would bring her problem, their, their problems to her, you know, the problems they didn't want anybody else to know about, and she'd solve them. So, meanwhile, everyone's gathered around, and, you know, some of the guests from out of town are like, who's that? And they're like, oh, it's the wi the witch of the kingdom. Come to visit us and check on everything, and I hope everything's in order. Oh, Mr. Shah, where's your favorite table, and who are these your guests? Are these your guards? This this here's my assistant, Penelope. She's my chambermaid. And this here's my, uh, I don't even know what to call him, my Roland. So... Thank you for your hospitality and keep. How's my daughter? Oh, uh, she's, uh, she's alive, Mr. Sagatha. She's, uh, she's still sleeping right now. Ah, figures. Okay, well, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, chat around. We'll sp we're gonna spend the whole day here. Oh, wonderful. The king or the queen or the princess be by. Is this official visit? Is this, will there be any magic work? No, no, no. Actually, uh, well, yeah, have a seat. Let's talk candidly. I need you to talk around to all your guests, and I need you to think. Princess has us on a special mission, just for the princess, a secret mission. Let's see, get rid of, rid the rid the town of bedbugs. Oh well, Mister Chagatha, only the poor have bedbugs, you know. They they were a scourge of the kingdom for a while, and then, you know, uh, the priests or something they cast some sort of prayer spell and. 
you know, we burned that effigy of uh, that one giant bed bug. And, and since then, I think they've only bothered the poor folk. Uh, I think it, there might have been, I can't remember. So then that was top before. Okay, okay. I need you to ask everyone that comes in here how they keep, who has had bed bugs? What, like, what do you do? How do you keep bed bugs out of your hand? Oh, well, I judge a man by his outfit and the coin in his pocket. And if uh, bed bugs are discovered, I just, uh, I call I call in the, uh, I just call in the priest. They charge, uh, you know, that temple down the road. It's called the uh, Temple, the Abominable Insect or something, something of the like. And they, they get rid of them. Okay, okay. So the temple gets rid of them. Now, what do they use? Oh, some sort of smoke and incense and they chant. And, okay, well, I want you to ask around for any other, other, um, cures. What, what, and, and, okay, so you get this. How come they don't, they don't, how come then the whole poor part of the village is not clean? Why don't these priests, this church of the infernal insects, why don't they go down there and clean up? Oh, well, they say it's the scourge of the poor. Well, I thought, uh, I mean, I'm not a religious woman, but I'm, I thought religions were in service to the poor or something. No, 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 no. That's just a stereotype, uh, um, Mr. Sagatha. No, no, no. They they charge for their services. You know, their, their, their religion needs coin to deal with the infernal insects. And what it, their god is a bug-eyed lord that dislikes insects. I can't, I don't practice a religion, but yes... They, they expect to be paid for their services, so the poor cannot pay. Therefore, they're stricken. Okay, well, anyway, anyway, I can't get... What is this debate that you're getting me into? Okay, I need to interview everyone. I need to... You, we're going to source all your customers. I want to know every other cure other than these infernal insect religious folks of what we can do to get rid of these bed bugs. Got it? Okay, we'll be here all day. And so they spend the whole day there. And, and most of the stuff they were... Is a twist on that, like, oh, it's the poor, they're not clean enough. Oh, it's the poor, and they spend too much time in the mud, and the baby insects are on them. Or, oh, the poor, you know, they don't wipe, or they don't wash their hands. Or it's what they eat, it's their poor diet. You know, too much soda, or whatever they called it back then. So it's always the poor people's fault. And I'm not trying to be, you know, bleeding heart uh, person here, you know. I'm just telling you the facts. So most of the Middle-class folks rolling through here, the traders, working class. They're saying, you know, it's, it's a disease of the poor. It's basically their bed bug thing. And, yeah, this religion gets rid of it when the poor people bring it to them. And, uh, you know, stepmother, she's not too, she's not too pleased. So, but it's getting towards night. So it's getting towards the evening. So she calls a roll, she calls a meeting with Roland and the stepmother, the fairy. She calls a meeting with Roland and the fairy. Okay. What have you two found about these you know, is it the same thing? Everyone you talk to saying, oh, it's a poor, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I, I, I'm afraid the way people are looking at me that one of them, these men could be a spy sent to slice our throats open. Okay, Roland, you just watch out for her and her. She's losing her marbles. Every, every, every three hours, give her a sip of this. And then, um, you know, you two just come on. We're, we're going to go to bed. Go back to the tower. We're going to sleep, and then we're going to go into Port Town. So they get in a good night's sleep, and the next morning they get up. They go to the poor sections of town, and they tell them they're on a. They tell them what they're doing. We're, oh, we're on an expedition from Princess Cinderella here, and we're here to try to get rid of your bed bugs. 
and we, you know, we brought some things along. We would like to try them out. So they go into some bedrooms, you know, poor people kind of think this is odd, you know, these strange, this strange, ugly faced woman and this drunken, obliviated, uh, puffy faced kind of donut baker are rolling around and they're going in and looking under their beds and rolling around in their beds and trying to do incense and blow incense into the beds. They bring a cats in to see if cats will eat them. Heating, heating up the room with tons of coals and they're opening all the windows. They're bringing all the beds out into the sun and doing stuff all day long. What else? You know, water, singing, screaming, chanting. They try a bunch of chants. Oh, glory out. bed. You know, stuff like that. Drums, birds, rats. They check rats for bed bugs, too. They try all these things. And then they, you know, then they're like, okay, we'll come back tomorrow. So then they go home and they get ready to go to bed. And Fairy Godmother's already passed out because she's been drinking that Cesar. And Roland's. He's like, man, I'm feeling, I, I think I, I need a bath. I'm feeling uh, scratchy. And then Agatha's like, oh, I, I was trying to ignore it. We got the bed bugs. We got them. And then looks and she's got bed bugs crawling all over her, in her clothes. And Roland's got the bed bugs too. And, if, and they look, the fairy godmother's covered in them. They're biting her like crazy because she's passed out. So, she's, so they don't sleep a wink. And the next morning, I mean, she's like, she's like, we're figuring this out. Roland, take off all your clothes. And she goes in, she's like, get in, stay in your room. And I'm going to get rid of these bed bugs. And he's itching and rolling. She starts to do experiments on Roland. She starts like beating him, making him run around and sweat, pouring hot wax on him, uh, putting different bu- other bugs on him, like ants and stuff. She tries this for days and days. I mean, not David. She tries over and over everything you can think of: hot water, cold water, ice water, dogs licking him, horses licking him, pigs licking him, mud baths, uh, acid baths, hot oil baths, everything. And by the time the night comes, you know they still have the bed bugs. So then she's like, "Okay, we." Sh- She's out of her mind. They go into the poor section of town, and she she's, like, asking them how do they sleep. And they're like, oh, you just toss and turn all night in, in the straw. And then, uh, you know, we just learn to live with it. So they stay in the poor section of town. I t- totally don't get it why they did that. But um, meanwhile, they're sharing room, the three of them, three straw mats, and tossing and turning. Meanwhile, fairy godmother's still drunk and high on the opiates. And she, she keeps keeps waking up and she's positive there's giant bed bugs in the room and maybe they're crawling on her eyeballs maybe that's why so she's running around screaming and fairy go- or the, st- the stepmother's still trying to give her more opiates and it's like okay now they're down to 24 hours and she's like damn like and then that, that next morning they're even worse like there's bed bugs everywhere so the next morning gets there and they're covered in bed bug sores. They've got bed bugs on them. They have like 
straw pokes because they've either been sleeping on, they were sleeping on straw and the uh, fairy godmother had a burlap sack with straw stuffed in it because they felt bad cause since she was kind of out of her mind. But so they got like cuts and wounds and bed bugs and they're irritable. And the fairy godmother still, she's like, she, she's like, I was just in the, the bath, the chamber room. There's a giant bed bug in there and he's looking at me. His name's Bernie. And he, he, he said he wants, He's, he's, he's going to eat us all. And she's like, Roland, go, go, go in the bathroom and check, check. Just, just go show her there's no bed bug in there. There's no giant bed bugs. We, okay. I'm going to gather up a sack of these bed bugs and I'm going to have to, I don't, I'll sneak. Uh, Miss Agatha, Mr. Zagatha, you uh, better have a look in the chamber room. Uh, Well, why do I need to look? Because there's, let me guess, there's a giant, actually a giant bed bug in there. Well, there's the irony. Oh, uh, yeah. How'd you know? Uh, because, I've, uh, what's it doing? Just kind of sitting there. It's not very, I don't think they're made to move around a big size or something. So it's just sitting there going, something like that. And uh, staring at me. Uh, it tried to move and eat me or something, but I, I don't know. I think it's too big, you know, because it's used to sucking our blood or whatever, so it can't really suck my blood when doing it. I don't know. You want to go in and talk to it? Hmm. Okay, Roland. You got that church, the infernal. Okay, I've got a plan. Get the, throw that bed bug. Let's get the, get the burlap sack that the fairy, god, fairy godmother was sleeping on. And we're going to, I'll go in the chamber pot. So they go in the chamber pot. They shove this giant bed bug into it. It weighs probably like 120 pounds. They wrestle it and they get into a, a couple of burlap sacks and they go down, they get a wheelbarrow, they throw it in the wheelbarrow. And she's like, okay, let's push it up the hill. So they head up the hill into the middle class, the religious district, past a couple temples, a couple um, oracles and stuff. And they get to this church of the infernal insect, and she's like, uh, "Let's let's check around back. This has got to be where the uh, the temple priests or whatever they call them here live." So they find like where the uh, priests live. I think it's I don't, I don't know what they called it back then. Priest priest house or I don't even templars. I don't I don't know what they call them. But so they find out where they live. They sneak in and they find one guy just sitting eating his breakfast, drinking some coffee or tea or whatever. And he said, hello, oh, can I help you, ma'am? Ladies, uh, the church's not open at this time. Uh, you can go around back for your offerings. They go, oh, really? Um, well, we need to know all you need, all you know about getting rid of bug bugs. Well, that's the spiritual knowledge of the infernal insect. You must become a supplicant to the insect. Do make the insect angry. By asking such questions, you must become an initiate and go... Often live at our sequestered cloister and and learn the ways of the insects, so we could get rid of it. If you have bed bugs, ma'am, we would be happy to get rid of it. We'll just charge you a coin or four of gold, whatever you can afford. Say, listen, listen, get Roland, lock the doors, and the step fairy godmother's kind of in there. Blah, 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 blah. So you got a woman here speaking tongues. Bad bugs, there's a giant bad bug in the back. She's a, 
Has she been in any shit? Was she kicked out or something? It's a, um, I've heard of this. I think she might be possessed by uh, bugs. The fairy godmother, Roland's blocking the door. And fairy godmother pulls the uh, sacks off and the giant bed bugs slapped on the floor. And she grabs the guy by the back and pushes his face towards it. And she's a pretty strong stepmother. And the thing's like, oh, oh, no. What is this? You know what it is? It's a bed bug come back to get you for all, killing all its brethren. We're going to feed you to it. She grabs his hand. She holds it right by its mouth and it's snapping and it's got like sort of pincers and pokers. And it rips one of its fingernails off, his fingernails off and eats it. And it's sliming on him and, and it's working up and it's terrifyingly. It's like the worst elements of a maggot and um, an earwig, if you combine the two, to be the most horrible. But it's, and this guy's just, oh, I'm so sorry. What can I do? She's like, I need to, t- I need to know how to get rid of these dang bag bugs, regular size ones. And uh, he t- tells her that they, you know, oh, well, we have this storage, we have this poison smoke we use, and it kills them all. Uh, uh, okay, okay, so that'll kill them all. Well, we knew, well, we're going to need some of that poison smoke. Well, just go ahead and take it. And then stepmother, you know, she's thinking long game, so she's like, now, these aren't going to come. Well, uh, 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 no, they won't. If you kill them once, they don't come back unless someone else infested lives there. She's like, hmm, well, this whole poor town's infested. This whole poor town's infested, so I can't guarantee. Wait, well, how do you? What if they? How? 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 How do you prevent them from keep coming back? If you, other than, oh, I'm not sure. It's like, uh, you know, we just we smoke out the beds and then we dust all the dead bodies off the dead beds and and uh, and uh, you know they're gone. Meanwhile, it's gotten late and uh, whatever. Whatever magical power, you know, because this bed bug is probably from to scare the stepmother, the fairy godmother into, I don't, I don't know, some sort of magic related to the fairy godmother and get, keeping Cinderella from getting pregnant. But instead of midnight, this magic must wore off at noon because all of a sudden that bed bug shrinks and uh, disappears into the burlap sack. And the guys get, and then. The guy's still freaked. She's like, I can turn it right back anytime I want. And, uh, you know, she's go gather us enough smoke, you know. So this guy goes in the storeroom and then they start taking him. Meanwhile, stepmother is still thinking, you know, her brain's always working. And she's like looking at the set, the burlap set, the burlap sack. And not only does it have the one that shrunk, but it's just got all these, all, all these bed bugs crawling in and out of its burlap. The, you know, the weave and the burlap. And then she's like, thinking of how the f- hay pokes out, you know, straw pokes out of the burlap sack and pokes them. And she's thinking about how itchy she is. Then she looks down and she knows she's a beautiful silk dress on. And that, uh, you know, there's bed bugs crawling on her silk dress. And she, when she brushes them off, they, they just fall off. And, the, you know, there's other ones under her silk dress, but they're not able to get in and out. And then she starts thinking about the, mattresses of the different classes and how the only people use poor people either sleep on a burlap sack full of straw or straw you know middle class and rich people f- sleep on stuff that's like silk or satin stuffed with uh stuff with straw or, or more likely like some sort of cotton or something more comfortable and she's like huh that's 
That's it. So she she puts two and two together. She's like, oh, well, we need to change. So we'll smoke. We can smoke poor town out, but we need to replace all the mattresses. And, you know, summarize after that. I mean, the, after, you know, once her brain starts working, she calls Cinderella or whatever. She, didn't call, she go, goes up and she's tells Cinderella's handlers that she needs, you know, they need to run a, clo- a a silk drive and tax get silk from all the merchants and all, all the wealthy people that have silk to donate and they need to make all these mattresses. So they go on this giant mattress drive. Cinderella hears about it, so she gives them a couple extra days. And every poor person's told to line up and they're each given a brand new silk and cotton, oh, I don't know if they had cotton, silk and um, sheep's shear, what do you call that? Wool mattress. And then, you know, they're told not, you know, they move out of port. They smoke out poor town with the goods for they took from the uh, church, of the infernal insect. And that's it. That's the end of the bed bug infestation. I mean, once the poor people, it took, a, it took a couple more tries. I mean, I'm telling you in retrospect, as I am the keeper of these legends, as I am the keeper of these legends, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so they smoke out, you know, kind of like, uh, not as fancy as like, you know, I'm Breaking Bad when they're, you know, insect bombing those houses, but they keep, you know, they, they, they get rid of them. And meanwhile, this legend starts to spread from the poor people. They're so appreciative. I mean, going your whole life being harassed by bed bugs to now being lying back in a peaceful bed of finest wool and silk i just feel like every night they're they're floating and there's no more itching there's no more bugs crawling on them there's no more straw poking at them they're just resting and sleeping and having you know making love sometimes as people are waiting to do or jumping on beds as some people do kids and adults napping and mostly just getting a solid night's sleep no more tossing or turning you're just feeling like soft material against their skin as their body sinks down and the world just seems to start to float away you're just sinking in you're drifting you're drifting drifting kind of like one of those docks you see in a movie it's just offshore you know, your life has changed. You've gone from one state to the other when you can swim out there without parental supervision, without help. Then you get to the dock and you just lie down. And you're basking in the sun. The dock's floating. It's rocking. It's rocking back and forth. But this, this dock's not made of wood. It's made of silk and lamb's wool. It's like a little cloud, which is the most overused word in this podcast, but it's so sleepy. It's like sleeping on a giant sheep, a clean sheep that doesn't smell bad. and has a great temperament to just parade around with you on its back and a wider back to support you. And they're just floating. And that is how the bed bug problem was solved. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast 
that puts you to sleep. And the way we do it here is with a bedtime story. You go ahead, get ready for bed, brush your teeth, wash your stuff, pull up your covers, and put aside your worries, your thoughts, anything, your future obligations your, uh, that are keeping you up at night. It's not a laughing matter, I know, but future, future obligations just sounds funny for some reason. But put all that stuff aside and listen to my voice, and I'm going to carry you off into dreamland. If you've never been here before, you might be asking yourself, there's no way this can possibly work. Well, I'll tell you what it does, and it does for two reasons. One, I'm incredibly boring. There's not much I'm good at, but I've become the master of run-on sentences and boring stories, things that, that start off entertaining, but slowly devolve into something that you stop paying attention to and fall asleep. So that's what our bedtime stories are about. I know it's not a big selling point, but go ahead and give it a shot and you'll see. The second reason it works is because I've been there. I've suffered from sleepless nights as a little kid. As a matter of fact, there was a point where no one believed me. I think it was fifth grade. I couldn't sleep any night, you know, especially Sunday nights. No one school came Monday because I hated school. Kids, stay in school unless you hate it. Uh, but I hated school, and it was, I wasn't laughing then either. So... And everyone was like, oh, you'll get over it. It's just a phase or whatever. But, you know, when you're when you're suffering and you can't sleep at night, you don't want to hear that it's a phase. You want something that's going to be there to help you. And that's what I'm here for. I'm Dearest Scooter. If you need to get a hold of me, you can reach me via feedback at Sleep With Me Podcast or at Twitter at Dearest Scooter. You can find older episodes on iTunes or on our website, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Did I say the email address is feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com? Because I just blacked out. I felt like I just blacked out for a minute there. Yeah, so give us some feedback. Give us your thoughts. iTunes. What else? Oh, we're on Facebook. You can like us on Facebook or become a fan. That's where we post all our bloopers and all our mistakes. I'm using the Royal R because it's really just my. If you like The Walking Dead, be sure to let me know. We had some uh, episodes when we first started out that had some Walking Dead content called The Walking Dud. It was kind of the boring parts of The Walking Dead. So if you like those, because the season, some, some season's coming up soon, let me know. And I'll try to find some time to set aside to do uh, more Walking Dead episodes. But if you're not interested, don't say anything. And uh, I won't. I want to thank you all so much for listening. And honestly, I hope you fall asleep with me tonight. Thank you. We're back with another episode of After the Glass Slipper. Last week we let off stepmother, the godmother, and Roland had just solved the uh, bedbug problem that had been plaguing the poor villagers for plaguing the poor villagers plaguing the poor population perpetually pandemically no i don't know i wish i had a tongue twister if you want to win a prize i don't know what the prize will be but it'll be something feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com and give me a tongue twister that has to do with after the glass slipper if this is your first time listening you can go to www www.sleepwithmepodcast.com 
slash glass slipper to catch up on older episodes, or just go to our main feed in iTunes and you'll see the episodes there. Thanks for listening. So last week those got they last week they solved the bed bug crisis. Let's check in and see what's going on this week. And oh my goodness, <laughs> I wanted to open up with action. So this is so get ready because you're gonna say oh my goodness. Okay, let's take a breath together. It's my first time opening mid-action, so. Okay, ready? Oh, my goodness. They're being chased. It's the uh, stepmother, the fairy godmother rolling. They're running down this forest path. And behind them is a rolling and thundering behind them. Like the earth is shaking and they're running. And there's just blah, 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 thundering. But it's going too fast to be like just one giant. It's like. Because he'd be like, boom, 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 boom. Or not even that fast, I guess. Boom, 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 boom. So, but something's like, and they're running, running, and they're terror. They're looking over their shoulders. And finally, Roland trips over a a branch or something. And he's there, and he's like, ah. And and then you see it come down the small hill in this woods is a giant. I mean, we're talking giant, like 20 feet tall, five, six, seven feet wide wheel of swiss cheese and it, it's rare and you know to seal see a, a uncut wheel of swiss cheese but you can picture it in your mind right a perfectly round just like a wagon wheel but made of swiss cheese and solid and it's rolling right toward roland and he's ah and the swiss cheese seems to be somewhat sentient because it like pauses hops once and then boom picks up pace and right before it gets to him it must have it's been so sentient, it lines up a hole and then rolls over him and stops. And he's in there, he's like, he's yelling, but he's muffled by the cheese. And the cheese is just sitting on him. It rocks back and forth like, yeah, I know he got you. You could hear him like hitting the walls, but it's like a dull thump. Like if you've ever been trapped inside of a, in cheese, you know, you know, you're not beating the wall. I mean, it's like a th th. It doesn't carry sound well. Might be a good place to record a podcast, actually. I wonder what the uh, cheese acoustics are, but it probably wouldn't be the best environment for my health or smell. Anyway, so let's back up, though. So Roland's trapped in the cheese. Why? What could possibly happen that they were chased by a sentient wheel of Swiss cheese? Well, let's back up because they just solved the bed, bed bug crisis. They would kind of agreed to work together the stepmother, and the fairy godmother. So, not important to this episode, but the stepmother goes up to Cinderella's castle, checks in, and she gets the next assignment. It turns out Cinderella gave her this assignment that kind of had to do with cheese, not directly, but the northern side of the town they're in, um, you know, where the king and queen rule, or the it's actually a city. Let's, let's not, it's a, town you know it's got city envy okay it's a big town but they like to think it's a city but you know you go to a city hundreds of miles away they're going to turn your nose at you if you call cinderella where cinderella's from a city i know you're wondering the name i'll get it you know i'm not in a hurry to tell you the name of it i don't want you going digging up this town and stealing its antiquities you thieves but anyway so cinderella gives them a new assignment in the northern part of the town is a It's built into a hill. So the rich people, of course, live at the top of the hill and then the middle class. And then it kind of bottoms out into these flats where the poor live. And then it goes into the valley that the rest of the town is in. 
And at the top where the rich people live, it kind of overlooks this bowl. So like a, a smaller valley. But for some reason, and it's kind of, it's been a mystery since before Cinderella's time, is that any time the temperature in the area gets above 85 degrees, somewhere from a couple hills beyond, this smell that they call the cheese smell, it, it rises up with the humidity and it comes in from the north somewhere and it fills up that bowl on the outside of town and then slowly spills over the northern hills and goes through the rich people's homes and down through the middle class and then settles in the valley. And they call it the cheese smell because it's this horrible, horrible smell that you can't quite put. It's like you can taste it and you can smell it. And it smells like some kind of cheese you would overpay for to impress people at a party. You know, not even a Limburger. I mean, Limburger's nothing. This is the kind of thing you go to a cheesemonger that's wearing, you know, $600 hipster pants and he's got, you know, a fixie. Well, fixies are over, but whatever they have now, some custom bike. What? I guess I'm not here to bash people. Let's just say a cheesemonger, a hell of a good cheesemonger that can charge top dollar. And you say, sir, give me your smelliest cheese. They'll say, okay, man, you got it. The, the smell is like that left out in the sun and then for the, like, you know, thrown in the gutter, soaked, marinated, germinated, you know, sporified, whatever, and then left back out in the sun and the humidity again, but on a massive scale. And no one knows what causes it. And since the temperature only busts above 85 degrees in this area, maybe... 20, 30 days a year. No one's bothered to research it. There's a lot of wi like uh, old wives' tales or handmaiden tales, whatever you want to call them, about where the smell comes. But Cinderella tells uh, the fairy godmother-stepmother combo. She goes, I want that cheese smell. I want it gone, you know. It affects the rich people on the top of the hill, and it really affects the poor people on the bottom. And anything that smells that bad just can't be healthy for babies to be breathing and children. You know, other towns and cities make fun of us. You know, they avoid the northern side. You know, there's a lot of economic effects and the broke whole broken window effect. If you want to get into some sociology, Cinderella doesn't like it and she's had it. So she says, you know, you got, you got a, got about a week to get this thing solved. So go figure out this cheese smell. It's more like a rotten cheese smell, but cheese smells kind of shorthand. So Cinderella, or, uh, excuse me. Fairy godmother, stepmother, Roland are out, and they're asking around town, asking at the inn. And they get a, they go through a list of crazy stuff, you know, that could be causing it. And they get it down to three sensible things. One is like these fruits from this uh, forest that's nearby. It, it could be that drop out of the trees when it gets hot, and they call, it's the gun drop forest. So that's not top of the list. Another one is like that somewhere in these hills are some witches and some sort of, you know, that they cook up stuff when it gets hot and some sort of witch's brew, some witch's poison. And the other one is there's, there's you know, in in the actual graveyard is like a, a old, I mean, the actual bowl in the valley over the northern side of town is, a, is an old graveyard, you know, but before 
they're modern times, you know. So so they're like, oh, maybe it could just be the rotten bodies or they're not preserved. So they decide to investigate. First thing they do is head out to this gumdrop forest. And Roland is, you know, he, he's lived in this town his whole life. He knows about the cheese smell. So now he's excited to get rid of it and always talking about how, you know, they try to blame it on each other. And, like, when he it was a cause of self-esteem issues for him because when he was little, he would smell it and then think it was him. Like, I'm the one that it's not the air that smells like this cheese smell. It's like, you know, I don't remember having a bodily movement, but, man, it stinks. Everybody's going to, you know, it trigger this paranoia. But he also had always dreamed of going to the gumdrop forest and having some gumdrops. They head out to the gumdrop forest, and they get there, they trek, and then they, they start seeing these trees, and these trees are uh, not dissimilar to something you might see in modern days. They're a little bit unique looking. They have a small furry fruit that falls off the tree that looks a bit like a gumdrop. And unfortunately, when they get there, Roland, first thing Roland does is starts eating the fruit, which it's not gumdrops. It's, it was a figure of speech. It wasn't an actual gumdrop forest. You know, those are off way deeper in the woods by the, uh, you know, where Hansel and Gretel got uh, assaulted by that crazy woman. So these are, it's just, so he eats a couple of them, but he doesn't get sick. So that's their first. And they're like, well, they're trying to figure out if it's rot, the fruit rots. So they take a bunch of fruit with them and they bring it out and they smash it up on some rocks and leave it on the sun. And they just take turns smelling and it kind of smells, smells more like, um, it's fermenting. So it smells more like, like rotten beer or or wine that's been left out for too long. But, boom, not the gum gumdrop forest, not not the suspect. So next thing they do is they climb the hills and they start investigating these caves. And, of course, Roland has to go first. He's a swordsman, supposedly. We've never seen him in action, but he was the captain of the princess's guard at one point. So he's leading them into these caves it's like a cave complex. They're not finding any caves. You know, they find some animal habitats, some town people that have moved out of the town that are either, you know, between houses or a couple people that have addiction issues. But they don't find any witches. And they go they ask the people in the caves. They say, oh, it's further on, further on. So finally they trek around these double switchbacks and they find these big bushes and just beyond the bushes, there's a couple more turns, a hidden trail, and they find this cave system, and they go in. So they find these witches in there. There's three witches, and they're very harsh-looking women. When they get there, they do happen to be working on some sort of witch's brew. And they see uh, Agatha and the fairy godmother, and they're like, Oh, sister, sister! The fairy godmother freaks out. She's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not a... And then they're, they're saying it to Agatha. And, and they're like, oh, we heard about you, sister, how you've conquered. You know, you bring us good graces. And they're like, we'll have a feast tonight. You know, sit, sit, sit tonight. We'll have all... And the, the be honest, like, whatever they were cooking did not smell good. Didn't smell like cheese. But, you know, you just see rat's tails poking out of there. And these witches, they hadn't had a guest. And they, they were... So pleased that someone finally took the time to like clear the name of the witches, like that Agatha had legitimized them somehow. She's got this job, and they were saying, 
know, he spent the whole night telling tales about how, you know, being burned by children or attacked by heroes. And like, what do we do? We just sit in this cave. Like, we've been working on these. All we work on is love potions and people come and buy them. And yeah, then they come back that, that they don't work. So that's our crime. But we're trying to, we're trying to master a love potion for ourselves. Look at us. We're monsters, you know, we're spinsters. And, you know, one of us wants to give birth to a child. And, you know, they said, you know, we're lonely. So they're, so they're so happy. So they have this big meal with like roast toad stew and, Candied Eye of Newts was for dessert. The main course was like stuffed bullfrog, whatever that thing that bullfrog blows up. They stuffed that with um, rat's meat, I think, probably. But I think it was like with a mole or something. So, you know, it wasn't bad. And, you know, it felt good to, to... for them, it was it was an act of kind, and they they were so happy. You know, they're like, "Oh, Cinderella, you know, we we hate that cheese smell, and people blame us for that too, and they cause dirty, blah blah blah." And you know, hang a lantern on it, because Agatha was touched that they were touched, and she kind of saw that you know maybe she could use them in the future. Roland, they they liked him, and they were treating him like a king, and and really giving him a lot of attention. So hang a lantern, we might be back, but not to, not this time because they don't have the cheese smell there. Next day they get up and they head down to these ancient graveyards and they they find this old man who spent uh, his he lives in a small wooden cottage or I guess wood cottages are always wood. He lives in a stone building, stone. A boat? What do you call a cottage made of wood, right? I don't know. He lives in a stone house. There you go. Boom. Stone house down at the edge of this ancient graveyard. And it's kind of in a bog and it's got the old mystery mist going and strange noises and monsters' tails wiggling around. And they call it the bog of death. Not because people die there, but because the dead people are there. And there's, you know, headstones sticking out of there. And he tells them a tale of, you know, that back hundreds of years ago, there was a great war and a great kingdom and one man to rule them all. And there was a new hope with a princess and there was an evil lord chasing her down. And then a young man, he was brave and he had these great kooky sidekicks. And there was like this trickster stud guy all sorts of stuff great 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 times but ended up it was one of those wars where a lot of people lost their lives unnecessarily i don't know you know how many people die unnecessarily at war we all know that and a lot of these people were villagers that got caught in the, between the warring parties and and families and soldiers and he said you know they all live here they tell me their ghosts, ghosts haunt the graveyard at night. But he goes, to be honest, I just drink, you know, at night, I drink, drink myself to sleep. So I don't hear nothing. And they're like, well, does the sun ever clear out all this mist? And he's like, yeah, it goes occasionally. Like if it gets above 85, and like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If it gets above 85, clear out this mist. Because, yeah, it clears out the mist. Because it smells awful here. So they spent the next couple of days, of course, 
heaven forbid, or whatever. Hera forbid. You know, they get a cold snap in and it takes extra and they have to send Roland to ask Cinderella for more time. Not important, but finally they get another heat heat wave and <clears throat> the mist rolls out and it bakes the bog and it does smell pretty nasty. But again, it's 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 at the bottom of this valley and it smells like kind of like, you know, if you ever dig, dug nasty mud out of like water with algae, you know that smell? I don't know if you do. If you do know it, you're shaking your head like, yeah. If you don't, you're like, huh. So if you don't, it kind of smells like, well, if you have a compost pile, it kind of smells like if you've dug into the middle of the compost pile and something like that. You know, it, organic, nasty smell. So again, it's, it's more like a muck smell, we'll call it. But we've already used, muck's been overused. That's a vocabulary we've already used in this podcast. So maybe we should call it a swamp smell. There you go. Boom. Swamp smell. So again, they, they, oh for 3. So they're kind of feeling down now because they bumped off all the most common solutions they thought they had. You know, the next most popular one at the end was Crazy Zeke's teeth was causing the cheese smell. That when Crazy Zeke would he would usually get get these convulsions. And wander off in the woods babbling when when the temperature got too high and they figured he passed out in the woods and the smell leaked out of it. I mean, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You're, you're, yeah, you don't have to tell me. So they're fighting, you know, going back and forth. And then, um, you know, s- s- the fairy godmother starts getting, well, what if Cinderella's, you know, well, we can't fail Cinderella. Like, the che- we need to find the cheese smell. She's going to sleep with the king. I mean, the prince. She's going to sleep with the prince. He's gonna, she's going to get pregnant. They're going to, you know, lightning's going to strike. We're going to be doomed. So we need to figure this out. The stepmother's like, I'm tired of your piping. Like, why don't we just wait and see what happens? You know, what are they going to, and then, of course, rumble, rumble. And then they see it. Just at the way far in the distance, right on the horizon, a little, looks little because it's far away, little little wheel of cheese. Looks like one of those baby bells. And it goes down the hill, wait, miles and miles away, picking up speed, picking up speed, picking up speed. Must be a spiteful uh, wheel of cheese because it goes across the bog of death, you know, crushes some innocent dead people, crushes that guy's house. A stone house. Stone. And because it's like a hard cured Swiss, at least on the outside, it's rind free. So you can see the holes. No rind. You know, it's chucking rocks as it's rolling, but nothing's digging into it. And that's headed right for them. So they're, you know, oh my God, the cheese is after us. So they start running. Then, I mean, luckily for the townspeople, I guess they're running the wrong way. So they're running and then they're hiding behind trees. And then they're dodging out, and then boom, you know, the, the cheese is pretty smart. Like, whoever's controlling the cheese, or like I said, is it sentient? I don't know. Is it, a, you know, is it doppelgang or something else? Is the cheese? But so they're running, trying to get away from this cheese. And finally, you know, we catch up to, like, where they are deep, deep, deep in the woods at the top of this other valley. And they're thinking that, you know, that Roland remembered from his childhood that over the next hill— was this river, and they could, they could get to the river, 
and the cheese would drown, maybe. I don't know. Does cheese float? I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, if, if you've been to a pool party and you know if cheese floats, let me know. I would think Swiss cheese would be a good shot that it would float because it has some buoyancy. But then again, it's not a baby Swiss with the baby holes. It's a you know Swiss Swiss with the big-ass holes. But anyway, right, right now as we speak, Roland's trapped and he's like thumping on the cheese. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And the stepmother and the fairy godmother. I mean, stepmother, she's no, she's no dummy. She's like, okay, we're going to have to face the cheese. You know, kind of like facing the music. It's time to face the cheese. So she's like, fairy godmother, come on. You know, let's see. She was trying to think if they could lure it to chase her and then jump out of the way. But now it's got Roland. And she's like, and finally she's like, Roland, you fool, Roland, eat the cheese, eat the cheese, get, you know, get a dagger. And so I guess Roland's on the inside and, you know, Roland, he, he, he's, he's, you know, he's the accidental hero or whatever. So he's gets out his dagger and he starts stabbing the cheese and he's eating it and the cheese isn't liking it, but then he's got his, you know, dagger into it. And because the way the cheese is and the Roland's eating it, he starts eating his way through one of the holes. And then the cheese is like wobbling. The cheese is like wobbling because he's like eating through one of the side portions. Just enough that it's like the cheese is off balance and it's like, whoa, boom, cheese falls on its side. It's trying to get back up. And, you know, it's a heavy wheel of cheese, whatever. Whoever started it figured it wouldn't. It would stay in balance, and it's not in balance anymore. So, cheese is on its side, and everyone's like, "Okay, okay." The cheese is still trying to get up, so they're like, "Sooner or later, this cheese is going to get up." And they're like, "Okay, well, let's." Uh, they're like, "What if we get it up, and then we'll just roll it right into the river?" And the cheese is like shaking, like, "No, no, no, not me, man." And then Roland takes another bite of it, just because he's Roland. He's like, "This is quite nice cheese, you know. It's a, it's." Just, sharp so they decide on a plan to roll like push the cheese to the edge of this hill and roll it all the way down into the river and hopefully drown it so they get the cheese and they're pushing it on its side it's really hard all three of them are pushing and pushing and pushing and then they realize that's not going to work but they're afraid you know if they put it upright the cheese the cheese will just roll them over. So they just keep pushing and pushing. They're getting more and more tired. And finally, this uh, old man just happens to be walking in the woods. He happens upon them. He's like, oh, excuse me, folks. You uh pushing the cheese there. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're pushing the cheese. We're going to push it over this hill. It's a giant wheel of evil Swiss cheese that's trying to kill us. It's probably from another country or something. Oh, evil cheese, eh? i huh. Oh, well, fancy that. Well, I, I, uh, if you kill it, I would love to have its body. Uh, I don't know. I'd love to do, uh, so if you, if you could push it, I could help you push it. And how are you going to kill it again? And they're like, Roland's like, well, we're just going to, you know, we're going to push it, um, push it into the river. Oh, no, no, the river's no good. You know, it'll float away. You know, that won't do me any good. He's like. Uh, you know, come on, let's get it to the edge. So they get it to the edge. As soon as they get it to the edge, they get hit by the cheese smell. Like, 
boom. And they're like, oh, my God, did cheese just crap itself? Like, oh, God. And all three of them are on the ground. Like, oh. And even, you know, if the cheese could make a noise, it'd probably make like a. But even the cheese was kind of making a noise, like disgusted. And the old man, he didn't. He's like, what's wrong with you folks? Like, oh, God, this. Oh, oh. Oh, the smell. Oh, it's the cheese. It's the cheese has gone bad so fast. And the cheese is shaking, like shaking. It's not me, man. It's not me. There's not, I don't stick this bad. I'm fresh Swiss cheese. I'm just evil. And I'm not even evil. I'm just a tool of someone. But anyway, cheese aside, he goes, oh, no, no, no. See down there, you know, just to the side of the river. Because you see that, those smokestacks there. That's, that, he goes, that smells my factory. Like, what do you mean you smell? Like, oh, it smells like rotten cheese. He goes, oh, no, no. He goes, that's why I wanted the cheese for. It was not for the cheese, but for I'm going to render the fat out of it. He goes, I go around these kingdoms and all the sickly animals. That from every kingdom wide, I, I fill my wagon with the sick and the dying animals. Sometimes the sick and the dying folks. The poor folks say And I fill my wagon with the sick. The animals, no one wants the lame, you know, the one-legged, one-legged cow, the cows born with no nipples, utterless cows, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a congenital defect, you know. So I take them and I, I keep them down there and yeah, I keep them out there in the sun so they tend to stink a bit and, uh, you know, it smells up, don't bother anybody. So it's, I don't see the, the like, what the hell are you doing in that factory down there? You know, what are you making, like, that, out of something that smells so awful? Like, what are you, what, you know, what could you, oh, well, pleased to meet you. And he pulls out his card and he says, um, so, so he hands him his card and says, Fair ye grandmother's soaps, royal soap maker. Because I'm pleased to meet you. I'm the royal soap maker. Been in my family for generations. So, and they're like, well, you know, the smell creeps down to our town. You know, it's really gross and it can't be. You just got those animals out dead at, uh, like, pens of dead animals rotting in the sun. That's disgusting. It's going to create some disease like the green plague or the purple chlora or whatever. You know, you can't just do that. He goes, well, yes, I, I can. I, I, my family's done it for generations. We're very wealthy people. We make the soap for the royals, the royal soaps for all the kingdom. Every every royal. Well, why? You know, why? why I never heard of these soaps. Oh, exactly. You know, are you royal? Do you have any royal blood? Then you haven't used the royal. The royals like the soap made from the finest fats. And they have to be rendered like the animals need to be cooked up slowly and then I take their fatty fats and whatever I can get and I, I gloss it away and I purify it and I mix it in and, and it, it does smell wonderful. You'd be surprised at the stink. I don't smell it anymore. I've smelled it for years since I was a boy. But yeah, so that's what it, we, we do. And you know, that's 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 what, why it smells so good. But you know, it's make soap for the richest of the rich and they need the finest soaps in the world. The stepmother's just like, this guy is a fucking jackass. And she takes him and she shoves him in one of the holes of the, 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 the Swiss cheese. 
picks up the Swiss cheese herself, pushes it on it, and then pushes it down the hill right as factory. The thing picks up, you know, can't control itself. It's going about 10,000 miles an hour. Boom, it's a factory. Boom, blows up like cheese, fire, dead animals. Like whatever was inside the core of the cheese was some sort of lava-related um, wizard fire with, uh, you know, 40 hit point roll to strike death and destruction. Because the whole area just goes, and it, I mean, after all the bo- only thing raining down is bones. So everything's been rendered off because whatever, you know, chemicals he was using and gasolines or whatever, boom, just wipes it out. And that's it. That, so that was the end of the soap factory. You know, a couple of days later, the cheese smell drifted off. They w- went back to the village. And as they went, they, you know, told the townspeople what had happened. And the townspeople, you know, like, you know, they went back to, they ended up back at the end telling everybody, you know, toasting the three of them. This is, they really got along on this one because they were against this cheese and cheese smell. But, you know, the people at the end were kind of like, you know, we've been suffering from this cheese smell so they could have fancy soaps in that castle. Thank goodness for Cinderella, you know. Everyone's like, you know, pissed, like, that damn darn king and his son have been, you know, bathing in peppermint and tea tree and pomegranate mixed with lime and, you know, acacia, you know, combined with blueberry, combined with death, apparently. But so we could just deal with the stink on the north side? These jerks. Thank goodness you, you and Cinderella got you guys to get rid of that fact, that dump. So everyone was pleased. So, and, you know, that's how we're going to leave the episode. Because I'm going to tell you a little story, a real story. Because tonight's story, pretty much the first time, it's based on a real thing that happened to me. I lived in East Los Angeles in 19, oh, a while back. 19, 2000? I, I don't know. A while. End of the 90s, beginning of the aughts, somewhere in there. And they had, that's where the cheese smell was. And I think it had to hit above 90-something, but where I lived in East Los Angeles, so that smell would descend on the city. And it, it was a rumor, like, is it this graveyard up the hill, or is it this? Is it these acacia trees or ginkgo biloba trees? And it turned out it was a rendering plant that I think was on the Los Angeles River. And I remember reading an article about it. And, and telling people about it, but like after I'd moved out away from Los Angeles, East Los Angeles, and it, it was really disgusting. And, and it was like, it's one of those cases where kind of poor people get the short staff because this guy had this, these open pits of dead animals that he had bought and he was always in violation. I'm saying this guy, it probably wasn't just some guy like Bernie, the soap man. I don't even know if a soap factory is a renting factory, but that's what it causes. Like he'd leave well, actually, we'll, let's not get into the details. But, yeah, it's based on a true story. So, you know, a little piece of me is now with a little piece of you. I don't know that it's necessarily a good thing. But I hope that that story didn't disgust you but warmed your heart that we were able to kill a royal soap maker, destroy his factory, and get rid of a stinky smell. So, have a good night and get a good night's sleep, okay? Thanks for listening so much. Hey, welcome to Sleep With Me. 
the podcast that's here to help you fall asleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is put aside your racing thoughts, your worries, your fears, whatever. Get in bed. Close your eyes and press play. I'm going to take you off into dreamland. If you like what you hear on Sleep With Me podcast, spread the word and let someone know about it. That Maybe you'll help them help me help them fall asleep or something like that. But yeah, let someone know. For those of you that already have, thank you so much. And those of you that listen that have no friends or enemies and you live in an igloo or total isolation, believe me, I know, I know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I can relate. I've been there. I'm there, you know. You know, thanks for listening. You don't even have to spread the word. If you're a non-word spreader, Thanks for just being here and listening, and I hope I help you fall asleep tonight. Tonight, another episode of After the Glass Slipper. If this is your first time at, at our podcast and you haven't heard previous episodes, you can find them on our website, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash glass slipper. And it's the tale of what happened with Cinderella and her stepmother and fairy godmother. After she became princess. Then I apparently heir to the throne. I don't know. I guess her husband. Her husband would be the heir to the throne. Last week when we left off, they just, I believe, solved the uh, answer to the cheese smell. Was that last week? Well, I, got, I really keep uh, up the tabs in my own podcast, I guess. But yeah, they have, they've been given these tasks by Cinderella. Getting rid of bed bugs. Getting rid of the cheese smell. Which was apparently caused by a rendering plant. And this week we're on to uh, another task. They have to do three tasks. That's where we last left off. And this episode finds us with yet another mission. And the stepmother has returned from meeting once again with Cinderella. Poor Cinderella, who kind of still thinks that she's confused. Her gut tells her there's a fairy godmother and a stepmother. But the stepmother and the fairy godmother kind of have her under this ruse that, you know, they're one and the same. When the fairy godmother met with her. This task was well beyond compare to the last ones. And that's why I've moved into my action, serious voice. Plus, I have a spot of a cold, I believe, which adds an extra grittiness. So the stepmother met with Cinderella, and Cinderella asked her to sit down. She said, are you familiar with the, uh, the wood of woe? Stepmother said, Wood of Woe. Is that is that similar to the Wood of Worry? She goes, Oh yeah, it used to be the Wood of Worry, Cinderella said, but I decided to change it to the Wood of Woe. You haven't read my official decree? It didn't make sense to call it the Wood of Worry because anyone that enters never comes back ever. Why would it be the Wood of Worry if someone goes in there, like say your husband goes in? You're not gonna worry about him, you know he's you're gonna be filled with woe, not worry. Because he's gone. Some other is kind of like, okay, so, you know, okay. Makes sense. I got you. Brilliant. You're brilliant, Cinderella. Brilliant. What a woe. Formerly the wood of worry. But wouldn't it be like I'd be worried now that you're talking about the wood of woe? I'm worried because I got a feeling. Well, you're right. You see, just on the outside of the wood of woe, 
That whole wood is impenetrable. Soldiers that go in there never come back. It's guarded by these dark forces. These dark forces got to be controlled by something. So that's what I'm going to get to. But the reason for your task is that this wood of woe, it goes directly to the sea. It's a straight shot. So we could build a road through there. If it wasn't the wood of woe, it was just woods. You know where those bears live, like the forest of feelings? You know, they don't bother anybody. They hide. So if we just had a road right there, we could go right to the sea, to the port. Instead, we got to go way around. It's a three-day hike. Uh, just on the other side of the wood of woe are these towns that are deprived of supplies. It's a major trading route is what I'm saying, stepmother. And we need it opened up for commerce. It's going to help all the people. You know, cheaper food, will be. it's going to lower prices. And it's going to make new markets available to our goods, a more efficient trading route. It's always good for everybody. Trickle down. But not really, because I'm taxing the hell out of these motherfuckers. So, that's well, that's my plan. Anyway, let's not get into politics. I'm the politicker. You're carrying out my wishes, fairy stepmother. So, I want the wood of woe dealt with. Find out what the worry and the woe is. I'm pretty sure there's got to be someone in charge of those woods. Probably one of those big bosses. You know, a dragon or a w evil wizard or somebody. So get in there and take care of it. So that's the assignment. This is uh, Scooter's voice, not uh, Cinderella. Stepmother, stepmother goes back to give the word to Roland and the fairy godmother who are waiting back at the wizard's tower. And they ask her and she's kind of... She's worried about telling him about the wood of worry or the wood of woe. She introduces, you guys know that wood of worry? The name was changed to the wood of woe. Roland, of course, loves, Ooh, that sounds like something Cinderella would think of. That's so brilliant because why would you call it the wood of worry, right? If you're going to go in there, you're going to be filled with woe, huh? The stepmother just looks at Roland, tells him to shut up. And you're right. Well, apparently it's a blocking a major trading route, and we got to deal with it. We got to go in there. Well, no one's ever come back. Well, Roland, quiet down. We got to go in there. We got to figure out who's in charge, and we got to take them out. The fairy godmother's kind of quiet. And she's like, Penelope, you got any uh, opinion on this? You're awful quiet over there. Well, we, we were. Berries, we didn't ever, we've never had any jobs in there, and I've heard of it, the word wood of worry. In fairyland, we just call it the wood of death. I don't see, I, I've been so long without my wand, and you guys just, can you guys just do it without me? Uh, no, no, we can't do it without you, because all these assignments are to do your job. We're helping you do your fairy job. In order to keep Cinderella from getting pregnant, you realize if we don't get this done, she's going to have sex with the prince, get pregnant. You're going to help us out. Well, I'm... Uh, Agatha, you're good at this kind of stuff. I'm just... Without my magic... Without my wand... I, I, I just... I'd just rather lie down, okay? I'll just lie down and you guys work out the plan and then... You could just, you, you, I'll come along. So Agatha kind of rolls her eyes, and Penelope, the fairy godmother, goes and lies down. She's a little bit down in the dumps. Now, Roland, he's always 
willing to help. Agatha's kind of like, this is really important to Cinderella. We get this done. I was like, well, what do you, you got a plan? You got a plan, boss? Here's what I think. Let's go out. We're going to go out to the wood of woe. Okay, let's go. So they go out to the edge of the wood of woe, which is a few miles out of town. What could it be a major trading route, apparently? Right now, they got to travel all the way around. They either got to go up the river, which they got to go through some robber baron territory. And the river's secure. So it's not an easy route. Involves some land. What do you call those land passages? Whatever, where you got to carry the boat. Or a long roundabout road around this woods. So technically, it would be a great thing. They go to the edge of the woods and they're kind of looking and, you know, Roland's like, you know, I get the sense we're being watched. And uh, yeah, Agatha's like, yeah, yeah. And so, like, no one, so no one's ever returned. As far as I know, no one's ever returned from this woods, right? Roland's like, no, no, people that go in don't come back out. Sometimes the bones are found. But that's about it. So stepmother's like, come on, let's go up. See that, see that log? It's like right before, right on the edge of the wood of woe. See how the shadow just barely reaches it. Let's go. I brought us a picnic lunch. I want to talk talk to Roland about the fairy godmother, Penelope. So they sit on the log having lunch. And Roland's like, there's definitely, you know, I get the sense we're being watched here. Stepmother's like, don't worry, Roland. We're not in the wood of woe or the wood of worry. So we have nothing to be concerned about. You know, their power, whatever power, dark forces are in this woods. They don't have any power right here. You know, maybe if we step into that shadow, maybe. I'm pretty sure you got to walk a little bit deeper into the wood of woe. And I've heard tales of kids running in and out of just the beginning and daring each other. And then one time... The kid runs too far. You've heard that tale, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the kids, they used to make me run in there, ma'am. And I used to run in a bit, but I'd run right back out. But I never ran too far. So, well, here, sit down. Uh, you know, let's finish our lunch. We're already sitting. Roland, are you worried about the fairy godmother like I am? Oh, yes, ma'am. She seems a bit down. Well, that's because, uh... Shouldn't have her all-powerful wand, the all-powerful fairy we have working for us, right? Well, yes, she was all-powerful until she lost her wand, so it seems like... And then you were using the wand, so the wand... Are you trying to say, Roland, that her wand just creates this great power? And whoever holds the wand would have great power, too? Yes, I guess I am. And all we need to do is, you know, so... Don't tell anyone. It's going to be our secret. But I have the wand here. I got it from Cinderella. Well, Mom, that, that doesn't look exactly like the wand. Well, don't worry. It is. It is. And all we need is this. We'll get the fairy godmother out here, and we'll have her use the wand to... This all-powerful wand to destroy the wood of woe. And then, you know, she can tra transform all the dark creatures into mice and we'll just stomp on them. And then whatever creature, you know, dark lord or dark evil wizard or some sort of dragon, some sort of big boss. Instead of having a big boss battle, we'll just create our own 
you know, monster, and have him go and stomp the boss into submission. We don't even have to fight him, because we have this wand, and we have a fairy. So either I can use a wand, or you, you, I don't know if you should be using the wand, Roland. Well, I'd just use it to turn myself in, in a little bit handsomer, and then I'd be in, you know, alone with Cinderella on a date. Probably, like, in some boats. Okay, okay, Roland. So, we have the wand. So, that, this has been a lovely lunch, and, you know, we're going to, I think in order to help the fairy godmother, you know, get get her, get undepressed, she'll use the wand to crush this wood of woe or worry. No reason for us to be woe. It's actually going to be the woods, woodses of woe and worry. Is that correct, Roland? Woodses. Woods is of woe and worry. The worries of the woods. Well, anyway, the woods are going to, the woods or the creatures in the woods should be filled with worry and soon they'll be filled with woe. The woods is, is wood, is wood, wood, multiple woods or wood. Anyway, Roland, let's go. So they go back to the wizard's tower. I'm going to talk to the fairy godmother. So say, Penelope, come on, let's go. We're going to go over to the woods of worry and have a little chat. And meanwhile, of course, this, the little minions that were in, listening in in the dark of the wood of well are getting stuff back to their boss, the big boss. They're getting the word back to their the big boss. Meanwhile, Agatha and Penelope go down. Now they get they go to the edge of the woods of well, but not quite as close. Like without their they're not in hearing distance. They're just in sight distance of the woods. And she points to the woods. She says, listen, you know, I, I notice you've been down, Penelope. I notice you've been down, Penelope, because you don't have your wand. And Cinderella has a wand, and you're worried about her getting pregnant. And all we have to do is beat this boss, and she swears she won't get pregnant by the prince. And I still have the plan. We're going to have Roland seduce her. As soon as we get this done, we can do that. Roland seems like a malleable man. And we'll train him to seduce Cinderella. Or have another plan where I could talk Cinderella. Like into maybe developing her sexual skills with Roland for the prince. And I think that one might work. What do you think? Penelope. Meanwhile, Penelope, the fairy godmother, is just kind of staring at the grass. And uh, someone's like, you realize there's dark creatures watching us? Doesn't your fairy sense... My fairy sense is gone. My wand is gone. Cinderella's going to be pregnant. We're not going to beat this boss without magic. I don't have any hope left. There's going to be a beast come. He's going to wipe us all out from the fairy dark side or whatever. And I'm going to be a failure. I'm going to be brought up. If I'm not killed, I'll be brought up on charges. I'll have my fairy badge taken away. And, uh, you know, my parents will be shamed. Are your parents still alive? Because you look kind of old. It doesn't matter. Okay. I've, I'm, I'm the worst fairy godmother ever, and I, well, you did get Cinderella in. You know, she is the princess before she was just my cinder girl. So you beat me. Oh, you know, you've bested me. You have so much respect for me, Penelope. But you were the one who bested me in the first place, and I stand cowed to you still. You know, I try to act strong around you. To be honest, like, the reason I brought you out here is I, I have this wand I made for you, and she pulls out a wand. Hands it to Penelope, and Penelope kind of looks at it. She's like, well, this isn't my wand. She's like, no, Penelope, 
I've been doing some research on fairies, fairy godmothers and godparents in, in general. And I've read some old texts, and plenty of old texts I've found in deep in the dungeons of the wizard's tower where only I go. You, you, got, you and Roland haven't been down there, but I have. And I haven't found one thing about Wand. I, I believe that what I know, and the books of the old fairies, and that's what it's called the fairypedia, says that, you know, the fairies, their power's innate, it's inside of them. And they merely need to, to flow into something and to be discharged. And maybe, you know, whoever trained you or, maybe, maybe I don't, I don't know, you know, I think your wand you know, when they train the youngsters, it's easier to tell them that the wand is magical because it's too dangerous to tell them that the power's in them always, and that they can just imbue some other weapon to translate it. You know, it could be a, a stone. You know, did every kid have a fairy that you were training with in fairy school? Well, no, no, there was wands and staffs and crystals and rings and amulets. Okay, see? So, what? Can, close your eyes, Penelope. Can you feel an energy flowing through you? No, not really. Well, qu quiet down your mind. You feel some power flowing through you inside of some tubes within your body with each beat of your heart. Sense the energy, the magical energy throughout your system. Humans don't have that beating of a magical heart or tubes of magical liquid like you do. So close your eyes. Now here, put this, take this wand, put it in your hand. Wrap your hands around it. Feel your energy flowing into that wand. Do you feel feel the power in the wand? Oh, I, I believe I do. Now raise your hand up. Raise your hand up and, and point it in towards the sky. Oh yes, I'm feeling the power. Oh yes, I'm I'm feeling the power. Okay. Okay, good, good. Now let's take a uh, let's take a walk towards this. We're not going to destroy the wood of woe today, but let's get closer to it. Okay, okay, and you just keep your eyes closed and okay, okay, and just stand here. We're a little bit closer. We're right on the edge of the wood of woe, but keep your eyes closed and feel that power. Oh yes, Penelope, you're feeling the power of your magic. Tomorrow, can you feel? Can you feel the power building in your wand? Oh, yes, I feel it building in my wand like I've never before. You got energy ready to be released. Yes, and tomorrow we'll release it on this forest. Don't worry, trees, innocent trees or birds, if there are any in there. We'll only destroy the darkness. And not just the darkness. We need a lot of darkness for shadows. and, and good. The good dark things are fine. Squirrels, you're kind of gray, but whatever. Chipmunks, you have a nice dark stripe. But you dark creatures, you're evil creatures. 
that work for whatever your minions of. You know, you you can destroy them tomorrow, maybe in a torturous, horrible way. Oh, this power. I will turn them into inside-out snails or something. I don't know. Then put them in the sun. Yeah, so we'll do that. And then once all the minions are gone, we'll go and find... We'll open up the trading route, at least halfway, and then we'll find out where they're... Whoever they work for is, and then we'll destroy that creature. Oh, this sounds wonderful. Ah, this wand feels more powerful than my last one. It's so imbued with energy. Ah, thank you, Agatha, for... I feel power I've never felt before. My voice is changing. My strength. So what we're going to do... We're not going to go in the woods this way. You know, I notice... You know, there's that other route over the big canyon... So we're going to go out there tomorrow. What we'll do is we'll wait on the, on the bridge. And we'll see if any, any of the minions come and surrender. And as long as the, you unleash your power in time, like if, if we're attacked at once by the minions and the boss or whatever, I mean, that could be a problem. But as long as we have, we'll destroy them while they're in the woods. They're not, they, they don't come out of the woods as far as we know. And whatever the bo- the big boss is, he's not going to bother us. He's just waiting in his cave with his treasures and stuff. Or her. Whatever. Maybe it's a dragon. She might fly around. But from what I've, what I've heard, I've heard, I have a pretty good idea what the big boss is in there. So we're going to, we're going to do it. And, you know, eventually we'll have the big boss battle. But that'll be after we destroy the minions and destroy the woods. So, okay, let's go home and get some rest. So they go home and get some rest. Meanwhile, the minions obviously are freaked. They don't they don't want to be killed. They get word to their big boss. And they're tr- the big boss is trying to come up with a plan. So the next morning comes, and Agatha, Agatha's ready to roll. She gets up, she's stretching. She's got her plan ready. Everything with the fairy godmother seems to be in place, as far as she can tell. Things are looking good. They're just going to go out, I guess. And then she goes downstairs to the main dining room of the wizard's tower. No one's there. She's looking around. Penelope, Roland, where are you? No, Nowhere to be found. She goes out, goes to their bedrooms. They're not there. And then she finds a note in the entrance hall. Oh, change of plans. We're not going to need to fight the woods of well. We, we've got a new plan. We'll be in the courtyard. So she runs down to the courtyard, and she sees Roland doing push-ups. And the fairy godmother's there with her wand, her, her new wand. Agatha's like, uh, what are you guys doing? Oh, well, we, uh, Penelope came up with a new plan, so we're not going to fight the boss. That seems a little dangerous. You know, I had nightmares about it. She had nightmares. What do you mean you're not fighting the boss and the minions? That's what Cinderella asked for. Well, I, I, now that I have my wand and my power back, I, we could. Like, I, I think I'll send some, you know, we could change that all into mice. But I don't, I don't see why we need to bother. Well, we need to bother, because that's your job. Well, I think we'll go with the Roland. See, he's puffing up his muscles. I liked your plan. There's much uh, less risk, you know, if Roland just does sleep with Cinderella and gets her pregnant. So I think I'll... 
I, I think I'm going to cheat and just turn him into the prince for a few hours and tell Cinderella we failed and that she should sleep with the prince. We'll, we'll, I'll turn the prince into a mouse or a maggot or something for a few hours. And if Roland can successfully impregnate her, then all will be well. And Agatha, you know, Agatha's like, oh, man, these two. You know that plan's not going to work. First of all, you can't act that unethically. You want a short circuit. We all know that. That's in the fairy handbook I read downstairs. Second, Roland, I doubt you'll be able to perform under those circumstances. You're, you're too good-hearted and good-natured. You two are too moral, too... It, this is below you. I mean, this is something I would do, but I... I, I I'll, if if necessary, I'll dirty my hands doing this, but you too. Roland, you're a soldier. A former member of the Queen's Princess Kingsguard or something. Fairy Godmother, you're a soldier too. You told me once you do what needs to be done, and that's your job. And is this the way you two want to go out? With trickery? Double cross? It's going to be nothing for us to face down these minions of... Evil in the boss. We'll just go out there. We're going to go out on the bridge. We're going to wait for them. You're going to turn them into mice or something with your magic. And Roland, I'm going to give you a giant broom, and you're going to sweep the mice off the bridge into the water, and they'll drown. Well, well, that doesn't seem very nice at all. Well, they're minions. They're not real mice, Roland. They're minions. So, and they'll drown. And some be washed out to the river. And we know both all know that the river's poisoned with all that stuff from that plant and the explosions. So if they don't drown, they'll be burned by the acids and stuff that was used in that stinky plant. The chemicals will render the soaps. So, and Fairy Godmother, you're returned to power. Don't you want to go out when the Fairy Council examines your case, your successful case? You know, and they speak to your dead parents or whatever. What are they going to say? That you lied your way to victory? Or that you fought your way? And not only that, you helped. Not only did you keep Cinderella from getting pregnant from the prince, what if that's not your last assignment with her? You know, will she trust you more when she knows that she's... She'll sense it. A mother knows. I've had two daughters of my own. I knew they were mine. I wished they weren't many times, but, you know, Cinderella's like your daughter. Is this what you do to her? They both look at, look sheepishly. She's like, come on, let's go out to the edge of town, and I'll tell you more about my plan. And they get out to the edge of town. She actually has this giant broom. I mean, when she says giant, it's like, made to, it's like rolling, it's like attached to some rope. She, I don't know how she did it, but she must have been up all night. She has these ropes over the, connected by this bridge supports, like a overhead, this giant broom that would pretty much knock, looks like it could knock minions off. I mean, not all of them, but easily knock that off. She's got a little harness for Penelope to, you know, be on the bridge, but, you know, not get knocked off by the broom and, yeah, I know it's tough to imagine in your mind, but just imagine a giant 
broom about Roland's height, the, br the broom brush, and maybe two people across, and it's, you know, the, the head of it is uh, got a big circle and a rope attached to it. Kind of like those cameras now on NBA games. It can go back and forth and si swing side to side. Roland's out there trying to use it. He's not, he's learning. He's almost going over the bridge himself. And then she straps Penelope in. She says, don't worry. You know, even Roland's not going to knock you off the bridge. He might knock you over the bridge, but you won't fall because of these ropes. And all you need to do is change them into mice. When the big boss comes, as he will, you just, you could change, change him into something, a giant dust moat. Can you do that? Oh, no, it has to be, you know, a mammal for a mammal kind of type of thing, usually. Well, you turned us into maggots. Oh, I guess it could. Well, it depends on, I guess it would depend on the size of the boss and what kind of magic powers he has. So, well, well let's see. But I, 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 you're right. This is for Cinderella and for my own pride. Now that I have my magic back, I will do justice. Bring on the boss. Are you sure they're going to come? Oh, I'm sure the boss is going to come. And so then down the path comes this long stick-like creature walking from the horizon out of the wood of woe down to the bridge. Now into the bridge about ten feet from from the three of them. It says, I've come to ask for your hands and defeat. I can say, is that a do I smell peppermint? Is that a giant peppermint stick or Roman? I think it is a peppermint stick. It turns out it is. It's a giant peppermint stick type ambassador. It's got legs and arms, but it's mostly a peppermint stick. So, you know, just give us the wand and turn your backs on the ward of woe forever and you will not be destroyed by his lord of darkness. The Candyman. Well, uh, the Candyman? Like, you know, Candyman's in there? Is he, is he make candy maker or a man of candy? The Candy Lord, then, you, you. What, I mean, is he made of candy? Is, that's, I think that's a legitimate question to ask if he's going to be for surrendering to him. What's he going to, uh, will we be able to go free? Well, um, the Candy Lord, the Candy Man, will eventually conquer your kingdom with his one well, that he, once he has the magic of your wand. But for now, you will live, and maybe you could supplicate yourselves, and Candy Lord will take mercy on you. But anyway, the question of there's a man or a candy is irrelevant. But he is a man, or once was. I guess this says, you know, oh, so you're going to come conquer Cinderella's kingdom. Hmm. What What do you guys think about that? Oh, you're not going to. I'd lick you to death, buddy. My name's Roland, and I'm going to lick you. Uh, Penelope, what do you think? I, I think not candy, candy stick, ambassador. Well, I think it's safe to say that you could tell your candy lord we don't surrender. Well, then. I will call in the minions to destroy you, then. Well, well, one second there, 
Candy Stick Man. Why send the minions? Why don't you set ha is your your lord so afraid of us? They can't face us by himself. Or with his minions. Why doesn't he come with his minions? Because it'll be too easy for us to just... She has the power of a thousand wizards. Roland here. As soon as your candy people come, we're just going to change them into... Well, you can't do a mammal for a mammal with candy. How do you become alive? How does a candy stick become alive? Dark magic, ma'am. I'm full of... Evil candy power. I i mean, I can't do anything, but it's what keeps me alive is some sort of sickness. A candy. I'm, I'm a servant of the candy lord. Okay, well, that's nonsense. I don't... You guys just sit in your woods and you steal people away. What do you do? Convert the souls of people into candy? Oh, yes. It's true. I used to be a normal man. I was ambassador of the town of Truffledon. The city-state Truffledon, actually. And I, I went into the woods with a, a young woman I loved who was not my wife. Now I'm here to serve forever as proud ambassador of Candy, the Candy Lord. Well, anyway, I don't have time to discuss your backstory or the backstory of the Candy Lord at all. Why don't you send him and his minions at the same time. We'll, we'll do battle, the three of us, against your whole army of candy. Minions and your candy lord, the candy man, whatever he is. Are you two ready, Roland? Penelope. Quite ready, ma'am. I'm going to do some licking of the candy and sweeping of the candy. When it gets changed to a little candy or something candy-like. All right, then. What do you think there? Penelope. Quite ready. So, all of a sudden coming down is a whole army of candy. and I mean, I don't have time to get into it. Maybe because now that I'm telling the story, I'm worried that I saw this in a movie somewhere. And if I did, send me a, a, a Drew, you messed up. Or Scooter, you messed up at feedback, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. I know once there was a talking gumball in a movie, I think. But anyway, let's not get out of the flow of the story here. I'm just saying this might have been trapped in my subconscious this next part. Or maybe it's going to be trapped in yours. But coming down the hill out of the woods of woe, formerly the woods of worry, is candy sticks with candy canes. Gumdrop cannons. All sorts of candy minions. You know, you know they're all you know, like an army of candy warriors. What I mean, what else would there be? You know, go ahead and use your imagination. It could be. For some reason, I'm on a peppermint kick. In my mind, I can't free it from peppermint to think of more. I mean, you know, cookies for wheels would be one thing, and probably maybe like um, catapults full of pudding. Maybe that. Maybe they're going to do a full step, full, full, full scale attack on the castle. No, or it's just this would be more minions. So maybe it's not an army. Maybe I'm wrong, and I'm just telling you the story. That would be more of if you were attacking a castle, you might bring that. But if you're just going to attack three people, it might just be more like these candy. What if they're like taffy? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to keep this or edit it, but. Now out of the woods, 
comes a gaggle. And a gaggle means a group of about 40. These taffy ghouls. They look like ghouls made of taffy, and they're walking, and they're slinking. They can, you know, go like a slinky, or they can walk, and their faces are kind of frightening, like a ghoul or a ghost. You know, kind of empty maw jaw and melted eyes, and they move languidly, like, a, like cats or supermodels. And they move onto the bridge, and they just wait. They stop it rolling, and they wait. I said, what are you going to change this taffy into? This taffy monster's here. And Penelope thinks about it. She said, hmm, what, what would I change taffy into? And she goes, maybe some tiny hard candies. You know, like when taffy dries out in the sun, and you can just sweep them off. The taffy, you notice a tremble goes through the taffy. Taffy trembles. Terribly. Terrible taffy trembles. Because they're also terrible taffy. That's what they they called. That's what they... And then all of a sudden, boom. 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 Out of the woods of woe. Formerly the woods of worry. Giant man. Giant. Ten feet tall. Forty feet wide. A man boy. He has the face of a boy. He's slobbering drooling and eating candy cookies <laughs> i want that wand boom 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 comes down stops right behind his army on the bridge they look forward and he says ha, 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 ha. just so you know my taffy is imbued with a non-hardening agent. Ha, 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 ha. In fact, this taffy is absorption taffy, so go ahead and throw your magic at it. And Penelope uh, looks a little bit worried, but she's like, well, then I'll just change you. <laughs> so, I've changed already. And Agatha can't show you. So you are a candy man. But you're also a candy, you lord over candy, but you're a man. You're not a candy man, you're... I'm the candy man. I used to be a boy named by Hansel. Came from one of the uh, countries over there. My sister Gretel and I. We were lured in this woods long ago by a witch. We did battle with her. You may have heard our stories, but you didn't hear the truth. Truth was, I took over the witch's powers, and she took over my mind somehow, poisoned it with her candy. I've eaten candy ever since, and I turned these woods, where she only ruled a dark portion, I turned them all into my territory, the territory of me, the candy man. And I would lure souls into this woods, or if you happen to wander in, your family would wonder, where have they gone? Because I would take your soul and put it into the witch's cauldron. Convert you to a piece of candy to do my bidding. And my bidding was to make more candy for me to consume without souls, soulless candy, just pure candy, you know, made up. So I would send them out to capture things on the road for the sugar. 
or the things I needed, but we had quite a few uh, supplies, so it was mostly industrial operation of, uh, you know, we had sugar beets, and we also had some sugar cane, and then, we you know, we had to grow some grants, we uh, did some clear cutting of food, but anyway, I'm going to destroy you all, take your wand, because my powers are limited to this force, because that's what the witch's powers were, she would eat boys and little girls, supposedly, to keep her power going. But it can't leave the wood. Just a bit. I, I think this power that you have will allow me to expand my candy empire. Forever! Then Penelope goes and she goes, Oh, you won't be doing nothing. You're going to get sweeped right off the bridge. And she takes her wand and she goes, Alakazoo, Alakazee, the boy who loves candy turns into a tree. She points her wand at him and nothing happens. He goes, I have a candy coating that I thought might be magic proof, but I was not sure. She says, no, no, I, I'm quite sure fairy magic overcomes witch magic quite. I mean, this wand is not... It's not operating properly. Ah, it will take you all. Taffy, prepare to destroy this man here with his broom. And I will take your wand. I ha ha ha. Then he gets ready. The candy soldiers, they pull out their taffy, taffy ghouls. They like turn their hands into nooses and whips and they're menacingly moving towards war. Uh, Roland, and he, he actually knocks one off with the broom. He pulls it back and throws it at the guy. He goes, come on, Mr. Penelope, Mr. Penelope, please. Taffy soldiers made of sugar. You might be resistant, but turn into burger. There she goes. Uh, no, obviously, uh, nothing happens because that's just ridiculous. But she's still, and she's like, my power, my power. And then Agatha says, Penelope, Penelope, destroy the bridge. Destroy the bridge. Use your magic to destroy the bridge. In five, four, Penelope goes, bridge underneath, made of wood, turn into dust as all bridges should. Two, one, boom. And at the same time as she says, dust, the bridge explodes. It doesn't, parts of it turn into dust, but most of it just crumbles and falls. But Penelope and Roland, because they are tied in to the thing over, that was running across over the bridge, because the ropes were tied into some, the supports above the bridge, they, they just float in the air and the bridge falls. And the candy man, Lord Candy and all his minions fall thousands of feet. They're smashed on the rocks and washed into the river. They screamed, ah, I, I can't swim. Ah. And the taffy melts and they're washed down the river to the polluted part of the river, never to be heard from again. Ag Agatha pulls Roland and uses her ropes and pulleys and such. To, it was almost like they're uh, whatever. That's not part. Of it. 
And she uses the ropes and pulleys to pull them back to the side of the bridge that's not blown up. And now this bridge is unnecessary because it was ran by the candy wood. It was the bridge that went over the part that skirted around the the left side of the candy wood. So even though it's gone, you know, nobody's going to miss it. She's like, that was brilliant. Roland, you were so brave. And Penelope, your magic was so magical. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. We worked as such a team. Roland, you were distracting and those questions about candy and whatever were brilliant. Cinderella would be honored to bed you, I'm sure. Ah, oh, Penelope, you did find your power again. Yes, it was odd because usually it didn't quite turn into dust. It kind of exploded a bit and, and, uh, I noticed you know, you weren't doing much up there. You, you, you didn't seem to, you didn't seem to be doing much except you had that plunger, that thing. What was that tool you had up there on the, on the rocks with the wires going down to the bottom of the bridge? Oh, that was to control the, the, the broom. It's a Chinese operation used, uh, used it. And I don't know why it smells. There's still fire going. Like I didn't use any fire in my spell. It was just turned to dust. Well, it, it did kind of turn to dust, you know, Penelope. It was, it was brilliant. You, you're brilliant. Your magic, you know, you're still getting used to your new wand, so. But point is, we won. We're going to go back and tell Cinderella that her new trade route is open. And that she no longer, I don't know how we're going to get, we'll have to probably still have Roland seduce her, but no trickery, Roland. You will seduce her. Or maybe, I don't know. But, oh, is that the, uh, Chamber of Commerce is coming out to greet us. Oh, there's cheering in a parade. And they're coming towards us. The, the Chamber of Commerce comes with a band and tons of people are cheering. The head of the Chamber of Commerce, this business guy, is like, Oh, yes, we knew we heard the words. Princess Cinderella told us you were going to destroy the big boss behind the Wood of Woe. Formerly the Wood of Worry, but Wood of Woe. Officially known now forever. It will no longer woe us, will it? Well, I suppose we'll have to clean it out a bit, you know, but yes, uh, yes, all Cinderella's plans came. We worked together as a team for Cinderella, and the wood of woe should worry no one no more. Well, this is wonderful. We'll have open trade. It'd be so much more efficient. Those poor folk back here that are cheering. We've given them a job for the day. And they're happy because it's grain price. Well, it, it, it will, the price will increase less quickly now for your grain, poor folk. All right. And the uh, rest of the products you buy, well, the price will go up more slowly than quickly because we won't have a reason to justify it. And the princess is talking about some price controls and such, and she's forced us to do this. But we, she has told us that. Our profits will be offset by the the lower prices and the in the speed to market and the new markets that open up, so we could exploit other peoples than these folks here. So anyway, we're so pleased with you and Cinderella. You know, she is a visionary woman. I I I, I well, I I'm still getting over the fact that we're going to use these other markets to offset our profits, and we still need to do some calculations. I do believe that.
She will be a worthy queen one day. And as Prince, he talks of war now. But anyway, we're here to celebrate your victory. That's right, that's right. This isn't about you or the future. Run along, parade, as Agatha's talking right now. You know, she sounds a bit like a man. She's like, Roland, I'm proud of you. Penelope, I'm proud of you. Let's go back to the Wizard's Tower. We'll have a little little drink to celebrate our victory today, and then we'll go meet with Cinderella and talk about the future. And that's it for tonight, folks. You know, a battle with the boss. I wonder with the Sansa and Gretel, was that something implanted in my brain from, like, a Shrek movie? Or did I actually make it up? Like, it's it's hard creating these stories the way I do and, and not knowing. And I'm not trying to steal anything from anybody. I, I might have made it up. It might have been in my subconscious. I'm trying to imagine that. It'd be hard to imagine I haven't come across a reinventation, re, recreation of Hansel and Gretel. But was he a, a big boss and... Was he evil? And what happened to Gretel in this story? I'm not sure yet, but I'm sure we'll see. Well, a dog's barking in the distance, and that means it's time for you to go to sleep. If you're still listening, go ahead. I wonder where Gretel is. I can tell you. Maybe she's safe in bed, asleep somewhere. Hey, welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here. To help you fall asleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, pull up your covers, shut off your lights. Previously, hopefully, you brushed your teeth and washed and stuff. But after you're done with that, snuggle in and press play on this podcast, and I'm going to carry you off into dreamland with a little tale supposed to distract you from overthinking or racing thoughts or whatever's keeping you up at night and worrying you. Older episodes can be found on our website, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com, or on iTunes. If you have any feedback, you can reach us at feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com, or on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. If you could do me a huge favor and let a friend or family member know and pass the word along, and try to help somebody else that can't sleep at night. If this is working for you, let somebody know. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope to help you fall asleep tonight. Tonight we're back with another episode of After the Glass Slipper. If you haven't listened before, it's the tale of Cinderella after she became princess. Where mostly we're following what's going on with her fairy godmother and her stepmother. Older episodes can be found at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash glass slipper. I wonder what would happen if you Googled after the glass slipper. I'm going to have to check that out too. When we last left off, stepmother, fairy godmother, and her sidekick Roland, former head of the princess's guard or king's guard or something, just defeated big boss, the candy lord himself, Hansel, and his minions of taffy soldiers, and they've opened up the, what was it the forest called, the woods, woods of woe, formerly the woods of worry, and it opened up a new training route, and it was one of Cinderella, it was, I think it was Cinderella's last quest for them, 
Let's check in and see what's going on with our crew. As our episode starts out, the entire village is a Twitter. And a Twitter doesn't mean on Twitter. It means like uh, chitter-chattering. Because the night before, the king and the queen were defrenestrated. Defrenestrated? I don't know. I know somebody will correct me. Defrenestration. They were killed in an act of defrenestration, I guess would be the... The night before, the king and the queen were killed in an act of defrenestration, meaning they were thrown out of the window of the castle to their death. And their bodies were found with soap, bars of soap stuffed in their mouths. And since their discovery, talk of war with the city on the other side of the former woods of woe, Barun. Now, the prince suspects that Barun's spies have snuck in through the former woods of woe and killed his parents because of the threat of them emerging into their markets and taking over. The prince, along with his, along with his trusted advisors, have decided that they need to invade Barun to secure the port and secure themselves for safety, or else the prince could be next. And the prince is on his way over to the wizard's tower to talk to his wizard, the mistress Agatha, or as we know her, the stepmother. And he knocks on the wizard's tower door, Mistress Agatha, Mistress Agatha. And Mistress Agatha opens him up and opens up the door and ushers him to the sitting room. And he takes a seat and just on the other side of a tapestry listening in is, of course, the fairy godmother and Roland and Mistress Agatha. My, my liege, my prince, she gets down on her knees. She's like, oh, what can I do with this time of heavy heart? I'm so sorry to hear of your parents' untimely demise and their, their murder. Well, Mr. Sagoth, I appreciate your kind words, but this is no time for pleasantries or heavy hearts. It's time to wield a heavy hand, a hand heavy with sword. Against those monsters in Barun that have taken my parents' lives and plan to take all our lives, is what I believe. Agatha sits quietly for a second and thinks. Oh, well, yes, Prince Ace. Prince, I, re- I respect your, your call to action, memory of your father and dearest mother. How can you be sure that the people of Barun perpetrated this act, the kingdom of Barun. Well, I spoke with my advisors, and that's the only sensible thing. Like, no one from this kingdom, my mother and father would be loved, and so am I. I'm the most beloved prince currently in Princeton. Now I'd be king. No, so those outsiders from Barun, angry. And they looked at the opportunity where you defeated the boss of the Wood of Woe. To send their spies right in and in and out in cover of darkness before we secured the forest for ourselves. Which, if I had known, if Cinderella didn't even inform me you were clearing out the wood of woe, I would have established a garrison on the road. But alas, it is only sensible, like, and they don't want to, they don't, they want to tax all our use of that port. They don't want to open the markets to free trade. Talk to the 
the, the members of a kingdom. Overly concerned, they want to flood our market with cheap salts and and such. The most telling thing is the the soap in my parents' mouth. It was made in Barun, I believe, a sign of their domination. Well, actually, Prince, the um, the soap was made by this former soap maker out in the valley. He um, is no longer with us, but I I did hear that it was the uh, former royal soaps. I can't remember the name of it anymore, but, you know, there's some fancy soaps that only the king and queen, uh... Are you sure it's not some sort of uprising that you could quell among your people, like... Mr. Sagatha, you question my judgment, the judgment of my council, because you do not sit on my council. You merely serve at the discretion of the king. Oh, my prince, take no offense. My ignorant words, I'm merely a wizard woman, not worldly not wise. So, I, I give you my silence, dear king. Well, the reason I'm here, Mr. Sagatha, is you need to prepare for battle. For you will be at the head of my forces. So we go into Barun. And though the walls are known as the walls of woe, well, they were, but I mean, and now that Cinderella changed the woods of woe to woe, the walls of weeping, the walls of weeping women. Because the women will weep when their men go to the walls and are killed or something. I don't know. The walls of weeping women, anyway. Because no force has ever conquered those walls. But I know. With you at my side, Mistress Agatha, you, you could just knock down those walls with your wizard-like powers and we'll be in and no problem. Hmm. Is that a definite... Well, okay, my prince, I'll need about a month or two. That's, you know. Yes, my prince. If you just give me some time to formulate a plan, arrange for the proper magics. You know, I need some newts and some toe-eyed falcons and such. And dragons' tears. Once I gather those, take me a month or two, then we'll be right on invading. Part. No! Mr. Sagatha, you need to be ready. Now we will strike when they least expect it. We'll invade them and we will destroy them. You will be ready tomorrow or when I call you. Oh, and by the way, Cinderella needs to see you about something or other. Uh, she prefers you in your matronly assistance form or something. Go, go see her. Good day. And with that, the prince stormed off. As soon as the prince stormed off, step the fairy god the fairy godmother and Roland came out of hiding. Stepmother turns to him and is like, Oh, this is no good. Wish Cinderella would have told us that she was planning on launching a land war with this opening of the woods of Well, this can Cinderella, the Cinderella I raised, well, I guess I did raise her in a bed of cinders. Maybe she is Blood-hungry. Blood? Isn't it bloodthirsty, ma'am? Wouldn't you be bloodthirsty as opposed to blood-hungry? Uh, Roland, silence. Well, what are we going to do about this, you two? We obviously... We don't have the wand. So I'm not leading any... Army... Against the walls of... Wo walls of weeping women... Oh, 
What do you two think? Well, I'm just worried about Cinderella, Mom. Uh, you think she'll be a weeping woman? Wait a second. Is the prince going to go over those walls of weeping? Would he be? No, the prince. The prince will be sitting back in his castle. At best, he'll be at the back of the little army. He's not a... I doubt we'll get him killed, Roland. I'm sorry. You know, fair godmother, what do you think? Well, it truly is no good, and I was just wondering. Cinderella's been... With the opening of the woods, whoa, did she really want free commerce, or... Did she have a plan, or is this an unintended consequence? I would love to speak to dear Cinderella, and just comfort her. She must be worried about her people, and... And her prince, this beautiful prince, he he smelled of lilacs and lavender and a bit of spices of old. Anyway, fair godmother, come on. Normally, I would, we could talk to Cinderella. I mean, when I would deal with my husbands or gentlemen callers, just withhold sex for a while, and then be like, okay. Well, we won't be sleeping together, dear, unless till you think about my opinion. You know, I just think we should wait a little while to invade Barun. But if you want to do it in a hurry, go ahead, but you no longer share my bed. You'll need to sleep somewhere else with the dogs or the pigs or whatever, depending on, you know, the various places I've lived these past years. Well, 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 well. What are we going to do? Agatha, it's me, Penelope. Um, I'm thinking. Now, you would need to trust me in this, but I think I have a plan. Your sexy talk is... Thinking of the prince. You know, I, I have an idea, but you'd have to trust me. I, I need to go see Cinderella myself. Trust you... You trusting-faced, kindly-looking woman. I never trust... Well, I did use you as bait in the last battle with the... You thought I was bait? Yeah, so you were supposed to stand on the bridge and attract the big boss and his minions, and then I blew up the bridge. Well, I thought I blew up the bridge with my new wand and my new powers. No, I told you that to trick you. But I could use you. I knew it, it, the plan would work, or I was relatively, relatively sure that I'd be able to blow up the bridge, and the minions and the big boss would be on the bridge, and then it would go down. And I had you and Roland strapped in quite nicely. I figured you'd be safe. The big boss is dead, and his minions are gone. So, wow, you really are a monster. But. So now you owe me trust, I guess, so I'll go see Cinderella. Well, I guess I do. You know, we're sounding so similar, because we spend so much time together. As the stepmother, I, I must say, why don't you go and see Cinderella? So fairy godmother goes off to see Cinderella. And as as we've covered in previous episodes, Cinderella... You know, used to think the fairy godmother and stepmother, when she was just a cinder girl, that they were separate people. But since she went to the castle, the stepmother tricked her into thinking that she was both the 
the stepmother and the fairy godmother, and because she was a wizard, the stepmother, that she could appear in either form. And the fairy godmother has done none to dissuade that lie. But So she goes up to the, goes to the castle, princess's wing, or whatever you want to call it, and you know, knock, knock, knock. I'm here to see the princess. So Cinderella, have a seat. I never know why you come in, in one garb or the other to see me. But I'm not pleased at all with my husband. He's boggled up all my plans. I'd opened the woods of woe. I'd already made deals with most of the merchants of Barun, which would create job opportunities, new markets, lower prices. Of course, you know, we were going to levy some import and export taxes for some of my social programs. And then now the prince's parents were killed. And the soap to me is a clear sign it's not a, it's an inside job. Prince's parents were killed by the king and queen. Rest their souls. King is just a lower lord anyway, the last. Uh, only available. Anyway, they were nice folks anyway. Can't. You know, they were obviously killed by their people. Rich or poor. Now, starting this talk of war. It could, it could have been a setup from, you know, some of these well-to-do types to start this war. I mean, they sell their weapons and such. I don't know. But anyway, this is all nonsense and the prince is mucking my plans up and I'm not too pleased about it. But I'm not sure even what to do. He starts this war. People will be killed. It's the wall, wall, wall of wailing women. I'm thinking of renaming it the Wall of Wishes Wasted. You know, all the dreams. Dreams dashed. The dreams dashed, but there's no D at wall. The diameter, the D. I don't know. The Wall of Dreams dashed. The dangers, dreams, dangers of dreams dashed. Ah, maybe I'll write that a poem. Anyway, dear step-fairy godmother, Mr. Sagatha, I'm at a loss of what to do to stop this war, uh, Prince. He was, well, that's what I was thinking, my dear. Have a seat. Are you still keeping your tides and moon calendar about the changes in your body monthly, as I've taught you? Ah, oh, yes, I've, I have. I, I, it's become habitual, so I do it every morning. I keep track of how my body is is, you know, the cycles you taught me about. Yes, I do. It's a, it's a monthly habit, so I keep track on, on my calendar every month. And where are you in the cycles? Is your moon full? Or are the, is your moon close to full? Or is it far from full? It is far from full right now, so it is a time when I am not Able to bear a child, most most likely, right? Right. So, and I've taught you to avoid. I've taught you to avoid sleeping with the prince, correct? And using proper precautions. But lately, I've just said stay away from him. Yes, sir. No, I've desired the prince, but you've kept up on all these tasks I've given you, so I've not sexed the prince, or made love, as the proper folks call it. And, you know, I have desires within me, but you have taught me to quell those as well. 
Well, dear, what would you say to going a few rounds with the prince and seeing if you can't flood his mind or relieve him? Maybe his aggression is a part of his frustration, if you know. You know, as the prince come on to you, he, he's kind of given up, you're right. So maybe, maybe a little play with the prince, the little prince. I don't know. You know, it changes the men, I'm, I'm told. Makes them more malleable, so maybe if you spend some time with the prince, just go ahead and see, okay? And then I'll come meet with you soon. Well, I, I, and, and maybe you could even go out on the road. You know, don't go into Palm's way, but if he takes us out on the road to Barun, you know, even out on the road, you know, keep him entertained a bit. You know, make sure he, you are his princess, his queen. He's going to want a, a son soon, so why don't you give him the illusion you're ready to bear one, that this is the time, even though it's the new moon. Oh, you are so wise. I will do that, okay? And good day, and thank you so for coming, stepmother. I'm sorry that I've always had such harsh words for you and my confusion still to trust you in this form or that form or neither. But I think... My heart has grown fond of you as a whole, and I see you as a warrior now, and one that deserves my kindness and honor. So here, let me hug you. Oh, okay, and be off now. Okay, good day. So Fairy Godmother goes off and goes back to the Wizard's Tower. She gets back. She gets back to the Wizard's Tower. Agatha and Roland are waiting for her. And then she comes in. She goes, "Okay, okay. How to go? How to go? How to go? Is Cinderella okay?" Is she, everything okay? Roland, you'll need to leave us alone. You need to speak to, to Agatha, woman to woman. Okay, okay, okay. Roland, it'd probably be best if you go prepare your armor and stuff for... Okay, okay, Mr. Spinelope. Okay. Uh, 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 uh. I'll do so. Mistress Penelope, how did it go with Cinderella? Well, it went quite nice, thank you for asking, Agatha. Agatha, she sends her hugs and love to us both as one. Well, I've been here picking my brain, I'll be honest. Trying to come at now. The only thing I can think of is you've tried to sneak your wand out, but I know Cinderella has hidden it because I tried to break into her room a few times, but I don't know. It's like she's going to get a wand or... Is she going to... I couldn't figure out what's your plan. Oh, you didn't figure out my plan, did you? Agatha, you're not the only one who understands the sex. The sexy time. So let's talk about sex. Baby. What the... Have you been turned into a tart while I was gone? No, no, no. Here's what I... I here's the plan. It's quite simple. Is... I'm encouraging Cinderella to have sex with the prince. You see, this is a time of the month when her, her body is unprepared or unripe, as a nastier person might put it. The chances of her bearing a child are low to almost nothing. I've been keeping quite... We've both been keeping quite good track of this. And so... She will be having sex with the prince or making love, whatever you want to term it. 
Okay, I'm with you there. And then withhold it? Uh, uh, that's not a... No, no, no. How you forget, even though the chances, if you make it into the Archimedes or one of those, I don't know, one of those people that use those abacuses or whatever, might say, the percentage is low, but it's not nil. Okay. So there is a chance, a devastatingly dangerous chance, she could get pregnant, though it's unlikely. And the fairy world has no choice but to respond as if I've failed them and make that chance nil. Oh, okay, so what are you saying? So they won't take half measures. Something is coming. Some sort of response. And you know, the... I don't believe still they have the power to kill the prince... Or the princess. I mean, they might kill us. I, I doubt it, but it's coming. Right now, she might be making sweet love to the prince and the fairy universes. Crafting responses if I've failed at my job. So I've put my wand on the line for you once again, for all of us. Wow, that plan is brilliant. I mean, would it, as long as they don't send like some sort of parasite that just kills the three of us and you know, renders the prince invirile or something. Yes, I know. I've thought of that, but really, I mean, if we charge up to the walls of dreams dashed or the, whatever, the wailing, weeping or whatever, the, you know, the prince is, he's no general. Most of his soldiers are fat and tired. He's going to cost many men's their lives. He, he may, the empire may fall. I guess maybe I should do it because, but I love Cinderella so, and I, I don't want the prince hurt at all either. I mean, physically. So as much as I distaste him making love to Cinderella, I must do what's best for her, and for us. I mean, we could be killed just as easily, and then who's going to watch over Cinderella if not the three of us and do her bidding? Wow, I really respect you, Penelope. It's brilliant. So now we just wait. Roland, you can come in now. Oh, yes, dear. So what were you discussing there about Cinderella? I, I couldn't quite hear it. Oh, Roland, something terrible is going to happen soon. So we just need to sit around the tower and wait for it to happen and be prepared for anything. So, you know, put on your armor and such. I guess, like, I think I have a, a little bit of another plan, Penelope, if you don't mind me. Because what if I have an idea that they might also try to get us or do something to us? Some of it. Oh yes, yes. You just whisper in my ear. We don't need Roland blowing it. All right, Mrs. E. Don't tell me the plan. And so they sit in the tower and they craft the rest of the plan, and they wait, and they wait, and they wait. A day and a night go by, and then the next morning, the bells of the town, bells of the city are ringing. Bong, bong, like from the castle or somewhere. There's a knock at the door. It's a representative of the king at the door of the wizard's tower. He tells Agatha, Be prepared to head out to battle when the sun is at its apex. The king expects all to be gathered. All townsfolk and all 
soldiers to leave for war, and this town will see, city will see us off. Well, hey, that's dumb to get us out at the sun's apex. That's the hottest part of the day. It comes from the orders of the soon-to-be coronated king. He'll be coronated, and then we'll head off into battle. All right, then. We'll prepare. So they go to prepare, and, you know, they go outside, and they, they put they get in a wagon. They're all sitting up on this wagon. They got a couple horses, and they get directed to towards the front of the gathered soldiers, and they put their wagon up at the front of the gathered soldiers. They're just kind of sitting up there in the wagon. That They're sitting up there in the wagon, not doing anything, and then there's a big stage on the side, and there's soldiers gathered, and then all around, soldiers of the town, city folk, and the king's up there, and the head of the city's church or the state church or whatever, whoever gives official coronations of kings up there, and they coronate him. Kind of not, you know, Cinderella's there, and she's coronated as queen. Nothing too, you know, just a little bit of pomp, a whole lot of circumstance. I don't know, a whole lot of, just kind of dull. I mean, everyone's sitting there sweating, it's high noon. It's getting, and then suddenly it's, it's, it's unseasonably hot. So not only did he pick noon, but he picked with his bad luck, just a hot day. It's getting hotter, be sweating. A couple of the older soldiers faint and have to get revived. Like King, uh, after he puts gets a crown, he calls for silence. He makes this speech, which I won't bother quoting too much. It was, oh, my people, my people, thank you for honoring me. And your honor is my, I care forth. My dear people, thank you for your applause talk of war and the killing of my parents by this evil town baron. Don't worry, soon we will quell them and their walls of woe, weeping women, dreams dashed. You know, I plan on making a prince in the belly of my bride, my sweet queen, who even glows at this moment with her tender neck and the crook of her sweet, sweet elbows, and Cinderella kind of makes a, you know, tells him to, my head is filled with, I don't even know what this word means, but I want to say lugubrious, 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 because that's how I feel, I think, but know that I only go to battle so that we remain the best and for the best of us to have the best, we would take this town. We would tell the people what to do. We will make sure they aren't taxing our goods. And we'll just take their goods and do what we wish. Well, maybe we'll, you know, maybe some people have to get put out of business or put in jail. But as such, my people, don't worry. I will return in glory. Soldiers may be lost. Yes, you. The fainters will be first. It'll be lost, probably. What's that? The sun's getting dim. As I said to meet at the uh, height of day, why is the sun getting dim? And you right, all of a sudden the sun's kind of dimming, almost like a... Uh, there's like a... It's almost like there's a sudden eclipse. And none of us were paying attention because we were paying attention to the the new king and the coronation. But if we were paying attention, we would have seen something slowly creep over the horizon, 
like a new moon. And then slowly going through the sun, but it's, it's actually going slower. I mean, faster. You know, those of us have seen an eclipse. Sun kind of moves slow across the sky. This thing's moving. So it blocks the sun. The sun goes out. And then it comes back in. And hopefully no one was looking at the wrong moment when, you know, you could get your eyeballs burned. But then they realize it's like a giant, it's a giant hunk of earth with a volcano on it. It was a, it's like, what the heck is that thing? And, and Cinderella's like, well, this looks like, that's odd. That's a floating volcano. It's like it was torn up out of the earth and it's just floating. What evil, what evil is that? Hey, is that some wit, wizard, my witch? What is that? Is that, did you call that for us? And she just sits, Agatha just sits, they're just sitting in there, um, they're just sitting in their carriage or whatever, staring straight ahead or whatever I called it earlier or whatever. Yeah, they're just sitting there staring. She doesn't respond. She's just staring straight ahead, her rolling in the stepmother. And then the volcano slowly goes overhead. And it's pretty high up, so, you know, it's not close, but it's definitely, the t- you can feel a sizzle in the air. And you can see lava floating down the sides. And it's obviously some sort of magic that tore it out of the earth and made it fly. Because it looks like, you know, it got scooped up by an ice cream scooper from underneath the earth. So it's got some underground... You know, then the flat part, and then the volcano part. It just floats out. It's floating over there. And the prince is like, all right, move along. What is this act of volcanic flying? Wow, yeah. Someone shoot an arrow up there. My lord, we can't shoot. That's about a, that's a quite a far way in the sky, my lord. We couldn't possibly, we don't have anything that shoots that high. It, it looks closer than it is, lord, but if that was actually close, it's bigger than, the, you know, it's the deception of the dis... Someone have that man killed. Anyway, we need to get... Wiz, witch, witch, respond to me. And all of a sudden, like, feel like the earth, air shudders. Like, because the, the volcano's probably shuddering. And then, you just hear, like, a, like almost like a giant spitting a seed or something. And you see... It's a tiny, tiny sliver of lava shoots out of the top. Goes straight for the carriage containing Agatha Roland and the stepmother. Goes right or Roland right right into Roland's head. Vaporizes the entire carriage. Now of course everyone's in shock. Even you, dear listeners, are might be in shock. Well, I mean, most of the townspeople are in shock. The king's in shock. Cinderella's kind of in shock. But if you're a regular listener, you're not. You're like, come on, what's the angle? And yeah, there's an angle. It was decoy. So, you know, somewhere off to the side, Roland and stepmother, Agatha are hiding. Probably dressed. I guess if it was like a, if it was probably dressed as regular. No, they wouldn't be dressed. They're dressed as towns over with the townspeople, dressed as townspeople. Not farther from the stage are Roland, Agatha, and Penelope. The soldiers are kind of nervous. All right, you know, move along, volcano. You had my, you took my witch. 
Then there's another shudder of the air. And another... And about four or five more little slivers of lava shoot out and take out about 15 soldiers. Just vaporize them or melt them. It's quite gross on top of being sudden and absolute. So the soldiers are starting to panic, but they got nowhere to go. Uh, the king, king and the, you know, the higher, what do you call them, generals types. The knights and the, these are the foot soldiers that are getting killed. The knights and such, they're all, oh, stand down, stand down. And the people are starting to panic. Oh, what is this? A baroon, baroon. Cinderella's starting to roll her eyes and she's like, oh God, like, what is this? And uh, even Agatha kind of leans into Pelham. She's like, well, this is quite a response. You know, what next? Penelope don't worry. Cinderella will know what to do. Trust us. And then, you know, the prince or the king is just like, Ah, be gone, volcano. Open the gates. We'll storm. You can't move as fast as us, volcano. We'll outrun you to the gates of Barun. And then people are, what if Barun's the one that sent the volcano? You know, this is, this is no good. Barun's sending a volcano. Gets us, must have some, they must have quite a powerful wizard. And then, <laughs> more knights and soldiers. I mean, the army's slowly getting taken out. The volcano's just shooting. Taking people out little by little with little, almost like you'd imagine lasers in modern day. You know, you get hit by a stream of lava and you get two things are going to happen. One, because it's a warm day, because it's noon, the lava's staying hot and not solidifying. So when it hits the person, it's traveling directly through them, melting them taking them in the lava and then, you know, either just knocking a little bit of a hole in the ground below it. We happen to be on very thick pave pavers. So, you know, melting through the pavers. A little bit cooler out. Volcano's a little bit higher. Depending on the jet stream, you're going to be hit by a giant rock, lava rock, hot probably still, which will smash you and burn you. So either way, you're going to get hit by a Get hit by a hot lava rock, and that'll destroy. Not a pleasant way to go either. But right now, people are just getting vaporized and panic, and now panic. King's like, I, uh, "Don't panic, everyone! Charge!" And then, as people leave, as soldiers try to charge, they get vaporized. Pretty soon, the whole army's devastated. Pretty soon, the whole army is decimated, dead, vaporized, melted. It stinks like high heaven, like burnt flesh, and and lava. A couple of people have been injured by little splat lava splashes or melted metal splashes. Prince is kind of still sticking to his Be off, be off. We Alright, Baroon. Alright. We will not invade you now that I have no army. You have your way, Baroon. We will step down. We will we will go back on we won't go back on our word. We will work with you as equal trade partners. You hear me, Baroon? Baroon! Then a couple more shudders and some lava lands by the prince, but, you know, doesn't hit him. Just kind of threatens him. The prince like, you, people of my town, you, this thing, this thing is not listening to me. You must gather up your fallen comrades, melted swords that don't, uh, I guess they're all melted, don't. Gather some kind of weapons and we 
got a maroon. We got a, we got a, and the people of the town, finally Cinderella says, halt, halt all of you. My prince, lava, volcano in the sky, king, you need to listen up. Because this is all your fault, my liege. You could have just left the woods of woe open. A perfectly good. You you had to go. We had the woods of woe open. We had a new trading path. You had to go and muck it all up. And now you've angered. You go and declare war on a town that has a volcano weapon. Wouldn't have you? Shouldn't have you done some research at least, Prince? Shouldn't you have done some research before deciding to invade a town? Wouldn't you think if they had the walls of wailing women? Oh, you are no king, and you will never bear prince with me. I will never. From ten minutes ago forward, sleep with you again. My king, you are my king no longer. You are my husband in name only, and I will carve that name from my face or my heart or wherever it's permanently, you know, figuratively placed, because you disgust me. You're no king, and you were no prince, and your father was a lower lord that just happened to be. Anyway, I'm ashamed to call you my husband. These people should be ashamed to call you king, and then people start throwing stuff at him. Now, luckily for him, he still has his bodyguards, which aren't soldiers. He still has his bodyguards, which aren't soldiers, so they gather around him, and they're deflecting the oranges and rocks. Cinderella says, you make me sick. And as all this interpersonal drama floats out, what we don't notice is that the volcano's been slowly creeping back until it blocks out the sun again. And the people are, ooh, and that's still blocking, you know, it's moving, it's backing away, backing away, backing away. But when the lights were out, the prince has drawn a dagger. And as the sun comes back, he's got the dagger to Cinderella's throat. And he's like, you, you, you were supposed to support me. You were nothing but a cinder girl with a glass slipper. You, you fooled it. You tricked your way into my bed, you monster with your glass slippers. Well, you should know something. I had your glass slipper melted down and made it to this knife just in case you ever crossed me. Because all women have crossed me. You and my mother included. And now you bring, I know this is you trying to take this from me. You sinner girl. I'm going to take your life because you won't take this crown from my head even though you have your own crown, says your queen. I am king. And you are nothing. And goes, he's like, looks like he's going to cut the throat. At the same time, the body, I mean, the town is in shock. The volcano's kind of going off the distance. You're kind of missing with this personal drama. It's kind of cool because, you know, how often you've seen a floating volcano with the smoke and the lava bubbling out of the top of it and such, floating off in the distance. But it's beside the point. He holds the thing to his throat. And all of a sudden... Rolling in a somersault ball towards him is the fairy godmother. She takes him out. Then she kicks him in the stomach. 
She says, cut my throat, you dirty, dirty man. She steps between, she puts her body, her sizable body between Cinderella and the prince. And the prince jumps up and dusts himself off. He says, I'll cut you. And then Roland runs to her side with his sword and pretends like he's going to draw his sword to protect Cinderella. And Cinderella says, I'd rather kiss this common soldier than kiss your face, you nasty king. And she kisses Roland. And Roland, of course, faints. Prince is shaking with rage and he holds the knife towards fairy godmother's neck. She says, Prince... Take me for punishment, and I will serve you sexually. And as a servant for all life, if you spare Cinderella, you could treat me as you wish. As a strange mother you love, or as a victim, but you will not hurt Cinderella. I tell you that you could take my life, but you could take me with you, or you could kill me. I don't, I don't know, but leave Cinderella be. Cinderella's kind of taken aback by the bravery of the fairy godmother and her heart starts to kind of melt the suspicion and the anger she always had towards the stepmother until she sees a little movement out of the corner of her eye and then she sees the stepmother looking on in shock and then she looks at the fairy godmother she looks at the stepmother and then the prince sees sees her looking over hey mistress agatha why do you watch? I thought you were burned to a crisp with your your chariot or whatever you were in that stagecoach or whatever. I need you to destroy these people. Nagatha shakes you. Prince, you are not worthy of me as your mistress or your wizardress. These are my people. This brave, puffy woman. And this dunce-like soldier who would give their life to protect a girl that I had in cinders. Cinderella's like, despite all the drama, she's like, what the, f-? you know, these mother, f-? they were two separate women. She's pissed. Prince is pissed. And Prince is like, Prince feels like everything, everybody's turned on him. But his bodyguards are still loyal. And they're massive efficient and the reserve soldiers have been called in and they're quell- the reserve soldiers have been called in they're quelling the any disruptions in the crowd the prince says well then you've all chosen your fate lock them in the wizard's tower and lock them from the outside you know what i mean They'll lock them up and i'll decide what to do with them probably we'll burn the cinder the cinder girl and her cinder family down in the Tower of the Wizard. Is there any explosives in there, by the way? Would you tell me that if there were? Anyway, lock them up and throw away the key, but don't throw it. Give it to me. And you, townspeople, you will all suffer the same fate. Well, if you don't look, yeah, you'll suffer the same fate if you don't learn that I'm king. Blah! Blah! He does one of those type. Bodyguards escort Cinderella, the queen. Well, and I don't know if she's former queen. I don't know what legal proceedings they have to go through. They escort her, Roland, 
fairy godmother and the stepmother, who now have some explaining to do. Into the wizard's tower, and they lock him up. Then they quell any, like I said, well, they can't quell twice. You can't use quell twice. Townspeople, you know, he's like, go back to your homes. The king goes back to the castle to regroup. That's where we're going to leave it off tonight. With quite some drama. I mean, king wanted to invade a foreign town named Barun. And, wow, I mean, there was sex, there was violence, there was volcanoes. This was quite a, quite a night. And thank you so much for listening. I hope it wasn't so exciting. That's it. So, hope you get a good night's sleep. Good night.